Welcome to episode 5, yes it's episode 5 of the Rangian Heresy podcast. We made it, it's not double figures but it's kind of a milestone because it's somewhere between 4 and 6 and sounds kind of impressive. Uh, <laughs> and with me as always this evening is my good buddy and co-host Chris. Hello Jody, how are you? Not too bad at all my friend, not too bad at all. And also on his Iron Dildo throne sitting up there is uh, my other go- good buddy and co-host, Mr. Freddy the Swede. How you doing Freddy? Oh, I can't complain, can't complain. Drinking beer, having fun. And also five is... I can count to five, so that's all good. Yeah, you don't even have to we, take like, gloves we, we, or shoes we probably, off. We probably have to stop here, though. <laughs> or we just start, we'll just start a new podcast, and every time we hit five, yeah, we yeah, yeah. quit it and do a new one. <laughs> like, we're on podcast number five, and five episodes. That's a lot, yay! Mm. Um, yeah, we'll just keep a mark somewhere and see what we can do. And... In the virtual studio with us tonight, coming all the way from, um, I, I want to say one of one of the uh, one of the provinces, but it's not really. It's uh, one of the colonies, all the way out, all the way out in Canada, French Canada, uh, <laughs> or, um, or at least what one subdistrict of uh, of it somewhere. Is our good buddy from the Age of Darkness podcast, Mr. J B Matthew. Say hello, buddy. Hey guys, I'm hey. happy to be here. Uh, congratulations on a great show so far. Very much And we're five minutes. We're, we're not even thirty seconds into recording, and the sound is crapping out on the connection again. Oh my god, we got the first bit. That was we awesome. did, we did. We can, we, we can just go. We'll fix it in post, and he'll say just how awesome we are anyway. It's totally cool. Um, no, I apologize. we seem to be having some uh, some connection problems. So I'm hoping it doesn't ruin everything. Ah, it's cool. We'll, like I always say, we'll we'll fix it in post, and we'll make it sound awesome and whatever. If not, we'll just. Anything we miss, I'll just cut in a, a newt newt from uh, Pingu or something, just to just to make things interesting. You never know. But it's all, all the magic of post production that will, will be employed. So yeah, JP is joining us today for uh, just uh, some general banter and getting involved in the opening of the podcast. And also, we are going to have a damn good talk about the Iron Warriors, the Iron Fourth, uh, that both uh, myself and JP uh, play and. I, th- I think it's fair to say we have a fair degree of love for. Uh, yeah, that, that would be a fair statement. I'm a big fan. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully I can uh, share some non-erroneous uh, information about uh, this week. That I- well, all information, no, no information is erroneous. It's all worth it somewhere because you never know what piece of fluff might, might spark something off somewhere for somebody. And uh, yeah, so... We will be doing our usual updates on what we're all working on, kind of touching on what little news there is out there um, from the Forge and the Library and uh, the Workshop. And uh, we'll be touching on a host idea, a host list, which is coming from me tonight and may cause a little bit of consternation. You never know. Uh, could be a bit interesting considering some of the talks we've had recently. Um, Con- about consternation? Consternation. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. I'm back on track. All right, hang on, hang on. I'll use a term you might understand. It will stir some shit up. Ah, constipation. Constant, yeah. Fair enough. Okay, it'll call it. It'll stir some constipation. It'll stir stir some constipation. Um, One way or another, shit is involved. Let's put it like that. And that's how the conversation's going to roll. 
But uh, the first thing we want to do before we go any further on the episode is uh, give a big shout out to everyone following us because we are recording episode five and as of this time we have passed the 100 like barrier on Facebook. We're at 105 likes and we'd love to say thank you ever so much to everyone who's shown us some love over on Facebook, who's following and listening to the show. Uh, all the downloads, all the follow, all the uh, subscriptions through iTunes means a hell of a lot to us. At the end of the day, we are just three guys uh, who started off painting and talking together, hit the record button, threw it out there, and some some of you guys out there are listening to it, which is kind of cool. And so you I, probably I, you, you probably should go and get that checked out. Yeah, like, I, talk to if, someone. Yeah, have an if, issue. if there's if there's some sort of pus or bleeding or something along those lines, especially from any segment that Freddie talks a lot in, you really should get it checked out and um, quickly. Just just hit pause. We'll still be here, but go get it checked out for your own safety. Uh, but in all seriousness, thank you. 105 is a big number, and we're just going to keep on cruising, keep on recording, and just we want you guys to get involved. We are all about community. We're all about doing what we can for 30k. And just get involved with us, whether it's through Facebook, uh, the Varangian Heresy, whether it's the uh, Varangian Heresy on Twitter, or through our email at the Varangian Heresy at gmail.com, whether it's lists, ideas for episodes, grumbles, erratas, if you just think we're all a bunch of weirdos or idiots or absolutely awesome, whatever it is, get involved and get it, reach out and touch. Get in touch. Don't touch. Don't touch. We've warned you about what you can pick up. Uh, don't touch. It's <laughs> yeah congratulations guys that's that's actually fantastic you guys really made the uh the, the milestone very quickly um so congratulations and i count myself lucky to be one of your uh one of your listeners and uh, um have provided you with a like well we greatly appreciate it we really do and uh yeah the uh the little uh, uh little brown paper bag with the uplift that little lovely comment will be on its way to you soon bud don't worry about it <laughs> and, and i thought you were the and i thought you were the sane one in your podcast this is true. That was the sane one. Yeah. <laughs> Neither, but uh, no, actually, Mark's the Mark's sane one. Um, he's the one that actually remembers the rules. Uh, and then you I remember, remember you remember the fluff, which is way more important than the rules. Rules are just yeah. guidelines. So, so how's that? You know, roll to wound and roll to hit. Roll, go again. Cool. Well, I tell you what. If that if that's the case, if, if it's got to be tattoos to remember things, then I don't know, man. We're just. We're, I think we're all getting there somewhere. Maybe, maybe I can. Uh, Maybe we can just knit them into things like do you do your new dice bag with the chart knitted in there or, or the important ones in knitted in the side or something. <laughs> That'd be practical. But don't tell me that there's not some D and D player somewhere that has a bunch of like charts tattooed on his arm. Oh, guarantee it. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. And it's, it's kind of you can guarantee that somewhere there's a scientist with a periodic table tattooed across their lower back, and you know it, it's like their, their their version of a tramp stamp or something. I don't know. <laughs> and, I, and I guarantee well, that somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere in the world, there is a guy that has like a, a slanesh tattooed on his penis. But don't quote me on that. Yeah, but don't, no, don't you mean don't ask you for proof of pic by picture, Freddie? <laughs> is what you're saying? No, 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 no. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Why do you keep, you know, picking on me? Because we know I'm your innocent. Craigslist username. <laughs> there's, this, you, there's, one of, there's an internet rule out there. Uh, you know Godwin's Law, where yeah. uh, eventually everything winds up being an argument about Hitler. Hitler gets mentioned eventually. Yeah. Um, there's another one that says that if it exists, there's point of it. That's, yeah, so of rule, that's rule 37, yeah. I think it is. Yeah. Rule 37. And yeah, I may have had that conversation with the... That may have been invoked with a conversation uh, with some friends of mine 
about about eight to twelve months ago when we were doing uh, we were sort of chatting via Facebook while painting 40k stuff. And one of my friends saying, I, I don't have the motivation to paint. And then everybody sending motivational po pictures through like a bunny in a crosshairs and stuff like that. Uh, paint or the bunny gets it kind of thing. <laughs> and then somebody said, if you're not careful, I'll send through some my little po my little bro my little pony brony porn. And we just, there was just a silence. You could literally hear the silence on the messenger chat, at which point it was like, one, you wouldn't. Two, you couldn't. Three, you really wouldn't. <laughs> Response, challenge accepted. Oh, no. Oh, God, yes. And then <laughs> the, like, oh, no. Oh, God, no. I didn't go online for like to a wonder. week after that. No, but the worst part about living in this society is that you tell me that you tell me that my little pony porn exists, and I have no doubt that that's true. And so of course, it does. A worst bit is it does. I still have the link. Not, <laughs> Actually, because it's in the chat history. Yourself. <laughs> in chat I still have history. the link. It's in a chat there history. There was the correct answer. And I have the fair. power of editing, so I will take that out. I probably won't. Actually, to be fair, it'd be too funny otherwise. Well, to be fair, there are live action. Uh, Mario Universe porn, so. But uh, I, I think you should to raise the level of the conversation here, Chris, or lower it. I'm not sure with that comment. Considering but, that thing. It's Joshi. Uh, or someone the dressed best up. thing, the best best thing ever is My Little Pony porn, but they the it's like not cartoon. It's actually they dress up as My Little Ponies and they have like these My Little Pony parties. And people okay. think my shit was weird. Let's now Freddie just takes it to a whole new level. <laughs> Thank you, Freddie. I, I feel, I feel, I feel so much better right now. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm in the army, and this is what we do. <laughs> <laughs> screw, screw defending your country. Let's look up my little pony porn. Woohoo! There's a lot. There's a lot of downtime. I figure. I, I figure yeah. that as well. By the sound of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ! Oh, if this doesn't get us kicked off iTunes and the internet in general, nothing will. Uh... I don't think you can get kicked off the internet. It's like it's like a requirement to be on the internet. Yeah, these days. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. I get. I'm pretty sure you're right there. Which which I think scares me that little bit more. Um, so yeah. Anyway, again, sort of uh, just touch back. Thank you everyone for the support, for the likes, and for. Uh, Keep keeping us motivated to keep doing stuff, and please, 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 do not send us motivational pictures. We're okay. We love 30k. Uh, We're good. Just how did we get from thanking our listeners to that topic? Um, well, I, I still want to say <laughs> it's us. I, I still Chris, wanna... What the hell do you mean? How? It's uh, not like how did it take so long? <laughs> uh, fair enough. <laughs> I, I still want to see Spencer, that usually guests on the Eye of Horus, in his elven outfit. I demand this. You did right. Okay, we're gonna lay this challenge out to the Eye of Horus boys. We need to see pictures of this. Make it happen. Make yeah. it happen, boys. For the community at large, it's something that has to happen. Yeah. Well, it, like, it has. Like, it's not true unless we can see photo. Photo, photo proof that he actually get dressed up like some sort of elven kind of masochist. And, that, and this is Lord. what I'm doing. I am laying it down, guys. We want to see a picture. Make it happen. You know, you're one of the big boys out there. You, you've got to have some pull and power. Make it happen, guys. Get Spencer. Get. I don't care if you have to drug the guy and get him trussed up in one of these outfits. Make it happen. You know, get on with it. I think that's. I think that's the only fair thing to say. Make it now. And now we've gone even further from thanking our listeners to trying to get somebody <laughs> drugged and uh, dressed up as an elf. 
It's going to be a good episode. That's all I can say. It's going to be a good episode. What's uh, in your tea? What's, what's in your in, tea? What's in my tea? I'm not <laughs> yeah. drinking tea. I'm on the hard stuff this evening. I've got Pepsi Max. That's what it is. Oh, that, that's, the, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the hardcore shit tonight, boys. That's what it's all about. Oh, God. You need to turn off the Forge Roll homepage. <laughs> what do you mean, turn it off? I'm just looking at the pictures of the Iron Circle right now. Don't, don't tell me to turn that shit off, man. Talk so about you mean porn. you haven't downloaded, downloaded them, then? I haven't downloaded them. I'm waiting to be able to order them. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the money to hit my account. Hang on, I just need to check if my my wife's in, in, within reach of that comment. And I'm still alive. Nope, we're good. Um, I told, uh, her, I well, told her the price. So of I guess she, she after this podcast, be... you're working the your street corner again then for oh, your yeah. iron, iron Circle budget. Oh yeah, the Iron Circle budget. It's, it, it, it'll be on the uh, corner of Fer uh, of uh, Ferrum and uh, <laughs> yeah. Ferrum and Iron or some. I don't know. It'll be it'll be somewhere. It'll be some sort of ironic street corner. Um, Bear tickles twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's coming down in price. I've got a price for this beard. It's well conditioned. It's at least thirty dollars these days. Moisturized and yeah, and not Australian. I only take American. Well, have you seen Black Books? Yes. With. Yeah, there's an episode where Manny becomes a beard model. I know, I know. I yeah. keep, I keep joking at work, but it's uh, my, my only two things in li life to do at work are to make the place look pretty and tell people about my beard modeling career that <laughs> never really took off. Um, although somebody called me on it, I must admit, I, I have to put my hands up and say somebody called me on it with a brilliant reference to Zoolander and asked if I slept in, if I if I put my beard in a glass case every night and slept. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it took me a moment to remember they were referring to the David Duchovny hand model thing and I was like shit okay um, I guess I have to find a prop now to make this story even better <laughs> so it didn't take you a moment because you're like, shit how the fuck did he, does he know <laughs> well I, I tried to play it off as that and then just yeah I went fuck it okay you got me there <laughs> anyway let's get back to the podcast and you know people actually want to hear about like real things and stuff maybe I don't know um uh, JP, you're still there, right? We haven't scared you off. Okay, there's no JP. Ominous silence ensues. So, J JP, we haven't scared JP off, which is good. Maybe we're just having a few sound issues, but that's okay. We'll come back on that. Um, in the meantime, just a quick shout-out to Linus from our sister podcast, Northern Heresy. He uh, dropped us back a message saying that he, uh, he'd received our... Um, he received our, our feedback uh, from his list. I think he uh, he likes some of the points, uh, especially the Sentinels. I think he he was kind of happy with that point. Um, Chris, you had a better, you've had a good read of the email as well, because uh, I've I must admit I've only just scanned it. Yeah, he had some reasons for some of his uh, choices as well, and uh, the his sergeants don't have Arthur's armor parfits because. Uh, that was I was thinking that everyone else would have. Let me tell you, when you challenge those point six, point six out and roll a six with your power dagger, remember it. My fluff is more about Alpha Legion being bigger than people think, so large squads are less scared of specialists is the direction I want to go. Fair point. That's, that's then he, fair and he puts up a note for the fluff as well. because Plus crazy clone projects and hubris, because why not? <laughs> fair enough. It's all, fair about, enough. it's all about the hubris. And totally. then he mentions the, that uh, it he just that the uh, Mortis is a second unit from Fair this enough. 
and uh, uh, he forgot that his uh, right network gets gives an outline, so he can use his mutable tactics to do something else. Fair enough. Well, that makes sense if that's what he wants to go with. I love it. And like I said, man, it's just our feedback. But yeah, really nice fluffy list, and we'll uh, see see you at Scandis with it. See what happens. Um, as far as I heard, he's happy that he's on the traitor side with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, something about your list being a bit gorgonzola, maybe making people a bit lactose intolerant. Uh, <clears throat> we might be able to change that. <laughs> but then, no. but then I can't face it again. He's playing his also loyal Dark Angels, I think. He's playing his also loyal Dark Angels, is he? Oh, uh, well, hang on. They're not loyal. <sighs> they're just sitting on the fence until they know where they're going. They're not loyalty. That's just can't be asked to make a decision. Probably just killed off all the loyalists once at Caliban. Yeah, I was going to say that's a great fan theory that the actual, the, the, the true, um, what is it, the true loyalists are the ones who actually died off on Caliban and or got scattered by uh, by chaos or whatever. I can never remember what the, the theory is, but there's a rather cool little fan theory going around about that. I think it changes every now and then, actually. And someone just, gets that just, new idea. Just like the Allegiance of, Allegiance of the First Legion. So, yep. yeah, we're all good there. Um, <laughs> I'm waiting for the email from Jens about that. I really am. Uh, look forward to reviewing his list when he sends it over. So um, yeah, let's uh, let's have a look. What else? We're going to have a quick look at the news right now. Um, and to be fair, there's there's really not been a lot uh, coming out. And uh, yeah, I think I think the Forge uh, Forge has been pretty quiet. I mean, I've seen that they've. They've sold out on their uh, tickets for um, uh, for what do you call it for Warhammer open day. The open day that was it. I was going to say fest. It's the fest. It's the open day. That one sold out, which is pretty cool. And of course, the fantastically beautiful uh, circle and the the whole sort of stuff of sales still on. Let's wait. I'll probably get shouted down. Oh, uh, you, you can go into that later. Yeah, yeah we, it's kind of the, go, kind of the theme of later. the episode. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it kind of is. Let's be fair. We, we'll, we'll kind of talk about that later because it's goddamn pretty, and we're gonna love that. Um, this, this is kind of your episode. Yeah. Kind of, kind of. You know, it's in, I, it's I in your lie. honor. Yeah. Considering <laughs> next episode on there will be no Iron Circle talk at all. No. This is the the first <laughs> and last time you can talk about Iron Circles. Then it's banned. Apart forever. from the, apart from the last episode. Yeah. That that already happened. But you can never, never talk about them ever again after this episode. It's the rules. I I don't make up the rules. I'm sorry. Even if you put them in a list. Oh, I'm 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 just going to have to sort of make some sort of... I have to make some great radio by miming that I've got the Iron Circle in my list. Is that what you're saying? Or you could just use, like, Pig Latin. Pig pig Latin. Yeah, I could try and find some scrap code. I'm sure I could be pretty inventive of how we're going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> but there is, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, okay, fair enough. We'll, 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 I'll think of a way of getting it in there. Uh, actually, Speaking to be fair, that sounds like the end of my last date. Um, but uh, my, my wife's out of reach, out of, out of ears reach, so I can get away with saying stuff like that right now. Yeah. This, is, yeah. this is an IR circle freestone, I'm sorry. Just yeah. wait till the yeah, you have to this. show me on the model where he touched you. <laughs> Show me where he put his iron circle. <laughs> oh dear. So, uh, do we actually have any news this week? 
Um, no, really. Um, let's talk about hobby progress. What is everybody working on right now? What's is, that's how we started out. We started out as a, the three of us just chatting away, um, and uh, you know, let's uh, let's see what's happening. Um, who's working on what at the moment? Well, I could start them. Go on then. I'm working on my little Sun Mortalis force, cleaning them up. The one for the Escalation League. You want to take us uh, through that? What are you working is on? It, is this your PC5 model force? Yep. I'm sorry. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you whinging a little bit there, Freddy? Uh, no. Uh, well, we're going to talk about Iron Warriors, so I need to get, you know, feel real bitter. Okay. I'm going to do yeah. like this. Feel I'm the bitterness. To... Let the bitterness intensify. I'm going to open my roster sheet for my army and just read it out. You mean you don't have it on the back of a matchbox? No. <laughs> Post-it note. We have uh... five, five robots <laughs> done. Well, my Mechanicum 500 Point Son combatant list is HQ 140 points, a Magus Prime with an Ogre Scanner, the Malagra upgrade, and Moscow's a single weapon and Melta Bombs. So it has a like a Volkite and a power weapon as standard. Okay. Then with my elites, there's a Domitar class battle automata with frag grenades and paragon of metal, so you can run on its own. And then I have a <laughs> three Talax strong cohort with an Irad cleanser. Who gave you that Domitar? I, I can't really yeah, which remember. Yeah, fuck, which fuck which fuck gave you that? Which cockwomble gave you that? Considering how much work I have to do to clean it up and uh, sort the, mo the molds on this one. It oh, would well, be with me, you've got the entirety of June to actually oh. do that and manage to play three 500 points on Mortalis games. Yeah. My heart bleeds for you, Christopher. It really does. I just have well, to find I, I do hope that Mr. Christopher is actually going to for once get down to Stockholm and play some games with the rest of us. Yeah, I might be able to sort that. I could basically bring this army in uh, my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> in your little... No, you have to have it in... I don't know. Wrapped in called? toilet paper in a Tupperware box. Now, what they called? You know, the tourists have like. Uh, oh, the, under... fa the, um, the fanny, pack. fanny packs, as the American call fanny. them. The little... Yeah, yeah. We used, for yeah. some reason in the UK we used to call them bum bags. I don't know why they were on the front and they just didn't mean. To, they just didn't seem to make any sense. Maybe it's the whole sticking your hand in there or something. I don't know. That or British people sense. are are fat and they have bums on the front. I don't know. Hang on. So, by that definition, all Americans have fannies on the front, no matter who they are. And it seems to be mainly men who wear them. Yeah. Mm. Craigslist. Craigslist. On the other Craigslist. hand. Oh, we're back to Craigslist, are we? On the other hand, fanny. Call is, me. Call me. Behind. Call me. This is true. This is true. It, it's a language thing. It's a language thing. We're not, we're not making any disparages to our American listeners. Especially, yes, especially, especially our, our American listeners all the way in, uh, I believe it's Kentucky. Yep, the, the one listener in Kentucky yeah. doesn't know what and, uh, The one listener in Kentucky, don't have to worry, a fag is a cigarette. There we go. Okay. Well, I, I, that, if that well, doesn't get us off the air, I don't know what will. Fair enough. But that's Robert, this, that, that's a shout out to you, buddy. We, all the way down all, all the way down there in Lexington, Kentucky. Kentucky that the, the, at least our one registered American, uh, American uh, listener. We love you, buddy. Thank you very much. Hats off and salutes to you, sir. Uh, God bless you. If we've if we've if we've offended you, congratulations. You're you're you're, you're one so, of us now. <laughs> so back to this. I actually am cleaning the models for my force. Okay. So that's 
not that much work, but still. Freddie, what about yourself, bud? What are you on tonight? <sighs> uh, well, on beer? What do you mean? No, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm gluing solar exilia until I'm starting to cry resin blood. <laughs> so oh. there's so many of them. <laughs> How many did you, did you get for They're your... not militia. They're not militia. So How many? So not militia list. Yeah, fair point. Let's hope. Still, it was like uh, 400 or so you have to do for your lists. 400? No. <laughs> no, for the 500 points, uh, I'm actually taking two rifle sections, which is yeah. 20 dudes each. Uh, and I'm taking the Volkite dudes. They're nice. Uh, yeah. And then I am doing. I found an old metal model of Solar Mercarius. Oh, the Lord Solar, whatever his the name Lord is. The Lord Solar. And I'm repurposing him as my Lord Marshal to lead nice. this whole fucking ragtag shenanigans. <laughs> and then I have a Rapier Multi Laser battery. Ooh, very nice. Very, very nice indeed. And that's my 500 points to suck. Very cool. And for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the... Uh, the uh, Somebody remind me of the title. The What of Thungal uh, Metallicus? Scouring? The what? Scouring. The Scouring of Thungal Metallicus. Thungal. Thungal, or, or as most people are going, what the hell is that letter? Um, most people are saying Pingor or what? <laughs> And that's actually quite bad because it's both an old English and an old Norse letter, and they're all complaining that what it is. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's not lack it's of education. Not a, lack of education. Okay, let, let's not knock the uh, <laughs> uh, the the knowledge of our listeners. <laughs> let's, let's, let's make sure we can get 105 unlikes. <laughs> How fast can we uh, get I, everybody I, I, to unlike us? Yeah, let's attack their intelligence. I'm just, wait, saying, wait, I'm just saying. All our is, listeners are retired. It That's, is in yeah. the Swedish curriculum for at least two or three courses in Swedish. All right. Says the guy that goes to uni and all he does is fucking Swedish grammar and Swedish. Uh, not this week. <laughs> well, yeah. Aren't you studying communications? Uh, communications and English. So it's communications this year and then it's English the next all, year. All Norse uh, language development. Well, I have had taken a course in the, the, the history of the Swedish language. That was interesting. But really, every, all that people <laughs> need to know is it means heavy metal. Yeah, because which we is love the most heavy metal. Thing, which is the most important thing to know. Oh, indeed. Yeah. And that, well, that is what we need to know more than anything else. That is how it works. So yeah, the, the, we are talking about the first commitment to Thungal Metallicus, which is a an event that is uh, we're going to talk about a lot more about later on. But just to touch on it right now, very quickly, it's a global heresy event, uh, escalation global of heresy event that is uh, involving a number of the major podcasts out there for heresy, and we're all going to be hosting a section of this escalation campaign, and we at the Virgin Heresy are. Uh, are running the first section which is the a commitment to between the 1st of June and the 31st of June 30th 30th of June 31st of June 30th. thank you 30th. Uh, like I said I didn't go to university I don't know calendars um, <laughs> I missed that vital piece of training in life because um, you yeah. learned that at university yeah yeah you did in the UK that 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 is how the educational it's, uh, it's good to know it's Shut good up. to know. 
I didn't go to Oxford. I didn't learn about calendars and dates and shit. Yeah, yeah, there is that. I don't know. You know, I didn't know how to. I didn't need to learn how to organize staff and schedules at that point. So, yeah, I, I don't run mansions and shit. So um, yeah, numbers and those things. Numbers and counting. If I don't, if I have to take my shoes off, I, I get an app for it. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Um, but no, it's it's a 500 points Omotalis uh, commitment for that uh, that time frame, and it seems like we're all working on ours. And Freddie, you, you're going for the slightly crazy. What is it? 600 craziness militia list or whatever, or solar auxiliary. No, I'm list? I'm doing solar auxiliary. It's it's not biggie. Uh, how much were you whinging about this earlier I have to I, I moved back to Sweden now so I have to get into character um, it's only 63 models only 63 models in 500 points yeah so your next commitment is basically going to be a Stormlord even though it's still Zone Mortalis just to make it easier to make <laughs> I haven't even thought about my next commission commitment actually to be honest but I'm thinking about it'll probably going to be I'm thinking about getting like uh, 10 man squad of those axe dudes oh, upgrade the, the my uh, give, give my lord marshal a bit more toys yeah and then uh, maybe getting another rapier mm-hmm. so kind of just the same be, thing yeah. just be careful we all know what you do with rapiers okay you and you just dropped the floor on that conversation again didn't you there Chris okay well, I did give him bandage hey, for hey, a reason. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah. mean he cuts him? He cuts his thumb open, right? Okay. Yeah. A little bit of context there, right? Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what we're doing right now. And um, I guess I should really say what I'm actually working on right now. And I am working on my siege breaker for the uh, for my commitment, which is my 500 points is an, a, a taxing 11 men. <laughs> 11 man list not that I'm trying That's to rub it in Freddy or anything um, it is basically a siege breaker and 10 breaches <laughs> so it's a 10 man breacher squad with a siege breaker and he's gonna, my siege breaker is to be fair I thought I'd go with a tooled up character for, um, for Zone Mortalis because I can't decide if I'm going to take the breaches with melter bombs or not um so i've gone for a siege breaker with a thunder hammer although it's actually a thunder axe because it's a conversion from a very cool little piece i had knocking around from an old empire army uh, demigriffin kit and mm. it's got the little skull on the sides which i thought looked pretty iron warrior-ish so there's that and then like i said i'm going to be working on my 10 breaches pretty soon Although I may have to hit you up for some of those 32 mil bases you mentioned you had last time, buddy. Uh, yep. Uh, no worries, mate. Uh, I'm, I've decided I'm not going to go with the GW plastic bases uh, because I want to... Although I like them, I want to keep with the same theme across my army and it's going to be easier to do that by doing what I normally do and make my own basing. So there. Uh, JP, can you hear me, buddy? Absolutely. Perfect. Are you in the possession of paints and a model, or are you? <laughs> well, um, are you in the box of shame? Are no, you in the box of shame? Am I, am I in the box of shame? Uh, it's it's my second it's my second house. It's like my cottage. It's a summer. 
It's your investment property. Yeah, but I'm not screwing up anymore. I've, I've made an executive decision to not wind up there anymore. Mark is really letting me have it these days. It's getting kind of uncomfortable. Uh, so I'm actually going to try to get her done. Although, to be fair, Mark did end up in the box of shame a couple of weeks ago. I, I was yes. driving at the time. I almost crashed hearing it. <laughs> I think that's his third time. Uh, I'm there pretty uh, pretty regularly. But he doesn't have to the show, as, as you got to know now. It takes up quite a bit of time. Yeah. It does. It's uh, all good. It's, it's all good. I mean, I help. I spent some time in the box of shame recently as well. So it's. Uh, I like what you've done with the place, man. The decor's really cool. I know it's, it's looking great. It's cheesy poultry. It's very nice. It's all the food table. Um, trying to get a bar in there. Just see if I can. If I fuck up, I'm on a militia project. I'm going to try to bar it. It's going to be great. Cool. I look forward to it because I can almost guarantee I'm going to end up in there again sometime very soon. Uh, <laughs> it happens. But yeah. uh, no. I've got some militia going. Uh, I don't have 62 lots in my fiber point. Uh, Zoper Town, sorry. But I've got 44. I've got 44. That's not bad. That's, that's not too bad. I mean, Freddie, it looks like you've basically drawn the short straw here, buddy. Um, I don't think anybody's been stupid enough to do an inductive levy to start off with. Oh, I say stupid. Sorry, that's the wrong word. Um, crazy uh, enough. No, motiv motivated or inspired. That, yeah, thank like, you. That's a much better term. Motivated or inspired, not fucking bitch. mental. How, how do you move an inductive levy around a snowboard talisman? Uh, with one of those um, sticks they use for, like, craps or something? No, I mean, <laughs> they, just, they just sort of fill a whole, whole corridor. You just sit them there and you sort of close off. Um, you kind of work out how many squares forward you've got to actually move them and just pick the number of models up from the back and move them forward. <laughs> Don't you have to divide them up in, like, units of 15? In some Is there a max max unit size? I thought there was. Uh, there, there uh, might be actually. I think you have to place the rest in the outside of the gaming board, and then can move in on the next turn or something like that. Uh, I don't think you can divide units up like that. Um, I, I don't know. Actually, that's a good question. Well, the the solar auxiliary has a special rule that they uh, have to solar divide auxiliary. them up. Yeah. That is solar auxiliary, right? But I think there's in the rules in Portugal, you're not allowed to have units that are larger than ten. That's possible. That which makes possible. I'm, I'm probably thinking of the solar auxilia one. The, the um, no, no, but there, there's a rule in, in the actual Forge World thing. Yeah. There's also the, uh, the Silver Telescope of Work where you're allowed, where you have to have uh, 15 man units or like a maximum of 15 man units. Um, the Zomer Talus, uh, you know the Zomer Talus uh, Stalk Red War? Which yeah, you have yeah. to be to save and allows you to strike Terminators. That you can't have infantry units larger than 15, if I'm correct about that. See, I won't lie. I must admit, I did think about doing the Primarchs Chosen, and basically, oh. basically having my my first five hundred point commitment being Perturabo. <laughs> I was talking about. I was trying to figure out last episode. I was talking about the list of people just had to back with just four militia, sixty militia. Yeah, I think we. Yeah, sixty militia versus Conrad Kurz. And see what happens. At least, at least, Curse isn't so bad against Dreadnoughts anymore. Um, or, or I don't know. Maybe he still has my my my, my bat star. My bat ninja stars are a useless rule. I don't know. Curse can just jump right out of that. He can't get down by things like Dreadnoughts and shit. Curse is just stinking. He's stinking good at that. Like that. Also, he has Mortarian. You can just use his uh, his, his disappearance. Yeah, Mortarian, actually going up against Mortarian is something that scares me because of his ghost walk. 
and that, yeah. that genuinely free, freaks me out a little bit because it's, it's, uh, and we can talk about this a little more when we talk about the Iron Warriors but I want somebody that stays relatively still or at least within the range of movement I can easily manage without having to worry about him going poof like like, like Nightcrawler and disappearing and not you know, to mention templates okay. so you get more Mortarian can go through walls is that correct? I think yeah, so yeah that's correct he, he ignores yeah so it's so almost just a miracle See, speaking of Zone Mortalis, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this, I'm going to touch on, I'll touch on 40k again, and don't, I'm sorry guys, I'm going to do it, is fucking Necron Wraiths and their ability to go in straight lines through fucking anything is just just insane. And I've seen I've seen some uh, uh, YouTube games where they've do, uh, actually played in Zone Mortalis and just walk straight through. Which is what scares the shit out of me with somebody like Mortarian. <laughs> He's just going to go, oh, straight line. And there I am. Well, just... seeing, seeing as I faced Mortarian yesterday, fucking his shunt moves. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird that he's the like probably the most mobile of all the Primarchs. I, I still find it kind of odd, but fucking cool, but odd. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to but, be fair, but I love I, the miniature as say, well. Yeah, I have to say, though, he really compliments the rest of his army that is not very mobile and it, and you kind of get taken on the back foot because the rest around there is throttling along slowly and then suddenly he is like does the whole fucking pop smokes and disappear and then rocks up next to you and fucking and you can't fucking hurt the motherfucker god damn it he's tough <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you expect anything else from Mortarian I mean I no. think they got the power level it's pretty good yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, like, like, like you've said no many, many times before. The book is all about narrative and pro- processing that narrative. And let's be fair, it, it would kind of suck if, um, although to be fair, I don't really like the guy. If uh, Robo had lost his uh, lost his life to being sucked out a window, uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. There's only one person wearing the gauntlet. Yeah, that's what it is. I'll, I'll, I'll have the power, my powerful gauntlets will produce an atmosphere for me. Or my, my ego will draw in one. One of the two. No, that, that's Fulgrim. So, uh, we're having a few technical issues with uh, JP. JP's on the line. We're going to go through the host list now, and then we will see where we stand, just so we keep everybody informed of what's happening during the recording. It's not a problem. Like we said, everything can be fo- fixed in post, because, you know, duct tape and uh, stuff exist online as well. So that's never a problem. So let's talk about the lists. Uh, I had... Um, I, I kind of s- started on the back of uh, Freddy's um, talk about orcs at Scandus um, being part of like remnants of Ulanor and stuff. I started having thoughts about um, what I wanted to do as far as uh, a fun list somewhere. And then one of our listeners, Trevor Goddard, just jumped out ahead and went full balls deep and, and started converting up some of the new uh, orc models I don't care if what they're called from uh, Age of Sigma and um, yeah that got me thinking about basically putting together a, a list to bring orcs into 30k now I'm going to put a few caveats in here first of all it's purely for fluff reasons because they can be set before Eleanor, during Eleanor, after Eleanor and pretty much anywhere because they 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 exist they exist all the way up to the 41st millennium 
I think there has to be some sort of caveats in there um, with the way the list is built. And I'll, I'll talk about that when I go into it. And I really like the idea that Freddie came up with, which was having the uh, plus two points per model cost to then up their toughness to toughness five or we're giving them a plus one toughness basically um, to sort of deal with the high number of high strength weapons and stuff out there so they don't so easily get doubled out um, so yeah and I've gone for a fluffy idea here so here's the list it's a 1000 point zone mortalis list it's using the combat combatant force org chart but using the current orc codex with some forge world options in there as well okay and right off my inspiration was taken from the ashen fire uh, i think it's the wolf of ashen fire short story and somebody can correct me on the name of it at some point um, that was released last year and the sort of the christmas thing run up with um with black library and their calendar their christmas calendar stuff and that's basically the uh sons of horus and the emperor and the custodes and stuff um going kicking the shit out of an orc um i don't know it's like an orc junkyard thing floating fortress whatever and so that's what I use as my inspiration is the orcs from that because that's that's kind of capsulated the orcs for me in that time frame. So I am going to bring up my list now, and by the magic of radio, this is going to sound awesome. And here it goes. So starting off, we have a war boss with mega armor. He's going to have the lucky stick as a, a gift from Gork and Mork. Although it doesn't really matter who it's from, he just happens to have the lucky stick. Uh, he's going to have a power claw. He's going to have a combi weapon with Scorcher. Uh, he's running around with three ammo runts, uh, an attack squig, a boss pole. He's going to have a cyborg um, body, which is uh, going to give him a little bit of a boost there. Um, so it gives him a six plus feel no pain. And then he's uh, actually got a big boss pole there um, because that basically gives his the whole orcs in this detachment fearless which i thought was kind of kind of a fun thing to add in and that's one of the um Orchimedes custom uh, gubbins bits from i think it's from the war gasgall um supplement and i'm just rolling stuff off here for some people may or may not understand what i'm talking about second hq is a pain boy again with cyborg body and attack squid squig and a boss pole because I just love the idea of having pain boys in there like I like having um, medics in anything, really. There's... But is, is he a pain boy or a mad doc? He's a pain boy. Ah, I love the mad docs. Okay, <laughs> go yeah, on. They, did, they didn't actually have um, on here in, uh, in, in Battlescribe, they didn't have an option for that. So I've kind of uh, not gone that route just yet. Um, then we've got the troops. And these, this is just a, a squad of boys, a squad of ten boys, both all with choppers and sluggers and stick bombs, uh, given heavy armor. And the boss knob's got a chopper, and he's got a combi weapon with scorcher. I didn't go for a power claw, contemplated it, but uh, saved the points for elsewhere. And then we've got two units of mega knobs, 
and they're going with uh, two of the the you got the boss and he's got a twin linked uh, twin linked shooter boss pole, and then you've got um, two mega knobs with in the first squad two mega knobs with scorchers and uh, one mega knob with a twin link shooter. And I think it's the same. No, in the second squad, it's uh, same setup with the boss knob, boss mega knob, and then one combi scorcher, and then um, two mega knobs with shooters. And then the last bit, and this is kind of a, a squeeze because of the whole what fits on his own mortalis board and what can or cannot be played in there. And I've gone for a bit of fun. I've gone for the Forge World Mega Dread. Um, so it's not exactly a small piece of kit and it's kind of a I guess I'm kind of squeezing it in because it looks cool and I'll try and justify it with the fluff but it's got a kill cannon, ripper claw, grot riggers uh, mega charge on there as well it's got a big shooter and a custom mega blaster on there so it's kind of a, a very daiquiri tooled up piece of kit so that's a thousand well that's, that's 949 points and then because I've got, I think it's about 21 models, 22 models in that list. I've then got to save 40-odd, 45 points or so to give them all the, what, what Freddie refers to as the Ulanor upgrade, which is the, the two points per model for that extra toughness. So, that's the list. Here's my thinking. When you actually read that short story, it really gives um, a description of just gigantic hulking orcs not the same way that they're described in the 40k fluff not the way they're portrayed in the 40k fluff these these things just come across as lumps of armor rolling forward and for me that that was completely and utterly sold with the mega knobs so that's why there's sort of two two solid units of mega knobs in there the boys are literally in there as a troop choice uh, I could have gone for, for Gretchen, um, but I thought it would be kind of fun to sort of say these are the underdeveloped orcs, or the, the younger orcs, the ones that sort of get bitch slapped around a lot by the uh, the bigger, nastier orcs. And they're not sort of the, the, the sort of low, low on the totem pole um, Gretchen or, or Grotz that gets, kind of gets squished under feet, but they're sort of the the run forward and try and prove themselves kind of guys kind of like the um the war boys in my head from uh the new mad max movie you know the yep. old uh, witness yep. me kind of guys um <laughs> and then like i say you've got the mega knob uh, mega knob groups who are the the big hulking tank units that just sort of roll forward putting down walls of flame and um just firing off as much dacker as they can and crashing into close combat uh, slowly but surely um, and then you've got the the war boss in mega armor and I'm not going to sort of stick with the standard GW model or even the um, the model for the uh, the new Oric or whatever it is uh, warlord which is pretty beefy considering uh, comparing it to others but I was thinking of having a look at something like one of the Kador warjacks uh, from um uh, War, War Machine. Machine. Thank you very, thank you, JP. Appreciate the help. Uh, <laughs> War Machine. Appreciate it. Uh, War Machine, or even one of the Trollkin from Hordes, because they've got some really nice, big, beefy models, which could be a really solid base. Because again, when they sort of discuss, they sort of talk of what the Emperor comes up against 
it kind of describes somewhere between the Mega Dread and a gigantic war boss. Uh, well, I think it's actually like a like a gigantic war boss, and then he ends up having to face on against something that sounds like the Mega Dread, which is where the Mega Dread comes in, because it's just that sort of final fight where he's coming up against something absolutely brutally huge, and that model looks like it could take on something Primark size, so therefore should be able to at least stand in front of something Emperor-sized and look like it's going to give him a fight. So that's that's kind of the thing, is that this is like a rag, uh, ragtag after Eleanor trying to keep themselves alive, trying to salvage what they can force. Um, and I don't want to grow, grow it any more than Zone Mortalis style, because I don't think a f- huge Orc army would work so well. That's just my own thinking. But I love the thought of them just in close, com- close quarters, inside a ship, trying to grab scrap grab whatever they can full of um full of that sort of mega knob style size thing as really the sort of mainline orcs and then the the uh the boys the war boys they're sort of pushing forward so it's kind of a long roundabout way of explaining what i'm sort of going for so what do you guys think it's interesting there's there's two ways to look at orcs in 30k because you mentioned ulinor where um they're like gigantic. Yeah. Um, that, that that's definitely the impression you get. And Forgeal has mentioned it before that in 30k, um, like your regular orc would be a knob, and your your knobs would be like war bosses, and the war boss would be like yeah, still level of strength. But at the same time, if you read stories like the beginning of of, of Fear Tread, where the Blood Angels are facing off against orcs, or the the stuff with the uh, uh, with the Fifth Legion. On Chondax, the orcs look exactly like they do in 30 and 40k. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it's it. There really is a debate on what exactly 30k orcs would be, and I think you've actually, as far as a splinter group from Ulidor, I think you, 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 you got the nail on the head there. That's that's like a really good way. Cool. Cool. That 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 was really sort of what I was. That's sort of where I was aiming for because I think trying to go any bigger would struggle with that comparison like you say like the the difference the the pre and post Ulanor um orc forces for me but uh chris freddie what are your thoughts on that well <laughs> i'm kind of biased though because you're using <laughs> my my idea <laughs> this is true this is true <laughs> which i i can't complain about but but the whole thing the the thing while i introduced the whole extra toughness uh, is uh Orcs were really suffering against Volkite weaponry. And also, they didn't really have anything that could face a Primarch. Hence why they kind of needed... like the, 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 I did some playtesting, and the, the toughness squeeze seemed to solve all kind of issues, okay? But prove me wrong, and I like quick quick, quick fixes, but I, I guess the, there's better ideas around here, but using the or Cortex and getting the extra toughness for two points, it actually makes everything work. And if you read all the, the stories, you know, the Emperor is almost getting killed and Horus saves him, and so it has to be some sort of fucking massive orc. Yeah, yeah, but he, he, he is, like, the most powerful orc in the galaxy in a period where the orcs are thriving. That's the, yeah. It would be a primate level orc. I mean, this would be Gagskill times two or three, you know, uh, for yeah. this particular <laughs> character. 
I mean, it's not like the Emperor and Horus would have trouble against, you know, Meganov. No. Even no. a more powerful one, you know? No, exactly. I mean, I did, I did think about how to make a sort of a 30k, for a bigger army, this is a 30k orc, a true sort of orc war boss that, that, that would give somebody a bit of a run for their money. And the idea was, uh, I think I mentioned this before, maybe not on, on a recording, was to take um, to take Gazgul and then effectively, because I don't know his rules off the top of my head, but effectively give him almost almost all the sub-rules that Primarchs get. Um, so like the it will not die and all that sort of stuff. And really eternal sort of, warrior and... yeah, eternal warrior and that sort of stuff for the and basically create like an orc primarch, an Ulanor orc primarch sort of level model, and that would he would sort of fit in with that whole. If you wanted to run him, it would be the same sort of restrictions as an orc, as a primarch, that sort of thing, to give them something of that level. But again, when I looked at, when I looked at a bigger army, I struggled to try and put something together that seemed seem to fit fluff wise as much as anything else but um yeah chris well you, the, you, you, oh, sorry go on jp oh sorry i just want to say well fluff wise the big problem is there's just not that much written about 30k orcs i mean yeah. we have to take it from from the sources here and there but a lot of it is just because the great crusade hasn't fleshed out the way that the heresy has it's like they'll talk about you know uh the the, the, the orc empire sent it out Ulnor. But it's talked about in the legend, you know. It's not talked. It's it's not fleshed out, and that's always going to be the problem with trying to translate that works in Eldar into 30k. Yeah. yeah. And, and to be honest with you, I'm not I'm not fussed about translating Eldar into 30k because goddamn, I hate them in 40k, and I don't really want them to have another playground. <laughs> well, well, the, well the, the the one thing about the orcs, though, if you look at the betrayal of Calf and the forces they amassed to deal with that orc empire means that they have to be some fucking nasty shit. Yeah, like 300,000 Marines. <laughs> yeah, that, that's like madness. Like, yeah. imagine that in 40k, that, that's... They don't even have that many Marines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, the Orcs are, are thriving. Those empires are incredibly powerful. I think the, the big thing for me, just, like, thematically, is that, um, at the end of the day, I, I think uh, 30k Orcs, the big thematic difference would be that they should be copying as much real technology. Like, I'd like to see them with fucking ray guns instead of holders, and, like, more walkers than, uh, than tanks. That, that's what I'd like to see from 30k because they have to fight the Imperial Tech It's more of a tech level for yourself than... Uh, than... Well, they, they... Yeah, go for well, it, Well, really, technically, they should have, have a higher tech level in 30k, because they should be not be facing that many well if they were facing humans it would be the old knight not old knight the the what are they call dark age of technology humans yeah. or they would be facing elders or the old ones or whatnot so they the orcs in 30k should be better equipped than the orcs in 40k yeah because now so... that now they're scavenging or using because they're degrading if you read the fluff there, there's yeah. supposed to be some sort of Serbian folk of the old ones, sort of like the Slans are in fantasy. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Rest in peace, old world. Yeah. Uh, but pour one out for my homies, though. Uh, uh, so they, so they're only as good as the technology that is around at the time. Yeah. So I think well, that 
they're super adaptive. That's, I think, yeah. a huge advantage. What, what was bred into them by the old ones is that they can adapt to anything. Hmm. And I think I think you're right with sort of saying that if you, if you think about it, there's still there's still that whole sort of old one influence in there, even more so because they've even even before the big the big empire had its kicking at uh, at Ulanor, they're going to have had that influence around for a not long time. Um, well, they so would have been it's... fighting Necrons and uh, Eldar. They, they would have been involved in the war in heaven, and Eldar had just had the fall, so they should have been. The orcs should have been on the peak of their fighting abilities at that time. So, yeah. so maybe you could even go even go. I don't know. I, I don't know how we do that in a rule sense, but I see where you're getting at, JP and, and Freddie, and I, I like what you're thinking on that one is because I think that might be that might be a good way of taking the orcs to to make them that bit more um, playable. Is sort of upping their tech level somehow, whether that's. I don't know if I agree that they're not playable. I think um, orcs, if you, you, you can't be running like uh, those like green tide kind of armies because they're going to get cleared off by rotor cannon and volkites. But there yeah. are ways to play orcs against um, 30k armies. Very successful. I know someone who does do it. Uh, it's just you need to adjust uh, the, the way that you play to deal with legions. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's a. It might be, an, if nothing else, I think it might be an interesting fluff way of taking a new angle on the orcs, if nothing else. Yeah, that's a, way saying, a great conversion. I'd love to see the orc models with things. I think we're going to have to keep JP to a three-word minimum here with the connection. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there are some of the fluff for the orcs, by the way. Let's say that the, the the smart ones weren't the orcs; it were, were the the small ones, the Gretchen's and Snotlings. Not the Snotlings, yeah. but they're idiots, but. Gretchens. So you said that the, the Gretchens were the power behind the the wog kind of thing behind the. Thumb. They were the they were supposed to be the smart ones when they were designed, basically. Oh, okay. And the, the orcs were assigned as guards for them and the armies for them. Really? But then, uh, That's cool. Yeah, but then the orcs kind of forgot that and uh, yeah took over, and the Gretchens <laughs> were treated as slaves instead, and then they they also degenerated. So they basically but I, I'm not sure nah. if that's uh, basically read from fluff that's 15 year old by or older than by this point. Oh, that's that's got to be the coolest stuff then. That, that's got to be legit. That sounds like canon to me if ever I've heard it. And uh, also the the size of an orc varies from clan to clan basically, and how long they live. So if they live for a long time, they can be larger. Uh, fair enough. I like the sound of that. I do yeah. like the sound of that. Also, okay. I found I found the, the model you should use for the war boss if you are going to use a Cater Warjack for them. Which one's that? Karchev, the terrible, the war caster. Oh, war caster. Karchev. That's basically uh, Warjack. Link 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 it over, buddy. Let's put it in the show. Let's put it in the uh, the host album so we can actually have a look at it as well. I love link it. You Yeah, I'm gonna find the correct. I'm gonna do like this, so we link it to everyone. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna, uh, while we're uh, while we're chatting, I'm gonna have a play with some chipping medium. <laughs> also, I was thinking about the Mega Dread. I think we talked about it the other day. Yeah, we did. It doesn't count, come with a base, so it's hard to determine base size for it. Yeah, that's why I so said I wasn't sure about it. Yeah. Yeah, you're not like having larger than a 60 millimeter base, right? In mm. Mortalis? Or I is think. it just that, like, if you can't fit, you can't fit? If you can't fit through a door, you can't fit through yeah. a door, right? 
I think that's it. I mean, I don't know if you can legitimately go. I can go sideways, <laughs> do a sideways shuffle. Well, why not? <laughs> well, I think it's legit. I think it's, yeah, a, it's a fair way of that. doing why it. Why could models do that? Yeah, yeah exactly. Consider, but, uh, considering the model doesn't come come with a base when you buy it, at least it did when I bought, bought mine. I could put it on two 40mm bases and hope it stands up <laughs> well enough. Or two 60mm bases and put in, like I said, do a sideways shuffle. It can actually stand without bases, so the feet are quite large. Well, let, let's, let's be careful. I, I mean, 30k is a community, but you never know. Somebody will argue about it and go, that's not how it works. I wouldn't yeah. argue. <laughs> you, you're, a good, you're a good man, Freddy, but somebody will argue. It, it'll happen. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I think I think to be fair, I think with the with the list, I think it ideally, I think it'd be a lot of fun for Zone Mortalis. I think it'd just be one of those very silly, very fun lists that could um, could genuinely lead to to some interesting games, especially with just the, the sort of the amount of scorches in there is what I was thinking of more than anything else. Um, being able to run run a, a pile of stuff up after playing fucking Death Guards and all their Stupid flamers! Oh my god, I hate everything that has a flamer function. <laughs> I've never heard someone complain about flamers. They're not exactly the most effective weapons in the game. Are you sure? Like the imagine ten heavy flamers with the that stupid thingy they get to reroll toughness, and they they had six. Each flamer gets about five or six. It, you can't spread out against them. It's so fucking annoying. And if you charge them, they get D3 fucking hits each of them before you even yeah. charge. You guys want to hear some, makes... some? You guys want to hear some, on, cool shena- uh, some cool shenanigans you can do with flamers in the militia list? Um, on, take, hit us up. Take, take a unit of ten flamers um, and take uh, the because um, if you take muster of worlds, I believe, or not muster of worlds, planetary overlord uh, with your yeah. force commander. You can choose your roller trait. Take the one where it allows you to bring the AP of a weapon down one. So you have AP3 flamers, 10 AP3 flamers, then you stick them next to a uh, Promethean relay pipe to give them torrent. Oh, <laughs> dude! And then that's you... just rude! Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's nasty. Yeah, you wrote an attack I am I am stealing that idea for my... Uh, I, I'm going to do that idea with my Iron Warriors... Militia, because that sounds like something that they do is sort of tap into a premium premium relay and just sit them back and go, okay, boys, toast them, <laughs> hold the flank with fire. Yeah, that's that's a fun little. Give us... I, th- I think that could be a hell of a lot of fun to try that. Now that yeah. just some flamer. Yeah, <laughs> that that is. A... To be fair though, I've I've seen. I, I every time somebody mentions a Promethean uh, Promethean. Uh, pipeline relay, relay. Whatever it is thank you i twitch a little bit because i've got a friend of mine who runs um a, a knight acheron and a knight paladin in 40k with a very small um uh what do you call it uh, inquisition support thing to run the list and he puts a promethean pipeline in there and he sits his knight acheron back against it and that's like a flamestorm template or the the, the gigantic um tiered 15 inch teardrop the torrents <laughs> <laughs> it's just silly. Oh, it's silly. It's fucking hilarious watching. It's fucking hilarious watching Elder Army just go up in flames. And it's like, yeah, yeah jink that shit, that and then woof, yeah. off it goes. But um, yeah, 
yeah i do twitch a little bit when i hear that but however i love the idea i love the sound of that sort of shenanigans idea jp that sounds pretty fucking cool man that's all the list is this the best thing that we've ever gotten from Fort world i think i love that thing so much yeah there's there's some very cool stuff that they've released out of that those sort of things they do have a, they do make a lot of fun so Overall, my, I think my, my question is, what, what, what do you guys say? If, we, if, I, if I'm saying, let's, let's sort of do a, a, a mini fluff whack on this one. Uh, what do you think? Fluff whacking the, the sort of um, the Ulanor-ish, Orc-ish, Zone Mortalis list I've come up with. How would you, how would you fluff whack score this on a 1 to 10? Well, it's orky enough. Okay. Is that a good comment? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that falls, but okay. Well, orky enough should be a quite high score for a fluff on an orc list. Okay, I, I, I'll take that. I'll take that. I won't but complain too much. It's uh, just the thing about uh, we need to work out if the Mega Dread could actually be in a Sumertalis list or not. Yeah. Other than that, it's, well, it will probably defeat my usual Sumertalis lists. But you go, you've got like five, maybe twelve models in your Sumertalis list, Chris. Shut it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can be fair. To be fair, you could put a big unit of fuzzing with uh, what is it, chain chain weapons or something. Yeah, uh, or I go for take priest auxilius uh, with the reductor upgrade and give them graviton imploders and give uh, a, give some heavy heavy. I think you have heavy flamers or flame. No, no flamers. The trolls or the serve trolls, whatever they're called. And, and my response to you, sir, is fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, Freddie, what about you, buddy? What do you think? Well, I like it because I, I, I think it's very themey. I'm I'm not sure. Hmm. It's only a thousand points so i guess you won't see any of the really hard hitters unless they do the primax chosen you should be able to handle you should be able to handle most things cool. so yeah okay. it's not too bad we'll it's very themey okay and jp if you're there with this buddy what do you think uh, Fluffwise, I think it's great i think you've done a great job translating uh, at least the ulnor or uh, theory if you will or that particular way of, of interpreting works in 30k did a great job. Um, as far as its effectiveness, I'd like to see more models, but I understand what you did. Um, it's just I, I feel that if you're going to play Orcs or Metallics, you should take advantage of Orcs. You should take advantage of their numbers. Uh, but I know what you did, and I think it works. I like cool. Cool. Well, that that works. I will. I will. Definitely Anybody out there is listening? Uh, if you have a thought about it, uh, especially to hear from uh, Trevor as he's having a play with uh, putting some stuff together, see what he thinks, uh, what his thoughts are on uh, how he's going to run his Orcs. In, uh, in 30k and or wherever he's going to play to run them um, but hit us up at the Varangian Heresy at gmail.com with your thoughts and yeah I mean if you want to expand on the pro cons of uh, Orcs in 30k and how you'd want to do that I'm sure we can find an episode about that somewhere and I'm I'm fairly confident there are some pretty uh, pretty strong views about it out there as well so we can get some good pl- uh, pros pro and con arguments working about that so what I'll do now is we'll well I'll do we'll do is wrap up the opening here. We're going to go out with some uh, some music, and then when we come back, we're going to get a little bit of a. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right words here, but uh, we're going to get a little bit of a, a bit of love from uh, from JP with one of his 
well-round uh, recordings and intro section intros as he uh, hits us up with something to lead us into um, our section on our love for the uh, i4th. So we will be right back. Hammering impact spun Kroger around and he felt the pain of lacerating wounds punched in his side. He dropped to one knee, seeing at least two dozen Imperial fists charging towards him. They fired from the hip, 
but suffered no loss in accuracy. Two more shells struck him before he could scramble to cover, one in the shoulder, one in the center of his chest. Warning icons flashed to life on his visor, and he coughed a wad of blood through the fox creel of his helmet. Kroger fought to get off a last volley, but his arm hung uselessly at his side, and his bolter lay in pieces before him. He hadn't even realized he'd lost the weapon. He looked over the edge of the wall, seeing only a handful of iron warriors clambering towards the rampart. Hundreds of mortal soldiers opposed them with explosives and massed fire. There would be no help from that quarter for now. How demeaning to be kept out of a fortress by such dross. Kroger stared down at the dark blood pooling in front of him, its bright gleam and iron tang curiously pleasant, even as it leaked from his numerous wounds. A cold shadow fell across the bloodied ramparts, and a roaring blast of jet-hot air blasted downwards from screaming retros. Kroger's spilt blood boiled in the heat, and mortals screamed as their uniforms erupted in flames. The Imperial Fist with whom he traded words fell, as the ammunition in his bolter exploded and transformed his wrists into charred stumps of flesh and nubs of fused bone. Something fell from the sky, monstrous and cold. It landed in the heart of the citadel with the booming clang of a funeral bell. The Olympian master of battle, a demigod in burnished warplate, a hammer-wielding avatar of thunder. Perturabo, the Lord of Iron. And we're back, and that was a little treat for our listeners. Thank you, JP, for putting that together for us. It's it's one of my I won't like it's one of my <laughs> favorite things of listening to you guys when you do these is these little intro sections and you're gonna to have to show me how you get the echo on all your stuff, man, because that that's pretty hardcore the way you get oh, sort of that's just, that's gravitas to that man. That's that's pretty awesome. And it's a I'm, cool effect on on audacity, and and you're quite welcome. Uh, I love doing stuff like that. the the whole audio recording thing with with the soundtracks because I'm a soundtrack nerd. So that's like my, that's always my reward for for finishing the editing of a show. It's like so I'm I got treat it done. Myself. Now I can treat myself to um, <laughs> recording a little uh, little little action scene for kicks. So it's quite it's very much my pleasure. And I have to say, I won't lie, I love it every time you do the old uh, uh, fistful of dollars kind of um, Dodger Romero, whatever it is. The uh, if you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Yes, that's that, Tuco. Tuco, yeah, that, thank you very much. I, I may lose my my uh, movie nerd card for that, but um, goddamn, that is just so true, and it makes it even better now having reread um, some of the books with that in and just going, or oh, actually re-listen because I've listened to them on audiobook. Uh, listen, re-listen to uh, Unremembered Empire and just sitting there laughing out loud to this sort of stuff and my wife going what the fuck are you talking what's going on it's like you, you just wouldn't understand but trust me it's funny <laughs> no, but she's like uh huh yeah the most important lesson of any action movie is when you gotta shoot shoot don't talk uh, yeah. no one ever learns no because otherwise do. you don't have a scene I've, I've learned yeah well you, you <laughs> kind of do it for a living man yeah. If I you don't always, shoot, we get occupied. I, I never talk. I just shoot. But in combat, <laughs> you have to you have to let the your your enemy have you know like a monologue so that he can explain why he's doing these things before you shoot him. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll take that back to training. <laughs> okay, boys, we're we're, we're, we're in yeah, Afghanistan. Right, We've got to let right. the guys got to let them have their monologue. So just uh, just just sort of so, raise your hand and say, how long are you going to monologue for so we can get ready? Now, Private Johnson, what is your monologue? Yeah, explain your whole evil plan before uh, before we go any further. This is my monologue. There are many like it, but this one is mine. <laughs> yeah, see, there we go. 
There we go. Nailed it. Right, okay. And moving on. <laughs> oh, man. Why does this shoulder pad not have rivets on it? Damn it. I can't find a track to paint my hazard stripes. That was a really good tip, by the way, JP, as well. <laughs> Using the uh, rivets to paint the hazard stripes, yeah. by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's 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 the way I've done it. Uh, the Mark three uh, shoulder pads are the best. But, yeah, if you just follow the rivets, you can stay pretty consistent. Way easier than fiddling with, with masking tape. Oh, forget masking tape. I'm just doing it for freehand. I'm just, just losing the point of reference of where I'm going with them. That's the only problem. Um, but I'll make it up as I go along. I usually do. Um, so what we're going to do in this section, we are going to talk about, as it sh as you, you hopefully got from the uh, monologue there, we're going to be talking about the Iron Fourth, the, uh, the, the only real and true solid legion out there as far as I'm concerned. Uncle Purdy's boys, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a good chat about them. And JP, give us just give us a sort of rundown about yourself and your how you sort of got into the hobby, and let's just get an introduction of you and for those of our listeners who, for some reason, I don't know why, and we love you all. Please get out from under whatever rock it is you're stuck under, and not just listen to us and go over and listen to the boys on the Age of Darkness. Um, but for those who haven't, tell us about yourself and your 30k sort of history i guess is the word i'm looking for um well i'd be happy to um now i've been in the mark and i got in the hobby my co-host mark from the age of darkness uh, we got in the hobby around 93 so just when second edition was coming out um and i'm sort of a recidivist more than mark mark has been pretty consistent over the last 20 some years but i'm kind of a recidivist i've gone in and out um several times um over the last I don't know, 23 years or so. Um, now, my first army, my first real army was Imperial Guard, and I still have uh, all my old metal Valhallans, and uh, thanks to some some very kind Swedes, <laughs> or a very kind Swede, I'm going to have more, so I'm super excited. But yeah, I, more. Th that's, my, that's my first army, my first real army. I had a hodgepodge of Space Marines and, and old orcs, and also HeroQuest orcs with Space Marine arms glued to them. Sweet. Um, this might be my first actual, any mo my first models, um, but yeah, I've I've been in um, the hobby for a while, my, and I'm not an I've never been, um, I've never had what I guess could be called army attention deficit disorder, in that, unlike a lot of people, I've only ever had three armies, uh, Imperial Guard, I also collected Death Guard uh, back in the glory days of 3.5 edition, um, oh, uh, yeah, I know codex, the Codex. It was just so great. It was so great. Uh, so yeah, I had a Death Guard army, which I still have, of course. And um, I guess to bring it back to the whole 30k thing, that was my last, uh, the last time I jumped back in the hobby after uh, numerous uh, recidivist episodes uh, was because of uh, the Horse Heresy Black Library books, uh, which started coming out in 2006. I started getting into them about 2010 or so. So I had sort of a backlog. But... Um, I guess I reconnected with uh, with some of my friends, including Mark, um, and they suggested these books to me. So I picked up Horus Rising on my way to the cottage one day, read it all in one weekend, and then I was good for there for the Horus Heresy. And then I started back in with my Death Guard, but what I did is I threw all my Death Guard, um, all my old Plague Marines, I threw them in the simple green, and I repainted them in, in the proper white and green of the Heresy Death Guard. Nice job. And, uh, I did that for a few years, and then sometime in autumn of 2012, uh, I saw this cryptic Facebook post from Forge World suggesting that something was in the works, perhaps re 
perhaps regarding um, the Horus Heresy. And uh, that's when Betrayal came out, and uh, that's when I essentially uh, began my transition away from 40K. When that's stayed pretty uh, pr- pretty permanent. Um, originally, uh, when those books came out, when, when Betrayal came out, I assumed I was going to do Death Guard. Uh, I assumed I was going to do a 30K version of my Death Guard army. And then I started playing around with lists and started really reflecting on it, and I realized that my 30K... Because my I had already changed my 40k army to resemble a Horus Heresy era army with a paint scheme, and also the fact that I didn't have any tanks, it was all heavy infantry army, that's how I would run things, plus demons. But I realized that I couldn't make a different 30k army, so I would just be redoing the same thing. And then a little bit down the line, Angel Exterminatus comes out. Not that much down the line, a couple, like a year down the line or something like that. Uh, Angel Exterminatus comes out. And that's when I made the final decision to uh, that my 30k army would be Iron Warriors. When Extermination was released, I got that book and a bunch of Breachers and some other stuff. And that's uh, I've been uh, working on the Iron Fourth since then. So I think that's 2014, spring 2014, I believe. Uh, book three came out. Is that correct? That's about right. Yeah, I'm just looking at the trying to get the my version of it up in front of me here and have a look at the, uh, the printing date uh, but yeah it's around that time yeah, that's so, kind of when I got 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 involved with it as well so yeah that's it, uh, so that was my experience coming into uh, into 30k um, but then uh, follow up question what in the book made you go all fucking uh, warm and fussy for the Iron 10 oh, Iron 4 thank you very four. much <laughs> Yeah, there's a little bit of confusion. There's, it's like I feel like when they originally made the original 18 Space Marine Legions, I feel that there's a couple of redundancies in there that are kind of unforgivable. Having two iron armies, I mean, you could have found something else. One of them could have been, it could have been the Steel Hands. Anyways, <laughs> that's true. That was about that odd. Or the, honestly, or the cotton within, gloves or something, you know. The cotton gloves. <laughs> Somehow not as terrible, but you know what? Still manlier than the Rainbow Warriors. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's, should, that's, they're, they're my sort of theory for like the second or the eleventh legion. I'll be honest. The Rain War Warriors. Well, yeah. actually, what's interesting <laughs> is the Rain Warriors. If you actually look at the fluff, they're based on Aztecs. Aztecs yeah. had some some version of Rainbow Warriors or something like that, and they're not. Um, they weren't a joke legion. They were actually uh, a joke chapter. They were supposed to be based on Aztec mythology, and unfortunately, they're just. It just doesn't sound right. And they just don't look right either. I'm sorry. I've only no. painted those originally. I, I, it's not that I hate your work. I think you did a great job. I just think the concept with the rainbow stripe and everything, no. Yeah. Didn't work look. out for you, man. Didn't work out for you, but good try. Thumbs up. Two, two, you know, ten points for trying. As my wife would say, far too often. Um, but in answer to your uh, to your question, um, honestly, the, what 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 in Angel Exterminatus got to me was probably in the first hundred pages. So I liked the assault yes. on, on the fortress, on the perfect fortress on Hydrocodotus. Um I found that I liked uh, that it felt like a real military operation. You know, that they're, you know, they're digging in, uh, they're, they're creating saps, they're making artillery strikes, they have a final assault across, you know, no man's land. Um, it, it felt like a real military force being used. And I love the personality of, of Perturabo who was more thoughtful than I thought he would be. And he seemed like someone that 
I, I like I like the tragedy of Pertorabo that seems to be overwhelmed by the events going on around him. I felt he was a really well written character in Angel of Sterminatus, and honestly, by the time I got to the part that he smashes Ful- Fulgrim's head against a clockwork uh, Warhound Titan, <laughs> I was sold on the Fourth Legion. It's like that. This is the Legion for me. Yeah, that, that's that's a pretty cool, hardcore way of telling your brother he's being a dick. And you know about it, and yeah, see this pr- pretty much priceless scale artifact uh, art model I've made. Yeah, I'm now going to teach you a lesson by smashing your face into it. It's like look a little closer, just a little closer. No, seriously, just, just, look, just, just, just smash, bam, drop the hammer, <laughs> literally. Uh, I always wanted to see that diorama made. Uh, it could be done. The other group. <laughs> The other great one in that book, though, is when the Sisyphean goes to ram um, the Emperor's children's ship, um, and Pertorabo just lets it happen. It's like, no, just wait. We could stop them. It's like, yeah, we could. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. It's, it's okay. We'll, we'll just let it roll on. Let it happen. Yep. Just let it happen. But the other thing, the other cool thing about Pertorabo is the fact that I like the idea of his word being iron. I mean, he's a person with some, um, uh, with some self-respect. I mean, he gave his word to the War Master, and he's going to follow through. And uh, even if he knows that Fulgrim's screwing him, like, he gave his word to the War Master. Yeah. And he's, uh, he, I mean, that's the thing. He's not an, um, he's not an idiot. And he's not, he, he, I think people get confused with the whole corpse grinder thing from the early fluff and the, what they become under him. I think people get very confused by that because people seem to think, okay, you're, you're playing an army that is a trudge forward, throw people into the grinder, don't really care about them, and you're just going to win by sheer weight of numbers. And while they still do that, they're a lot more tactically sound about what they do. And there's a lot more... Um, basically, he pulled them up by their, by their short and curlies and said, you know, well, the whole purpose of the decimation was you're not achieving your full potential you're kind of on the right track. I'm going to give you a kick in the nuts and make you work. Realize that you can do better. Maybe not the best move and how he did it, but you know, as uh, I think it, I can't remember who it was um, on the because I was listening to the Eye of guys when they talked about it the first time. Um, Industrial Age Sparta is a very good way of describing Olympia and what yeah. you, what they were going through and that whole you have to fight and you have to prove yourself and you have to basically be on your guard and on your wits all the time it makes sense with the action he took um absolutely and how he went about doing it so yeah i mean for and for me um i have to say when it comes to sort of falling in love with the iron warriors always been a fan of them um in the old sort of chaos fluff um on and off mainly i was i never i was never going to go sort of full full chaos in in the 40k sense but i always liked the iron warriors because they were never super super warped they were never and, and iron havocs were just brilliant unit um but they were never super warped they were never full demon or full witchy poo as such so there was always something about them that felt a lot more solid and i always liked that but when it came to 30k um it was actually the first of all it was actually the model of perturabo that sold me because i'd seen the sort of the earlier primarchs but when that one got released i just went i have to own that i i don't care yeah. who it is what it's for i have to own that because it just i'd kind of sort of started to have a love love crush thing on knights 
at that time, the Imperial Knights had just not long come out from Brightly and uh, within a few, like six months or whatever it was. And there he is standing atop the shoulder of one of these knights and looking completely and utterly badass. And I'm just literally going, I don't care who he is. I, I want him and I need to own him. And oh, then, yeah. then, then I sort of looked into him a bit more. And I, I generally, I'd, I'd listen to some of the stuff like Horus Rising and uh, Flight of the Eisenstein and some of the earlier heresy books most of my book book intake has been through audiobook with having having young kids and stuff i haven't really had the time to sit down and read them um but i was looking into looking into that sort of stuff and i came across angel exterminatus and i think like you say the whole um opening hundred pages is what sold me on the iron warriors as a whole and on perturabo as a primarch um because the whole uh the whole sort of pounding from a distance the whole big guns kind of thing the the all the readouts the the, the walk through you know, that sort of journey you take with them and then that assault and kroger going up the hill and you know he he kroger's for me kroger's a fun character because he's always that little bit how do i put it he's on the he's on the more he's definitely on the more brute side of the iron warriors um, very much more the brute side. Like he says, he's the, he's the forlorn hope kind of first over the top breacher kind of guy who yep. likes to get his hands dirty, likes to get into the fight and do that sort of stuff. Uh, and when he gets up there and you see how he's sort of like, right, I'm just going to take as many down as I can because it looks like I'm the only guy who's made it up the wall. I'm just going to start shooting people in the face until I die. Or whatever and then you just get this and i've said it before i'll say it again this absolute hero landing moment of perturabo <laughs> coming in swiftly followed by the iron circle which just i i i, I yeah just totally so and then how he deals with the aftermath of the battle not only does he just completely obliterate people in the bolt of porn sense which i won't lie paul paul porn i can take it or leave it but in that sense i totally take it because it's just amazing um but it's just how he deals with the warsmith at the end and basically goes you did it you didn't listen to me you didn't do what i wanted you to do you didn't follow the plan i'm just not having you here i'm and not you dealing with you yeah you, you led from too. the back it's bad enough you didn't follow my directives and and that you went in a, into a direct assault when i told you not to but you fucking stayed in the back yeah. and that's the truly unforgivable thing exactly and it's just that he he sticks by his convictions he's like i had a plan it was gonna work why didn't you do as i told you and the fact you tried to take the initiative well done but you did it from the back you pussy and you yep. should have been up there and it's this guy and you get you sort of get that whole um like starstruck moment from kroger and he's like who me uh, it's like this guy is the one who's leading the army or leading the charge and all that sort of stuff and yeah you're fired and congratulations you've just got a battlefield promotion and you can just hear kroger's heart break a little bit in that moment of going i got what now <laughs> I, I, i'm suddenly i'm a what now <laughs> i didn't sign up for this i just wanted to kill things man <laughs> but yeah but that uh, also comes down to this the, one of the other things i really liked about you you mentioned the old fluff for the iron wars the uh the, the, the when they were before the heresy was developed so the whole chaos stuff you touched on a couple of things that are really interesting and things that i've always liked about the iron warriors as well like the whole thing that they don't they're not really a chaos legion uh not really i mean 
uh, whenever they get mutations, like one of their limbs turns into a fucking tentacle or something, they cut it off and replace it with uh, with uh, cybernetics. Yeah. Because they, they don't see themselves as corrupted in that way. I think their gene seed is also considered um, surprisingly pure. Uh, them and the Night Lords have very pure gene, seed, uh, gene seeds. Um, and the other thing is they don't really worship Chaos at any point. I mean, they respect them as the Pantheon. I mean, they see that these things truly exist. And... I guess they respect him as a pantheon, but they don't really worship chaos. They see themselves as, and the word is interesting, as tyrants of old. Yeah. Um, which I think is it goes back to the whole um, uh, Greek mythology thing. And uh, after the heresy, they just go around the galaxy tearing down forces because they can, and they know that no one can stop them. And there's and something it, interesting about that. Yeah, and screwing over the um, the Imperial fists, which I love. <laughs> yeah. The Iron Cage incident, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's just brilliant. Um, I, I, and I say that mainly because, A, I love the, the, the whole thing behind it of Perturabo. Basically, that's his way of going to Dawn. I own you. Um, oh, yeah. I, I was better than you. I always was better than you. You know, you would have lost terror to me kind of thing. And, you know, he, he basically shows show, lays it out on the table and goes, mine's longer than yours is. Um, yeah. And he does it in a truly perturbo way and i love that i absolutely love that part about it and yeah like you say they just i mean he gets he becomes a demon prince um he gets yeah, elevated I, but you just I, it was never his end goal i don't i never saw it as his end game it was never a power thing for him in that respects so i kind of like where the iron warriors end up after that as well well, interesting. The Iron Cage incident is fascinating. It was exactly what what you said, sort of a dick measuring contest. It was a way of saying it's like um, that uh, the Iron Warriors they can they will defeat the Imperial Fist at any time. They yeah. will beat you. And yeah, we didn't win a Terra, but they, he sets the perfect trap, essentially a fortress that isn't guarding anything. And once you break in, uh, all it is is kill zones. The scale of the Iron Cage bugs me a little bit because they said something like 400 Imperial Fists are killed. Seems yeah. like it should be bigger, but that's from the old fluff, though, when when the scale of things were, were was just a little bit off. Yeah. But the the, the Iron Warriors are, are are a fascinating legion, and it's the only one, or one of the few, I would say, that actually feels like a real um, military force. You know, one that is concerned with things like logistics, uh, that is cons that uh, understands that sometimes attrition is a reasonable strategy. Um, it, it it's it's interesting in that way. They're not monastic knights in space. They're not. Um, uh, glory hungry uh, space bikers. Yeah. Uh, they they really look at a battle as a mathematical exercise. As an uh, the, the old quote is, they're masters of the cruel arithmetic of war. Yeah, I, I think in that sense it's really interesting. And we were we were talking about I think before the show about how uh, you guys got your starts in in historicals. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's one of the things that draws me to the Iron Wars is they feel like it, it feels more like a historical. Um, type of army than anything else. It feels like something you could see in the in the last year of the Great War. Yeah, um, definitely. The way they fight their battles. Yeah, and I think I think uh, as much as it pains me, one of the other uh, legions that come up there for me with that sort of military logistics kind of thing is actually the Ultramarines. Yep. Uh, they're very more ro uh, Roman, um, obviously, and that's where they draw a lot of their inspiration from. So they're very much about the empire building and all that sort of stuff, but they really do have that sort of military logistical um, thing. And just to touch on like Unremembered Empire, for example, you know, you've got um, all the new arrivals that are sort of coming to Ultramar. 
Gulliman's like, well, okay, get them billeted and get them get them doing something, get them into, and you start seeing that whole military um, focus of them, that sort of order focus of them in that way, which is a lot more nuts and bolts than you get a lot from a lot of the other legions. Um, but yeah, I think they're they're kind of up there, and I, I another reason I dislike them is because they stole our our idea and basically try to make it better but yeah. you know we'll talk about that later on when we get on the special units but um i got, yeah, I got some opinions dicks. about that oh dude we, we have both got opinions about that and we're going to let them out here that's okay um but one thing one other thing i wanted to touch on when it came to choosing the iron fourth for me is actually in book three the first time i got got my hands on a copy of book three um so i got book two and book three at the same time in uh i, I borrowed them from a friend and i was looking at them and I was trying to make my decision. And I, like I said, Pertorawa pretty much sold me. But I thought, I've got to be sure. I've got to have a look. And I saw the, what for me was an Iron Havoc standing there with the autocannon. That colour plate, that, that sort of not come out of that image of the um, the Iron Havoc, stand, what, or heavy support marine, whatever you want to call it, standing there with the underslung autocannon. And it's like, yes. <laughs> just, just yes. That yeah. is, that's, that's it. That's what I want. I want that. And funnily enough, I don't have any in my army yet, but I will. <laughs> I plan to have uh, the, the older style, not the newer style with the drum feed. I want the older style with the belt feed or cannons in there. Because um, they're just, it's just a, such a beautiful image. To me. and that, that, that's what sold me. I totally that's agree. That's one them. of the better, um, as far as the, 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 the Legion instruction pages, you know, those little color mm. plates. That's my second favorite. My favorite, however, is from the first book, The World Eater. The World Eater was, was just calm just um a, a sort of he looks like jason Voorhees, you know just sort of like sneak forward with his chain the chain act oozes menace with that kind of just like i'm gonna come over here and i'm gonna, I'm gonna cut your face off that's, that's what I mean. you know none of this berserker rage just this calm uh slow menace of this like unstoppable killing machine i, I love that one I, i'm gonna tear your face off and there's nothing you can do about it i know it's co- you know it's coming i know it's coming it's gonna happen <laughs> yeah, so I see what you mean. I'm with you on. I probably swing them around, but that's just because I'm probably a little more of a fanboy on that. That's but, true. But uh, yeah, very very cool, man. So yeah, what uh, I've got to ask from from my point of view, I, I want want to know one thing. Dave. When it comes down to the fluff of the Iron Warriors, I mean, I, I mentioned the Iron Cage. So that's kind of post post the Heresy um, period as such. It's during um, the Great Scouring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's your heresy favorite piece of fluff for the Iron Warriors? What's, you, what's your thing? What's your what's your what you go? That that's 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 what you put your finger on. Say that one. What's your sort of story? As far as um, the Iron Warriors are concerned, as far as their uh, the like the stories that you hear from the books, the books, the uh, the books, whether it's the books, the the big black books, any of the books, what sort of favorite your favorite fluff is what I'm sort of getting for for the Iron Warriors. Oh, that's an interesting question. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, on honestly, probably my favorite, is, and I hate to say it because it involves loyalists. But it's the battle of the first battle of Paramar. Uh-huh, I think okay. would would be my favorite um, as far. It just I love the story of Caravalen. Okay. And and we'll talk about Caravalen later. Yep, um, yep. I don't like that he's a traitor to his legion, but there's something that it says so much about how the Iron Warriors are organized that Caravalen that there's a whole grand battalion that's forgotten about. In yeah. that uh, this 
uh, it tells you so much about how the Iron Warriors were used up and abused during the Great Crusade that they just wound up splintered around the galaxy doing those jobs that no one else wanted to do. And you have the story of Kira Valen, whose Grand Battalion, I don't remember which one, I think the 77th or something like that. Yeah. Um, his Grand Battalion was engaged with, I believe, orcs. And this is a forgotten war zone. And this is going on for decades. And every little while, he has to go resupply a Paramar, and he just goes right back into action because no one told him not to. Um, there's just this tragedy of, um, of the Iron Warriors, where a lot of the other legions, I mean, they're operating together. Everybody has a good idea of what's going on. Especially, you know, like for for example, the word bearers, you know, decades before this is going to happen, um, or, or the the original batch of traitor legions, for example, uh, the you know the Death Guard, they're all operating essentially together. You have the Iron Warriors that are just all over the place, and no one's told them what's going on. So you have the story of Kiravalen showing up at Paramar, and the Alpha Legion starts shooting at him. He has no fucking idea why, but he, he essentially says, "Okay, <laughs> let's let's do this thing." Um, yeah. And there's just something interesting about that in that. You know, like okay, you start shooting at me. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make your life fucking horrible. He doesn't try to negotiate. He just try to talk to him. He just try to explain his point of view. You you fired at me. Well, I'm gonna fuck you up. And as much as I dislike the fact that Kira Valen is a loyalist, um, there's there's something that's really telling about the first battle of Paramar. It's just the way that the Iron Warriors were used up. Yeah. And their state at the outset of the Great Crusade, and when when you at the outset of the uh, the Horse Heresy, and when you think of why this legion rebelled against the emperor a lot a lot of the legions it's hard to have sympathy for them because a lot of the time it's just daddy issues but the iron warriors were legitimately <laughs> abused yeah just chewed exploited. up and spit out weren't they yeah so that if there was one thing it would be the battle of paramar i think that te- that tells you a lot about the state of the iron warriors legion at the very end of the great crusade what about yourself well, I, I must admit, I do love Paramar, and I think I love it for, uh, again, I'm with you on the whole Kier Valen. It's, it's a, he's a great character. It's a shame he's a loyalist, because I think he'd make a fantastic traitor. Uh, I think well, the worst part is it's probably not because Pertorabo hated him or anything. You've probably no. just, just forgotten about Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, oh, okay, I kind of got to make a decision, and I don't know yeah. what. Okay, you guys are shooting at me. Fuck you. Um, exactly. It's, it's just, just he got forgotten about in the order of battle. Yeah, which What's which that? says as much about everything, like you said. Um, but I think uh, what I love about that one, I have to say this, is just the, the whole practical practical nature of the Iron Warriors. And it's just a case of, we don't have time to power up our weapons. Fuck it. Hit them. You know, it's in the, the ship battle in space. It's like, just ride through them. <laughs> it's just like, okay, give me ramming speed. And he just drives, you know, literally pilots his ship through the Alpha Legion ship and just splits it and it's just yeah. like it, it's not even a case of it's not even a case of what's going to happen are we going to have a problem he's just like i know the call i know this is why i'm so disappointed where he ends up it's like i know my ship i know what i'm going to do the immediate math of the situation is i've got to fuck these guys up before they kill me so i'm just going to ride through them and yeah. he does and that i think is probably one of my favorite moves in 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 the whole heresy thing is just seeing that happen and going Fuck you, <laughs> basically. Um, but I think um, favorite piece of fluff. Um, I'm just trying to think. Uh, actually, it comes back to Perturabo's reasons for turning, and I think it's 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 down to the whole daddy issue thing to a point, and it's how he. He's, he's almost he's disrespected in an absentee father kind of way by the emperor and it's the fact that when he 
um, with the whole thing with Magnus and Magnus's trial and the the amphitheater that he's designed and the emperor basically builds it and he's like oh this is you know this is an amazing thing i'll go and build it and, I'll use it. and then you know basically one of his closest brothers one of the ones he, he actually spent time with although i do like the whole backpacking around the um backpacking around earth for a year or whatever is kind of piece of fluff with magnus is kind of funny as well just seeing them taking their gap year and uh you know going out and finding the the, the fun stuff that they've all been looking for um just that whole sort of disconnect from who his who, from the emperor for who his son is the sort of works of beauty that he's created and how he just goes right okay it served its purpose just like the iron warriors it's a practical thing that served its purpose i'm now going to pull the plug and it's going to get destroyed and yep. he just he just turns off the shields and wipes out a, a, what would have been a wonder of the world kind of thing and you know outside of that there's the whole his you know his brother basically getting done over um you know sort of kangaroo court kind of thing in in his creation but just that whole disrespect i think that's one of my favorite parts of it because it's just so telling about how the emperor sees his sons and for me i just went i get it i get why you went there you know yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, at Nikea, that's that's the other thing. I don't think even Pritarabo was at Nikea. I don't know if he was. I don't know if he was actually there because I mean, a lot of the stuff I've read about Nikea has come from the other stories, like uh, Burning of Prospero, where you have the the whole yeah. the skulls and stuff like that there. And you don't really, it doesn't really describe Pritarabo physically being there. But just the thought of that, that's almost even worse. That it's like he's yeah. not even seen it not even been told but he, he sort of finds out that this has happened and just how for someone if you, you know you go back through his whole story from the, the sort of flashbacks at the beginning of angel exterminators how aware he is of himself and how aware he is that there is somebody greater who has put him together or put him on in existence and to then have that person just completely disregard your efforts labors it's just crushing and you can see where that that sort of reflects the whole thing about the iron warriors how they're they're disrespected how they're um, not loved by their not loved but they're, they're just not respected and they are just seen as a footnote in so many things so many conflicts um yep yeah and that, that's this... sort of the thing for me there's a story in 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 Index Astartes. Index Astartes is such a crucial part of, of all the fluff. It's a, it's the main building block for any of the stuff that we read now. The main the main building block um, was the Index Astartes articles in White Dwarf um, in third edition. Uh, and there's a in the Iron Warriors article. There's this great little passage uh, which actually underlines how the Iron Warriors were like disrespected. And it tells a story of and. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'll be corrected for the specifics, but bear with me. I believe it was um, it was Gulliman and the Khan uh, that uh, there's uh, people tell of the story of how they like broke down this world, where in truth, Perubu did all the work, but they led the final assault. And in the chronicles of the taking of this world, Perubu's contribution is um, is relegated to something like they receive uh, some some aid from an ally. Or something like that. Perturabo's legion did all of the hard work, like punching the hole in this fortress, and uh, like uh, two of his brothers did the final assault. They got all the glory. 
and all that Pretty Rubble got was like this mention as like providing assistance. It, That's it, a it, classic dick move. Yeah. And uh, you know the uh, the other thing with uh, with with the um, the painting in Angel Extremnatus, yeah, which is also from the Index Studies articles. If you look at the Index Studies articles for the Iron Warriors, there's this uh, this picture of uh, it's outside of a, an Imperial Fist's like fortress, and you have um, uh, a bunch of dead uh, Iron Warriors, and you have an Iron Warrior's pop carry attending to one of of the wounded, and. This is referenced in Angel Exterminatus in that this this painting exists in the fluff. It's really just a picture from uh, Index Studies, but Grant McNeil takes it and says that this painting was actually painted, and it's the only painting of Iron Warriors made by this great artist that painted great frescoes of the Great Crusade. And the only thing he ever did with any Iron Warriors in it is this one tragic painting of an apothecary dealing with wounded. And Perturabo essentially buys the painting from the guy and burns it in front of him. <laughs> it's... It, it's... It... it, it, it it's a legion that was completely disrespected and used as a tool, used as a battering ram of the Great Crusade, um, and while everybody else reaped glory. And yes, Oscar Rubbo being bitter at this fucking situation, and that's another reason I like them. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I'm with you on that, man. I really am, and I, I think it's, uh, you know, it sounds like yeah, we're all about the emo, but I think it, it's just it, it's one of one of the it's mixed with the better fleshed out reasonings for turning. Well, there's one uh, major for, for, thing. There's yeah. one major thing that, that you know how Horus uh, actually made his pact with Perturabo. What what did Horus give Perturabo? Oh, for, uh, Forge Break, wasn't it? Well, before that, um, like what essentially what sealed the deal between them? Um, the, the symbol was Forge Break, but that wasn't what yeah. sealed the deal. What sealed the deal is that Horus forgave Perturabo for burning uh, uh, Olympia. Olympia, that was it. Yeah. Uh, like the one thing Perturabo... he never get, he could never get for he felt he could never get from his father. Basically, exactly because. He, in a fit of rage, I mean, already Perturabo was being used up by the Great Crusade. Then he finds out his own world is in rebellion, and it's like, I don't need this right now. Already I'm disrespected. If people find out that I can't even control my own home world, I mean, how little will people respect me now? So he goes there in a fit of rage, burns the whole fucking thing down, and then just realizes what he's done. It's like, oh, god damn it. Now I'm going to have to fucking, I'm going to have to see my father about this. I'm gonna get grounded. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's like when you have a you have a party and someone fucking pukes in the, the like pukes on the carpet and you can't get it out and it's like oh god I'm gonna tell my dad about this. Similar to burning down an entire planet. Um, legit, and, legit comparison, legit comparison. Legit comparison. Uh, so essentially, yeah, you gotta go see your dad and eventually Horace tells him it's like you know what, um, your dad doesn't respect doesn't respect you. Um, dad will not forgive you for this, but I will forgive you, and I will treat you as an equal. Which made what happened... I'm not going to ruin anything, but uh, just what happens at Talarn, because I know you yeah. guys don't do... My my podcast, we ruin books. We're the book ruiners. Um, I won't ruin books on your podcast, but there's something that happens in Angel Exterminatus, uh, not Angel Exterminatus, in the Battle of Talarn, that is particularly heartbreaking as far as, as that element is concerned. Having... having, uh, having... Uh, your your podcast in the Ivor Horus religiously at the top of my playlist. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I know know that anyway. And yeah, it's a bit of a heartbreaker. Uh, well, it's more than a bit. It is a heartbreaker, and you just that again is a sort of another another turning point for the Legion as well, because you get the feeling Perturaba goes ah, but now I'm going to hold to my word. Yeah, well, just get, just get that for, exactly. And that, but that's that's the sort of you know not, again not to go to spoilers, but. Uh, when that happens, you kind of go, okay, now now he sees where he's at, and he's like, shit, I, I'm going to do it, and I'm not changing, but damn, you know? Uh, that's, how, that's how I read it. It's horrible. He's such a tragic figure um, that I, I think it makes it more interesting because you have characters like uh, Fulgrim, 
whose basic storyline, he just seems like a sniveling weasel. Like, he's such a little piece of garbage. Like, and I, I, I love Fulgrim. Don't get me wrong, but he's fucking, he's a loser. Do you know who he reminds back, me of? Backtrack, Fulgrim. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know who he reminds me of? Draco Malfoy from Harry Potter. I've never read those books, but I'm assuming that's bad. Basically, you've got a, a sniveling little blonde boy who is being corrupted and um, pushed around by uh, a darker overlord. Not so much the whole darker overlord, just that whole sort of sniveling, childish, sort of, you know, whingy aspect kind of comes across to me. But um, don't worry, if you if you haven't read it, you're, you're not missing anything. You've pretty much nailed it anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I think Peter Robbo is such a, uh, such a tragic figure. And um, there's this great interview with Graham McNeil. And I don't know if this will ever actually get translated into a book. Uh, I think it was on the Overlords podcast, actually. Shout out to the Overlords, one of my favorite all-time podcasts. Um, oh, those guys are awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and and uh, I, Graham McNeil was being interviewed on their show. This was years and years and years ago. Uh, I think shortly after Angel Exterminatus came out. And, and he mentioned something that I found so tantalizing that I remember to this day. He said that. Um, a cool scene would be, well, we see it, who knows, but a cool scene would be Magnus coming to see Perturabo and telling him it's not too late. You know, Magnus uh-huh. is essentially a demon prince now. A bunch of them are already demon princes, and but Perturabo's not a demon prince. His legion's not corrupted. Um, not not a spoiler, but uh, there's one of the things that happens in the later books is, is uh, some of the legions, including the Iron Warriors, are trying to figure out how to deal with the fact that um, all their brothers are turning into fucking demons. And Graham McNeil posits... Um, a, a scene where like Magnus would come see Perubo and say it's not too late for you, you know it's like it's too late for me. I'm a demon prince now. It's too late for Angron and, and Fulgrim. It's too late for them. It's not too late for you. And and, and it's just so tragic that it's like Perubo's response would be no. I gave my word to Horus and I will see this through no matter the cost. And yeah. we know the cost. Yeah, you know that would be how it would roll out with him as well. Uh, so that's that that is such a shame. Damn, I want to see that scene now. Grab, that's not cool, man. Just throw that out there. It's not cool. <laughs> we need to see that in print yeah, now. Yeah, it'd be great, but who knows? Yeah. I'd love to see that in print. I really, really would. That'd be so cool. So just sort of having a look at... Um, I mean, we, we've really sort of gone over the fluff, but is there anything on the, on the whole gaming side of it that really sort of makes you enjoy or want to, keep, want to play Iron Warriors more than uh, anything else? Or... Rules wise, it allows me to play. Okay, here's here's uh, to get to the really crux of it. I'm a guard player. I will always be a guard player. It was my first real army, and I've been playing them for over 20 years. Now I sold my guard codex when the militia list came out, because <laughs> that's done. That's done. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I've been slowly selling off my like massive chimeras. Don't need them anymore. Um, but like the the humans, the uh, the, the um, the, the a real army interests me on the battlefield. Again, I'm coming at this as a historian. Um, one of the things that interests me is this like fake future history, and I like the idea of there being fake future humans, like just ordinary humans trying to deal with this, this, these horrors of war. And yeah. I like the fact that the at the end of the day, the Iron Warriors play a little bit like uh, you like, like Imperial Guard. I mean, they have a huge reliance on artillery and tanks, uh, on large uh, units of infantry. I mean, it encourages you to play in this way. For example, having um, your units. Uh, not being, um, uh, not taking uh, a leadership test from from shooting attacks. That's useful. Encourages you, you uh, encourages you to use a lot of infantry because your infantry is awesome. 
Um, Oh, yes, it is. So, I mean, it encourages you to play in a similar way than I would play my guard. So I feel at home in the Iron Warriors as far as the way that they play. They encourage you to use lots of artillery because your artillery is awesome, especially, and we'll discuss this later, if you're you're riding the Iron Fire. Um, Oh, yes, the Iron Fire. Oh, I'm so looking forward to playing with that. Absolutely. Or even the other other right of Warhammer of Olympia allows you to take more heavy support. That's what I want. I don't give a shit if you give me more fast attack. I'm never going to use jet bikes. Um, it, so it, the Iron Warriors, what, what really, as far as the way they play, I like the fact that they play a little bit like um, my guard was playing. So I feel at home, and it's the kind of army I want. I want lots of artillery, I lo- want lots of tanks, and I want lots of infantry. I will I will have to agree with you there, and I, I will say that uh, in our first episode when I talked about my gaming history, I'm uh, an old dwarf player, fantasy dwarf player, so with cannons, with all that sort of stuff. So I am a big fan of the uh, the ability to take all that sort of stuff. And when we uh, again, we will talk about it later. We start talking about lists and that sort of thing. Uh, you will see just how much I kind of like that. And where I, I will talk about where I plan to go with my army at some point in the future, um, but yeah, I am I am with you on that. It is about the boom from a long 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 distance boom, basically, yep. and how much fun we can have with that um, is a big thing. So that that's pretty cool. And I'm glad to see that there's uh, some parallels on that one about why we we both like that legion. So that's cool. Um, but let's let's sort of move on now because we've got a got a good idea of why we both sort of like them. Um, Let's talk about. Uh, let's have a look. Let's talk about some of the uh, the special units, and you know, let's talk about the, some of the game on the gaming table kind of stuff. Um, I'm opening my book three right now. I have book three in front of me. I have the Iron Iron Warriors section in front of me. Yeah, let's have a look. Let's let's just have a closer look at this. I mean, let let's go down and let's start off with. Um, one of the one of the things I love the most actually is the uh, the tyrant terminators. Uh, do you want to talk about the uh, um, uh, their legion traits and uh, some of the specifics before? Yeah, yeah. Let's or do, do you want to go let's, through? Let's, into... No, let's oh, just go that. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go through in order. Let's let's do it through the through the uh, through the section. Let's do that. That's probably a better way of getting through it all in, oh, a, in yeah. a good good manner. Let's do it's that. Your show. No, no, I think it's cool, man. I'm, I'm always open to suggestions, which is why I usually end up buying a hell of a lot of stuff off Christopher and Freddy. Um, <laughs> what can I say, man? I mean, Fred, Freddy's, Freddy's prices are cheap. They're, it's basically beer or, uh, or, <coughs> or exchanging beer. parts or, or beer. And, um, yeah, well, I kind of need it all at the moment. So I can't really complain too much. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, <laughs> let's, let's, let's go through that. So, yeah, let's, let's start out. So... Um, Let's just. If I, I'll, I'll, how about uh, I'll, I'll take the uh, the sort of opening stuff, and maybe we can you can go through the rights of war for us, uh, JP. How about that? Sure, I'd be happy to. So let's have a look. Let's uh, starting off with. I mean, they all uh, as a sort of standard, they all have legion starties. So you should all have a very good idea that this basically means they will always attempt to regroup at their normal leadership values, regardless regardless of casualties. <laughs> I need a drink in a minute. Um, rack and ruin. Now, the Iron Warriors, as it says, I'm going to read the, read the section. Iron Warriors specialise in storm assault, uh, assaults against fortified positions under heavy fire and all but impossible to stop once committed to the attack. Needless to say, the, their mastery of de, uh, destructive siegecraft is all but unrivaled. It's unrivaled. Screw what the Imperial Fists say. Um, 
so the models with the Legion of Sartes Iron Warriors special do not suffer morale checks from shooting attacks and may re-roll failed pinning tests. That's beautiful. Which is fucking that annoying. rule that that sentence right there makes the Iron Warriors that anything else makes the Iron Warriors one of the top legions. You yep. cannot so, shoot them off an objective. So annoying. Oh, it's, do you have do you jump like that there, Freddy? No, I fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know who in particular hates it? My, my my co-host who plays Dark Angels. And when we compare our special rules. Oh, they they kind of got dicked over in the last book on special rules. I won't lie about that. But, you know, not, 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 yeah. We rule, but basically. But when I play the world leaders, I don't really care. Yeah. That's a fair but point. The only That's problem I have good. with this rule is that sometimes on the table, and perhaps it's me being retarded, but sometimes you tend to forget that that rule is not fearless. And uh, you get into close <laughs> combat and you're like, I don't take leadership. Oh, shit, I do, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> and the amount of times, the amount of times, I finally started putting Vexilus on my stuff, but for a while, I just wasn't giving things Vexilus because, ah, oh, I don't take leadership tests. It's all good. And then you get into close combat and then you get swept. And it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Probably yeah. would have been a good idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's such a powerful rule um, just because we tend to forget sometimes, especially new players, mm. they tend to forget the fact that um, Marines in 30K do not have and they shall know no fear. Yeah. And being able to avoid morale checks for any reasons or reroll is crucial. Yeah. And I have to say, on a side note, it's one of the few things that really, really irritates me about 40K-centric podcasts. I'm not going to mention names. 40K-centric podcasts and shows that start to, uh, start talking about 30K and go, well, things like fear are useless and things, you know, they, oh. they don't raise. It's like, hang on a second. These guys do not have and they shall know no fear. But some of the things you're talking about do matter. Yeah, fear. Okay, let's be fair. Fear probably isn't a big one anyway, but still, it can play a factor. Yeah, when it happens, I mean, it's huge. Yeah. And the fact is, you have to you have to remember that these things are in effect. Um, and this is the major difference. I think that, like rules wise, the major difference between uh, uh, Marines in the forty first millennium and Marines in the thirty first is the fact of and they should know no fear. And one of the reasons I like this game is because I think that and they should know no fear is the single most broken rule in forty k. It is way too good. And as someone who's played Chaos Marines a lot, um, it, and having no equivalent, it, it really sucks. Yeah. It's a really, really powerful rule, and I like the fact that no one has it. Yeah, it's a good level. The, the removal of it is a great leveler. I think is a is a good way of putting it. It's a great leveler across all the all the factions of of 30k. I think it's really, really important. But uh, yeah, not not to get too drag too far off. But I think that's the, the you know the whole. Uh, no morale checks from shooting is just is just awesome, and especially with yep. a 50, 15 man, twenty man blob sat on top of an objective. You're going to give someone a very hard day. Um, or even a ten a ten man um, tactical uh, tactical squad, fairly bare bones, um, with uh, in in cover an objective in cover with your four plus cover saves. It's going to be there all game. Fair point. Yeah, I mean you, you're going to have that. Definitely going to be a big thing. Uh, so the next one, all grenade and melter bomb attacks by models with the Legion of Starties Iron Warrior special rules have the Wrecker special rule in addition to other rules for the weapon type being used. Now, I don't know about meta in general, but fortifications 
don't seem to show up in lists a lot from what I've seen played. And I, I take a lot of the games I've seen, I've played from YouTube or from the stuff that I've talked about with, with guys who have played tournaments on, on the podcast or listen to people like yourself, JP, and the guys on uh, the different podcasts talk about. Apart from, literally, I think apart from Tim and the Eye of Horus taking a you know fortification-centric list, I really don't see it. And I don't see it being as awesome a rule but maybe it's i don't know maybe it's to balance off against the whole uh, you know not taking morale checks from shooting i don't know but i think that the main reason it's there and there's a lot of these rules scattered around um uh, in 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 the heresy gaming is that there's a lot of very thematic rules that uh, that appear the original version of the death guards uh, move through cover rule where they would uh, re-roll uh, uh move through cover through swamps and stuff like that um is the best example of just a really thematic rule that's there uh, uh, to encourage you to play games on thematic boards or something like that. And a lot of the time, it doesn't come into effect. Um, that whole thing with re-rolling, um, well, sorry, getting Wrecker on, on grenade and bomb attacks almost never happens. Yeah. But the one time recently that it, that I did get to use it, it was super fun. Oh, come on, man. You can't, okay. Shit out of something. okay, you're going to have to tell us about that. Tell, tell us about that, because I, I want to hear how this was fun. Uh, well, essentially, okay. Uh, we were playing a game where my opponent, um, uh, uh, essentially, he had uh, one of those Firestorm readouts. No, not those Firestorm readouts. What's what's the big thing with the macro cannon? Oh, the... Um... Akio Strong Point. That's it, yeah. Yeah, well, anyways, uh, so that was terrorizing my army. So I drove a unit of uh, Breachers in a Land Raider. That's my go-to. Right now, my go-to anti-super-heavy, anti-Spartan unit is essentially to crash a Land Raider full of uh, breachers with multi bombs into it, just because I think it's fun. It doesn't always work, but when it does, it's awesome. <laughs> and essentially, um, uh, my my main assault was I I at the time I thought this was the most Iron Warriors thing ever. It was essentially to drive a uh, land raider right up against the gate of this thing, like right up against it. Um, and thankfully, it didn't get destroyed on the way. And then I had like a twenty man um, tackle squad running like running uh, behind it. And I. Uh, the best run moves ever made, like six, six, six. So it was keeping up behind the land raider and ke- getting cover. Breachers ran out, planted like ten belt of bombs on the thing, just blew the whole fucking thing up. It was amazing and super iron warriors. Yeah, I still lost that game. <laughs> but damn, it was I cinematic. Re- I, don't, I don't remember why. I think it's because I got sort of... Um, I, I tend to get really tunnel vision with things that I want to happen. It's like, I'm going to take out that Aquila strong point. It's like, well, that has nothing to do with the game. I mean, you don't... You, you're probably just better off avoiding it. It's like, no, I'm playing Iron Warriors. I'm going to blow gonna it up. It's going to die. It's going to go boom. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, when it does have the rare times that it does happen, hmm. and I think you're entirely right that in the meta of uh, 30k, uh, not a lot of people wind up running um, uh, uh, fortifications just because there's just so much stuff that can destroy them. Yeah. But when it does happen, it's amazing, and I'm glad it's there. But here's the thing. If that was their only special rule, I'd be angry. Yeah. Well, not angry. But I'd be disappointed if that was their only special rule. But it's like a bonus. Yeah, I guess that's kind of where it sort of lies is in that bonus category then. Um, and then the last one is the bitter end. And this this sort of comes up with the Imperial Fists as well, but boo-hoo for them. Um, the games that normally have a random game length, the Iron Warriors player's opponent can opt to play two, six full turns instead of roll at the end of game being made. That can be, a, from what I've seen, what I've heard, that can be a real pain in the ass. Um, yes. Basically, it can be a it's real not, fucking nightmare. It's not as bad as you think. 
Okay. And I'll explain why. Okay, I have lost at least one game because of this rule. Okay. Because it was one of those calculations you make at the end of uh, turn five, like the game should end at the end of turn five, or something like that. You know, uh, um, instead of rolling, it's like okay, your opponent has to decide. So do we roll again? Uh, do, we, uh, do we roll to? Um, um, okay, before making the roll, your opponent can decide to play a sixth turn either way, and then your opponent gets to like make that calculation. It's like if I hold that one more turn, the one iron warrior that's sitting on that objective is gonna die, and yeah. I'm gonna win the game. That's how we can make you lose a game. It has happened to me once because I had one. I was gonna win the game based on one iron warrior, a single guy sitting on objective, and if the game would end there, I would, I, I would win. And I lost because my opponent just to say, it's like, I'm playing another turn to just kill this one guy. Now, here's the thing that people tend to forget when they look at how Brutalist Rule is. If you're playing the Horse Heresy core missions, half of them are six turns, no rolls. Only half, only three of the six core missions actually have random game length. Which means that there's not a lot of legions who have a negative rule that's only in effect 50% of the time. Hmm. So it's actually so, almost a almost a bonus in and of itself. The way that works is what you're saying. Exactly. For one thing, it's rare that you're going to have a situation where the game is going to be so on the line that your opponent getting to play another turn. Um, it happens. It does happen. I've I mentioned it's happened to me before. Already, that's rare. It doesn't happen all the time. And then at the same time, 50% 50 of the time, that's not even a factor because the missions use a standard six-game, uh, six-turn length. So in a very Iron Warriors way, the, lo the logistical numbers of it all actually work in your favor to agree. If you look at that in that sense, I don't think it's bad at all. But the one time that you're going to lose because of it sucks. But once again, I refer you to Exhibit A, uh, the Dark Angels. Yeah. Which one would you rather have? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good with mine. I'm good with our one. <laughs> exactly. It's it's not as bad as people make it out to be, but um, the the times that you're gonna lose games because of it, uh, I mean, it really really sucks. Uh, it's not like you know having to roll a leadership check for your run moves. It's not equivalent. Yeah. No. Uh, but I don't think it's that bad. And when you actually look at the aggregate of it, like uh, if you if you just sort of analyze it like uh, as a whole, um, I don't think it's bad at all. The fact of the matter is, um, having essentially fearless the shooting attacks is just incredible yeah that that's a real that's a, just an amazing piece of uh bonus as far as i see that's just yeah, and huge. It, it brings them to the top three four legions i don't think there's a lot of legions that are better than they are maybe white scars sons of horus um i don't know what the other top legions would be but there's not a lot that are better than the um i'd probably uh, put uh, i was gonna say probably put ultramarines up there actually with some of their, ultramarines, yes. with their tactical options um, having learned a lot about them in our last episode when talking about drop pods um, and what they can would, do with those I lists. would stick Iron Hands in there too. Iron Hands with their minus one to shooting attacks is just incredible. Yeah, definitely. So that's sort of the general rules for the Iron Warriors. Do you want to go through the uh, the Rights of War? Absolutely. Um, uh, before we go to Rights of War, I'd just like to mention one thing about uh, the whole uh, thing with uh, um, the, 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 the not taking... Um, Casualties. Not morale checks to shooting. Yeah. Um, well, the other great thing is it has a good synergy with the Warsmith, because if you you can oh, take a yes. Warsmith upgrade, that gives you Stubborn, so that already uh, mitigates a lot of the morale effects from being in close combat as well. Warsmiths are amazing in that sense. So, uh, as far as morale is concerned, the Iron Wars are very well um, are very well served. Which is, again, but, extremely fluffy. Absolutely. But yeah, as far as the, uh, the Rite of Wars, there's two of them. Uh, Iron Wars have two unique Rite of Wars, as all Legions do. 
Um, the first one is the ham- Hammer of Olympia, which has uh, the effects that, uh, first of all, it has Hail of Fire, um, which means that a unit... Sorry. It's okay. Bottles with the Legionus Astartes Iron Warrior special rule that are part of a force using this Red of War may declare assault after firing rapid-fire weapons so long as they have not also made a Fury of the Legion attack, but counts as making a disorder charge if doing so. Um, note that the unit may still only assault the same unit that they fired at. This, you look at it and it doesn't seem that great, but it can be very effective, especially if you're like me and you run Breachers who wouldn't get to Fury anyway. Yep. And a lot of, and if you math, okay, uh, here's the thing, you don't get your, uh, okay, um, say that you have a unit of Breachers or even Tactical Marines, um, and you're, you're preparing an assault, and you decide to use the Iron, uh, Iron Warriors Rate of War, um, instead of firing your one bolt pistol shot, you can fire your, you can double tap on your bolter. Um, a lot of people say that's not worth losing your extra attack on your assault, because you would only, uh, uh, you, you'd lose the extra attack that you would have for making your assault move. Well, people often haven't math hammered it out, which is a term I don't like, but still, there's a really good point to be made here. Mm-hmm. Marine on Marine, you have a better chance of killing a Marine with a bolter than in close combat. Because in close combat, you hit a Marine, like Marine on Marine, you hit him on fours, you wound him on, uh, on fours. Yeah. Or, yeah. <clears throat> We've got to be careful about the charts here. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I, I have a mate that loves this rule, and normally what he does is he always takes the extra close combat weapon, so it's not a detriment when he charges. He still gets the same number of attacks, and he does the rapid fire. Okay, so you mean he equips like his tactical squads with uh, the extra chainsaw or close combat weapon, and then uses yeah. the uh, Hammer of Olympia and then goes in with that? To... Yeah, so he, he does the whole rapid firing, and mm-hmm. obviously it's a disorganized charge, so he doesn't get the plus one for attacking. But because he has an extra close combat weapon, it's basically just the same. So he gets to double tap and then charge and do kind of a normal charge. Because yeah. you have a better chance of killing a Marine with a bolter because you hit on... Um, when you, in close combat, you hit on fours and you wound on fours. With a bolter, you hit on threes and wound on fours. So you're more likely to kill a Marine. You're, you're going to get more hits with your Boulder than you will in close combat. Um, so you're always better off shooting more than, uh, than, than, than getting more attacks on your Assault. So that's actually really useful. And the great thing about it is you can use it with Plasma Guns too. Yes. So yeah. uh, like if you have like a unit of 10 support Marines with Plasma Guns, they spill out of the Land Raider, um, double tap with their Plasma Guns, and then they charge in and mop, mop up. That's a really good way of doing things. I mean, uh, it, it, it's not... It's not the best rule in the game, but it's pretty effective. But that's not why you're taking Hammer of Olympia. Do we agree? Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, that's not why you're taking Hammer of There's Olympia. There's a slight not... benefit from taking Hammer of Olympia. Yeah. You might you might want to touch on that one, JP. Exactly. Extra armor is amazing. No, I'm just... <laughs> so... I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind okay. of useful. Don't don't knock it, especially oh, on a Dreadnought. If yeah, you exactly. go, you don't get drooling Dreadnoughts that take a hit. Trying try to run up in close combat. Of... But... Okay. Say that you have 10 vehicles in your force, say 50 points, that's fantastic, because, you know... That's melting. The second thing is Sheet and Steel gives you extra armor for free. So instead of spending 5 points, it's for free. Again, that's not why you're taking Hammer of Olympia. <laughs> you're taking it for the rule Siege Engineers. A primary detachment using the threat of war may take an additional heavy support choice on their force organization chart. Now, in 30k, if there is one 
force organization um, area that is always difficult to, you know, that you never have enough of, it's heavy support. Especially as an Iron Warriors player now. I think any Legion would have trouble, but especially as an Iron Warriors player. Because you have so many options that can stick in there. Having four heavy supports is amazing. And by the way, this is the rule they used to have back in 3.5. Yep. And this is where you sort of start feeling that old love coming back through. Yep. And I think Hammer of Olympia, we're going to get to Tyrant Terminators after, but like as far as, as the usefulness of Hammer of Olympia, it's now grown tenfold just because of the changes made to, 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 to Tyrant Terminators. Yep. Definitely. I'm with you on that one, buddy. So uh, I think this is, it's amazing. Um, and the, it doesn't really cost you much. You have to take a Warsmith or a Siegebreaker. You're probably doing that anyway. You why, have to well, take... I think, to be fair, why aren't you? Yeah. Because, you know. <laughs> yeah. You're, chances are you, because remember, the, the Warsmith upgrade is free. A lot yeah. of people think that it, it's not like an Iron Father. Iron Father costs something. Warsmith is free and he gets stubborn. The shitty thing is that uh, your Warsmith is, is worth an extra victory points if it's killed. You just don't get it killed. I mean, yeah. that should be that should be <laughs> or, in your game plan from the or beginning. At the end of the day, if if you do, you you plan that plan ahead and go. Okay, that guy's a two point kill. I've just got to pay attention to whatever yep. else is happening around on the battlefield. Oh, exactly. Uh, I, uh, the Warsmith is amazing. Warsmith has one huge detriment: is that you have to take Shattered Defenses as your as your Warlord trait, and it kind of sucks, and everybody forgets that it exists. But you know, yeah. Again, it's it's worth it for stubborn. Um, but, but yeah, but, but if you, I'm gonna say this. What what that does, it just just to clarify that takes that adds a minus one to a to an existing piece of battlefield terrain or a no a piece of uh, not battlefield terrain but it's a piece of um, piece of terrain or fortification. You can modify the uh, if I remember rightly the AV or a minus one to the cover safe, which if you couple that, no. am I wrong? Uh, I'm trying uh, to skip to the, I'm trying to find the page with it on right now. Uh, it's on page 251 of the book, uh, Shattered Defenses. But uh, you're getting Cure Valen's version of this is way better. Because uh-huh, uh, Cure Valen allows you to add an extra point to the fortification, uh, to the, the AV fortification. The, uh, the I don't use him often enough. I don't use him at all, to be fair, which is why I'm probably getting confused. But uh, no, I was, what I was going to say was, it's the minus one to the, to the uh, targeted ter- piece of terrain, the minus one to the cover save, and then you couple that with an Iron Havoc unit. Yeah. That's where it gets good. Exactly, it. and what you do is you shatter defenses around an objective. Like you have to yeah. do it. Uh, you, you shatter defenses before the first uh, roll of the game, right? The first uh, yeah. before the first turn, uh, before after deployment, before scout moves. So you chances are you see where the enemy's uh, objectives are. If they have a home objective, um, like in ruins or something, you shatter that defenses, and uh, yeah, you fucking you combo that with iron havocs, and now the unit that's trying to like hold that objective is rolling six plus cover saves, which is going to make anybody's day bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very much so. Sorry, I just had to get in there with that one because that's one of the things I, I actually really like about Shadow Defenses is that it gives you that option. There's some nice little synergy combos you could throw in with it. Yeah. yeah. It's just that there's better... Um, it, it, like, I would rather have a role on Strategic um, than Shadow Defenses most of the time, but it can be very good. Uh, and it allows you, since you know what it's going to be, you don't have to roll for your world or trait. You always know what's going to be Shadow Defenses. It does allow you to plan around things. It's just it's not as good as a lot of the other options. Fair point, fair point. Well, seeing as people nine times out of ten forget about their warlord traits. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I forget about Shadow Defense. I have no excuse because it's always the same. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> well, yeah, um, Hammer of Olympia, you have to take Warsmith. Why weren't you? 
Uh, you have to take more heavy support choice than fast attack choices. Duh. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, Pretty sure well, you were doing that anyway. Well, duh. <laughs> but you have to have one extra uh, troop choice, don't you? Yeah. But just, I mean, you probably should have at least three troop choices, shouldn't you? If if I not, mean, I mean, it's a it's it's a good reason to run a tactical support squad with plasma guns. No, compulsory. Oh, compulsory, yeah, they can't be support, can they? Yeah, you can't take a uh, sports squad, so yeah, it's going to have to be breachers, assault marines, or tacticals. But take an extra ten-man tactical squad. Yeah, that's not a that's not a negative. You probably do the, again. You should probably do that anyway. Yeah, to be fair, you know. And uh, the final thing is, and you'll see this on almost all rights of war, is you can't take allied space marine detachments. But you know who who you can take? Militia. Militia. Oh, and you yeah. know what militia can take? Artillery. <laughs> so you can have a good time with this. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. One of the things can. I like about Hammer of Olympia is it's just it's just it's all bonus, no negative. It's it's a great red of war. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that one. Absolutely love it. So what about the what about the next one? Let's go into the next one. Uh that would be riding the iron fire. Now if you'll <laughs> excuse me, I have to put away book three. I got my stack of books here. It's so dis such a horrible weight. It's so heavy and everything. Oh, I opened it almost in the same place. Iron Warriors. Seriously, I was one page away. I opened it randomly. Iron Warriors. Unique right of war. The Iron Fire. So cool. Okay. <laughs> Go for it, JP. You, you know, you know, I'm enthusiastic, right? Um, dude, dude, I'm there with you, man. I'm there with you. Just don't, don't hold back. Go for it. Okay. It's all about '80s heavy metal, you know, song names. Ah, well, the Iron Fire. Well, the Death Guard one is even better for that. They have a Death Guard called Creep. Uh, they, uh, they have a Right of War called Creeping Death, which is an old Metallica song. Um, but uh, okay, uh, the Iron Fire. It has the following effects: it's got rolling bombardment. Now, barrage weapons target at any point within 12 inches of a friendly Iron Warriors unit deviate B6 instead of 2D6 inches. Having resolved such a barrage attack, leave a counter at the point the blast was centered upon. Subsequent barrage attacks targeted at this point that is both within 18 inches of one of these iron fire counters and within 6 inches of a friendly iron warriors unit do not deviate at all. If a shooting phase passes without any new iron fire counters being placed, all such counters in play are removed at the end of the phase. So, if you forget to fire artillery... <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> or if all your artillery is destroyed. Okay. But uh, this represents... And again, remember when I mentioned that this feels like a World War One army? Yeah. Well, this is the kind of stuff that most armies were doing by 1918, perfected by the Canadian Corps in 1917. I was going to say, there was a, I remember your description of the fluff. There was a Canadian reference in there somewhere. I couldn't remember where it yeah. was going to be. The Canadian Corps perfected this, uh, the technique of a rolling bombardment, which is essentially having a bombardment, which is actually firing about, I think, something like 100 yards in front of an infantry assault. Because the main problem is when you when in World War One. They would bombard a trench, you know, they'd bombard it for like a month, uh, and then they'd lift the bombardment, and then the whistles would go off, and, you know, the infantry would, would charge the enemy trench. You had plenty of time, the enemy had plenty of time to get out of their their um, their dugouts and set up their machine gun uh, nests and uh, s slaughter um, the, the, incoming the, the infantry. Yeah, the incoming troops. Um, and by 1917, all armies, again, I'm not... A Canadian nationalist in any way. All armies were, were experimenting with creeping bombardments, which would uh, be bombardments that would fire right in front of the infantry. And this this was something, it was like like a chess game. It needed to be so precise, you know, like just right in front of the infantry. So essentially, when the barrage lifted, your infantry was just behind and could jump in the trench before that the enemy could get out of their dugouts. 
that's the creeping bombardment. And the, the reason I mentioned the Canadian Corps, because uh, the, the first Canadian Army um, actually perfected it around 1917. They, they were actually considered like the best army at using this technique, but everybody did it. So, again, I'm not saying that uh, I'm not looking at this uh, as, a, as a Canadian nationalist or anything like that, but there, there is an interesting thing in there. But, yeah, that's the whole thing. That's what this is describing, right? It's, it's this like very specific, very targeted barrage um, right in front of the infantry, which doesn't give the enemy time to uh, regroup uh, between getting bombarded and getting assaulted. And the great thing about this rule is that one of the ways that um, you like a um, uh, um, sort of a counter strategy to the heavy artillery that iron warriors tend to bring is to keep your units close to them so that they always risk bombing their own men which is a big risk when you're when you do bombardments especially if you have militia allies <laughs> with their ballistic, with their ballistic skill, skill three two. yeah oh three isn't it three yeah three. um i've gotten to the point of giving them a master signal just to boost them a little bit i was um, gonna say yeah uh, so you always risk accidentally like landing a Medusa shell on your own men. Well, with Iron Fire, you don't risk that. Um, and so one of the tactics, uh, counter tactic to heavy um, Iron Warriors artillery is um, would be to keep your assault units close to them. Well, that doesn't work anymore because you, you, like if, if they're close enough to you, um, the the barrage isn't going to scatter and they can assault right after. This is amazing. I know this is like a complicated explanation for how this fucking works, but it's amazing. Love it. Um, and also, the other great thing is ride the Iron Fire. Iron Warriors units within six inches of an unfire counter are fearless. Don't forget that Iron Fire counters, if they're within six inches, those uh, barrages aren't um, scattering, which means that uh, you're not going to hit your own men if you're within six inches. Uh, you shouldn't, unless you're firing a... T no, Typhon wouldn't count. So yeah, this is an amazing uh, right of war if you like heavy artillery like yours truly. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen to that. Although I, I, I must, I will put my hand up now and say I apologize to all Iron Warriors players that I, I don't own any heavy artillery as such. I have a Typhon, but that doesn't kind of fall into how this is going to work. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be hitting up a couple of Medusas and uh, some Basilisks and stuff very, very soon. The only shitty but... thing about this and the, the limitation to it is that um, uh, a Legion artillery tank um, squadrons are zero to one. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah, well, but you can have militia for this one, can't you? Yeah. Absolutely. Because, uh, uh, yeah, and you yes, can't Freddy, take an allied space detachment. And yes, Freddy, I will probably be trying to get about half a dozen uh, Lehman Russes off you at some point. I've already got three. I'll probably try to find, find the money for another three off you as well. That's all right. As far as the Iron Fire is, you can't, uh, Lehman Russes aren't going to help you because they're not barrage weapons. But... Um, uh, militia artillery uh, squadrons are. So you can take... And by the way, um, a militia can take those amazing breaching shells, which are strength 10 AP1 uh, armor bane. And yeah, they're they're going to fuck some people up. Can't they take those... Uh, the militia... The artillery, isn't that... Uh, can't they have a right Lehman Rust base? Or is it all Chimera base? Uh, they're not Chimera based. Actually, they are straight-up batteries. Uh-huh, okay. Um, you, actually, that's an interesting thing with the militia, is they can't take, um, like, a, like actual, like, basilisk on Chimera chassis. Um, all they have is the actual, like, artillery. Ah, fair enough. You learn something new every day. But the good thing is, if you have uh, an Iron Warrior with a uh, Vok 
Vox then suddenly you have ballistic skill 4 when you do the scattering mm-hmm. isn't it from the the spotting model it's not the ballistic skill it's just line of sight that draws from there ah okay so you're still down to ballistic skill 2 or whatever mm-hmm. 3 Three, but yeah. again, you can, you, you can use, especially if you're running an Army of Dark Compliance, like I do, uh, you can take a Master Signal. The way Master Signal works is you can give plus one Bliss skill to any within six inches. Yep. And it doesn't specify that it's it has to be a Legion unit. So what I do is, and this is super fluffy too for an Army of Dark Compliance, I have the, Army, uh, sorry, the Master Signal in the back sort of directing artillery fire for the dumb humans. <laughs> We don't it's... want you. We don't want you wiping out our very expen- a very expensive, <laughs> high cost um, space marines. Post humans, so you pre humans or um, you know, you, you guys. I'm <laughs> going to stand here and show you where to point your weapons <laughs> and how to calculate. Yes, that little clicky thing you're playing with now. You set that to a five, not a six, because that will then drop it on their heads, and I will have to slap you upside your head. Uh, yeah, I can see how that would work. I must admit, with the Iron Fire, I've contemplated a Master of Signals sitting back with uh, rapier batteries and basically giving them plus one ballistic skill, and then maximum they're going to deviate is one inch. Oh, yeah, but you can also uh, give the uh, the rapier batteries uh, Phospex, which um, <laughs> uh, you might not need the extra ballistic skill to do some damage. No, no. And by the way, you know that zero to one for artillery tanks? Well, there's no zero to one for rapier batteries. So you can take nine Phospex rapier batteries, but you won't have any friends. I, 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 sorry, but I'm worse. Do we need them? <laughs> we are pretty embittered, but it'd be fun to have someone to play. No, you got, uh, okay, here's my thing with the, with the Iron Fire. Take the Iron Fire with, with moderation. <laughs> if you see yourself running um, nine uh, rapier quad launchers, the Phosphax, you probably took too much Iron Fire. Four's okay though, right? If Iron Fire lasts more than 12 hours, see a physician. <laughs> that sounds like that should be a tagline for our podcast. If it lasts more than 12, if it lasts more than 12 hours, please see a medic. <laughs> nah, but you, you can take four times three, so 12... Uh, oh, my God, three. yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, I know I know that's the case because somebody we, uh, we know is contemplating doing that for Scandus. Yeah. The Bloody of Scandus Prime event, there is somebody in our traitor group who is considering, has basically said, what do you think about this list, guys? <laughs> it's just all Phosphex, Rapier, Bat, Quad, uh, quad Guns, and he's Iron Warriors. I'm like, dude, <laughs> that's going to hurt somebody. And I'm glad oh, yeah. I'm on his side. <laughs> well, once again, this just underlines the fact that the Iron Warriors are, are, are really a top Legion. Hmm. And if I lose every game, it's not the Legion's fault. <laughs> No, it's not. It's it's not. It's the it's the luck of the dice. That's what that is. Yeah, I'm not gonna pretend it's that either. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, we have the uh, the Iron Fire, which is basically the right of war. I think now it's the go-to right of war for the Iron Warriors, in my in my opinion. Ah, uh, there's something to be said about having four heavy support choices. Yeah. I mean, especially when um when we move on to the next topic. Uh, It'll demonstrate how how amazing that is. True. So really, they have two good right of wars. Most legions do, but the Iron Warriors have uh, have an embarrassment of riches. And they're they're super fluffy as well. They're super absolutely. Fl- they're super fluffy for the legion, which I like. I really really like is they really really fit the legion in in such a good way that um, you know I, I don't what feel I really... bad about playing them if you know what I mean. 
Absolutely, and what I really like about uh, the, especially the Iron Fire, which is Book Six, Book Six Retribution. If you look at the other Rite of Wars that the other legions get, a lot of them seemed, um, and with all respect, Forge were a little bit phoned in. It's like you know the Empress Chosen one, uh, Third Legion Elite or something like that. Uh, it, it's a or Third Company Elite. It's like okay, you can use um, Cacophony as troops. Okay, um, that's great for people that wanted to do that, and it's fantastic and all that stuff, but. It didn't seem to require any more effort than, you know, what's a unit that's not troops and could be troops. You should really want to sell more of. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's, and for example, the Ultramarines one. The Ultramarines one. Uh, one of our listeners uh, really put um, uh, uh, put his finger on it. The Ultramarines one. It doesn't even seem like a a, a studies right of war at all. It's it's really a militia right of war. Um, it, it, for because uh, um, because the Ultramarines don't really get anything from it. The militia units do. I mean. I think that the Iron Fire is, is one of the better developed right of wars in all of Retribution. And I think we're lucky to have it. It's just amazing. Oh, I'm definitely not going to complain about it. <laughs> definitely <laughs> no, not going to complain we... about that. But, uh, yeah. So that's, that's just sort of touching on the rights of war there. Should we should we move on to the uh, the special units now? Start talking about some special units. If you'd like, sir. I think we shall. I think we shall. And let's... I, I really want to lead off with, with one of the units I, I quite like. And it's not the Iron Circle. We're going to come on to that a little bit later. Because that, that's that's a whole world of fun there. Um, I'm, I'm talking about the Tyrant Siege Terminators. Because, dear God almighty, these give people headaches. And, to be fair... The last, the latest update on them has actually given the Iron Warrior players a little more of a headache uh, than it probably should have, and it comes back then to where Hammer of Olympia really comes into play for an Iron Warrior player. Um, they were originally elite troops, and they got bumped all the way down to, or all the way over, whichever way you want to see it, to heavy support. And they, bear in mind, these are. Cataphracto Terminators with Cyclone Missile Launchers on the, to on the top of their armour and a minimum squad of five and they can be armed just like any other sort of Cataphracto Terminator so you can, well, apart from heavy, he extra heavy weapons, you know, they can be carrying chain fists and, you know all, all, the, all the good stuff that really they should be armed with and they just add another string to your long range firepower now when they were elites they were brilliant because you could put them, uh, you could technically put them in a Pride of the Legion list, uh, move them over into the into a Pride list, which opened up with things with uh, other special characters, which we'll talk about later, and it freed up that extra heavy support slot, so you could have a few more bits and pieces in there. You didn't have that headache, but since Forge World decided to change that on us, it, it's provided a bit of a head scratcher, um, <laughs> and you know I. I guess I get where they're going, but here's the thing. Here's my general thing about elite Terminator units. Why don't they all have two wounds? If they're elite, if they're that that hardcore, that they're they're considered the the best of the best of those those armies or the specialist units, why don't they all have two wounds? On a gaming on a tabletop kind of point of view, why not give them all two wounds? Uh, I have two answers for you. Okay. <laughs> The first is, they will be too expensive, point-wise. Second one is, oh my god, they're already so fucking amazing. You can't 
Just Aaron's. Is my argument counter to that? Is no, just no, no, not just Aaron's. Fire Drakes as well. Yeah, Fire Drakes uh, as well. But fucking Aaron's are better. And if you have those motherfuckers having two wounds, Jesus Christ. And being on the receiving end of Iron Warriors, before you all go nuts there and, and talk about, you know, lit spilling, is like back in the day, you did the whole Pride of the Legion. You fucking got them as troops. You got them as, and you can have the whole quad mortar extravaganza in your elites because there were no nothing stopping you from there. And then you have your iron habits for for heavy sport. And the amount, like anyone with their peanuts, will get their iron habits with missile launchers as well. Oh yes, because you get the frag frag. I mean the flak missiles for like. There's like five points more. It's ridiculous, and you eat, you eat, you eat like a night a turn with just your AI. It's ridiculous. They're so good. There is too much of it. <laughs> it's like nothing you can do with, <laughs> unless you had world eaters that got put next to their faces. But, but who would do a thing would, like that, Freddy? That would be me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would. So what, when. When I when I complain vociferously uh, and when I whine about how Tyrant Terminators aren't as good as they used to be, you're gonna cry any crocodile tears, if I understand correctly. No, no, I'm not crying any crocodile tears because they're still fucking amazingly good. It's just that now I don't have to face Tyrant Terminators and three squads of Iron Havocs and fucking Max Rapier yeah. batteries. Now it's kind of it's kind of. <laughs> controllable well i i would say that one of the top uh, quote-unquote top lists um uh, in the past was pride of the legion with tyrants and then you'd have a bunch of quad mortars and uh graviton guns which would provide you with a ton of uh anti-tank and maybe a squadron of medusas this was like one of the top lists that you could have yeah. um sprinkle in a siege breaker uh for some uh tank hunter on one of your squads of tyrant terminators and you're gonna have a good time <laughs> we'll i understand <laughs> i understand all that stuff um uh, but tyrant uh, the, the problem with tyrant terminators now because they used to be elite and you have a cavernous for uh, uh, uh elite choices uh, elite slots in your standard for um age of darkness four star because you should chart um, plus, you'd have the option of slipping them into Pride of the Legion. For those that don't know, Pride of the Legion, the way it functions is you can use uh, Terminators and Veterans as troops, as compulsory troops. And all the Terminators that are in Elite Choices can be used in a Pride of the Legion list. This is one of those. It was uh, it was specified in the um, uh, Crusade Army book, I believe. Uh, so uh, anything that's in Elites can be ported over to Pride of the Legion. Now, what happened was Tyrant Siege Terminators got slotted into heavy support in the latest update. So a lot of people's armies got invalidated, and people were angry. Not Age of Sigmar angry, but angry nonetheless. Because <laughs> yeah. you know a lot of their armies got a little bit invalidated uh, because of that. Honestly, Freddy, I think you're entirely right. Tyrants are still fucking amazing. I wish they had two uh, wounds. I wish all Terminators God. had two wounds. Uh, maybe one day in the future they'll understand... And now that everybody's going to start running just staring, they're going to maybe understand it's like, maybe it's because they have two wounds. Maybe if you want to sell more Terminators, we should give them all two wounds. But um, the fact of the matter is, now Terminators, uh, now Tyrants are competing with units that are better than they are. That's the problem. Uh, when know. they were elite... Two when fucking they were... crack, crack missiles. No, man, okay. Sport. Seriously, 
for one thing, Iron Havocs are better than there. And we'll get to Iron Havocs as to why, but the fact of the matter is Iron Havocs have Tank Hunt stock. Mm -hmm. uh, they have Blissful 5. They are better than Tyrant Siege Terminators, unfortunately. Um, uh, so they're competing with them. They're competing with, for example, a Medusa battery. They're competing with uh, Skirm Battle Tanks. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're competing with, um, I don't know, what's another great heavy support choice? Hobby Ogre. Uh, Jody, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find one. I'm trying to find one. You're listing all the good ones, the ones I've cut on the top of my head. <laughs> There's other good ones. Awesome. Fire Raptor, a Fire Raptor. It's competing with Fire Raptor. I mean, these are all the heavy support choice, the most competitive of all the slots. And the fact is, tyrants are still great and are still competitive in this spot, but they're no longer an auto include in the way that they were. And perhaps justifiably so. I hate having auto include units. I hate that every goddamn army. Uh, it has a, a Spartan. Another heavy support choice. Yes, definitely. You know? <laughs> um, so that's... They took a hit. But Freddy doesn't make them bad. You're totally right. I 100% uh, agree with yeah. that. But it's it's the thing compared to the Iron Havoc. Sakaran, sorry. Uh, i got to throw this in. Sakarans. Yeah, the Sakarans. Compared to the Iron Havocs, they have a dual purpose, though. Because they are fucking nasty in close combat as well. Yeah, but you gotta get them there. And that's the duality of the that's the duality of the fucking turn no, one deep strike. Well, if you, yes. Yeah, that's a specific list. That is a specific uh, Perturabo build list you're talking about. Yeah, there. and ninety percent of the time, if you want your tyrants, okay. Here's here's the thing. Uh, Terminators, uh, Cataphractic Terminators are painfully slow. They can't run. They just walk six inches. That's all they do. Walk six inches, six inches, six inches. They are so slow. Uh, Tartaros, at least they can run. They're not that bad, but like um, tyrants, essentially the main one of the. If you want them eventually to get in close combat and maybe chain fist something to death, you have to walk them across the board. Or put, or so put them in a Spartan. Yeah, or put them in a Spartan, but then they're not no, sure. No, 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 but exactly that's my point. That's if you want to get them across the field quickly, put them in a Spartan. Otherwise, yeah. you're just walking them six inches every turn. But but the thing with the tyrants is when they're walking slowly, it's not a detriment for them because they. Fucking unloading so much firepower, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but if they get out of the cover, they're exposing themselves to the myriad AP2. I guess it doesn't matter because they got a 4 plus and vulnerable exactly. anyway, but there's just so much AP2 flying around, um, especially at close ranges. Uh, if they get within plasma gun fire, they're dead. Uh, I, I mean, tyrants are great, I agree, and I still like them. It's just that. Um, Honestly, would you take them over over Skirn Battle Tank? Would you take them over Iron Havocs? Uh, no, I would take them with a combo with Iron Havocs because uh, they're walking forward. People are going to get fucking scared because they need to deal with them, and that means that they're not shooting at my Iron yep. Havocs. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, and not to, but here's the thing. Here's what I was talking about before, though. This is what makes Heimer Olympe so good because maybe they weren't your third choice. Maybe your third choice was uh, was Skirn Bender. Or a Spartan. Maybe that was your third heavy support, but you have a fourth one now. That could be Tyrant Terminators. Yeah. It, it's, but, um, Freddy, I don't, you're, you're, you're totally right. These things are amazing. It's just that there's better uh, heavy I'm, support. I'm just happy I don't have to phase six fucking units of five Tyrant Terminators. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what. I tell you what. Let's, because we know we can go with this all day. Let's use this as a segue to actually start talking about Iron Havocs. <laughs> You see, that's being that's being a good host. Well, that's, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta stop it. I want to talk about Iron Havocs now because we started talking. God, I hate them so much. <laughs> Iron Havocs. 
Iron Havocs, okay. Iron Havocs um, are fucking amazing now. I th- they might be the best unit in the entire heresy. I mean, this might... Okay, no, second best, second best, second best. Who wants to guess what the, what the best is? Oh, oh, yes, 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 Mr. Roboman. But still... Yeah, it's not even a question what the best unit in the heresy is. But Iron Havocs have a strong, um, a strong claim to be the second. They are absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I was going to be gregarious and actually say the Imperial Fist Terminators with Storm Shields, but um, no, 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 no you're right. It's fucking victory Cicerone yeah. yeah, bullshit crap. No, it is. It is. But, <laughs> but still, the fuck like. You give them a missile launcher, and they get the flak missiles for free, and they have mm-hmm. ballistic skill five, and it costs like what is it, ten points more than a normal? No, they're actually a lot. They're they're actually a fair bit more better, heavier than uh, more than a a stock heavy support unit. If that's what you're thinking of. Yeah. Um, how much is? Uh... I'm just having a look now. Let me have a look. Uh, let me get. They're they're twenty five points each. The, yeah. uh, the Iron Havoc squad is 185 points, and you can that for five Iron Havocs, and you add one for 25 points. And the heavy Here's support the squad is 135, so it's yeah. a 50 yeah. point difference. But so what's the difference? Individually, they're 15 give them, points. Yeah. So if they, you give them missile launches, if you give, uh, on, I'll get it now. You get five it, points each. Yeah, five points. That's right. Five points per uh, per dude, and you can you can multi equip the sergeant. You I mean you can multi equip them? That's the thing. As well, yep. you can actually pick. Uh, you can pick and choose. You're not locked into one choice, so you can All have. Right, but let, let's say you have five dudes of um, heavy support squad for a normal legion mm-hmm. with uh, missile launchers with flak, and then you have uh, five uh, iron havocs with missile launchers and flak. Okay. Iron havocs for that is two ten. And I'll just do the legion heavy support because I happen to have them by hand. And exchange that all over. So a sta- stock standard unit is actually now with flak missiles, and this is without the sergeant having had a change of weapon or anything, is actually 210. I know. <laughs> so there you <laughs> go. Have except Blitzkill 5 and Tank Hunter and Hard yeah. Armor. And, 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 and minus one with Deadly Aim. <laughs> Basically, they so, fucking yeah. rock. I rest my fucking case. I hate that. Oh, no, but I... I I'm not I, disagreeing with you, This wasn't a cross-examination. I agree with you 110%. And <laughs> this is about the Tyrant Siege Terminus. Okay, here's the thing. Tyrant Siege Terminus are 50 points. Um, uh, Iron Havoc is 25 points. So you can get two Iron Havocs for the price of one Siege Terminator. Siege Terminator has two crack shots. Iron Havoc has two crack shots. Plus... Hard armor. Pl- uh, sorry, plus uh, tank cutters, plus deadly aim. Uh, plus, that, there's your two-wound model right there. Yeah. And plus, he's got flak missiles. I mean, there's no... There's no competition between uh, Tyrants and Iron Havocs. Iron Havocs are better. This I mean, yeah, the 2 plus save is great. <laughs> but you want to have some more fun with Iron Havocs? Here's how I've been running them. I stick them behind a... Uh, I t- with my Army of Dark Compliance, I stick them behind a Militia Squad behind cover. So, um, Iron Havoc Squad, Aegis Defense Line... <laughs> a Blade and, of and Wounds. A, a squad of... Yeah, uh, a Blade of Wounds, because um, uh, the War Masters <laughs> do special rule means that you get a plus one to your cover save if it fires through a militia unit, and then you lose a couple of militia. Who cares? That's what they're for. So essentially, you get a three-plus invulnerable on your Iron Havocs. They're amazing. JP, that's rude, man. I love that. I'm going to have to steal that. I'm going to have to steal that idea, man. Uh, so dude, Army of, Army of Dark Compliance is just so much fun. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit that up so hard. I really am. <laughs> uh, Sorry, I can, I can hear your teeth grinding from here, Freddy. It's okay. Uh... <laughs> that's all right. 
And okay, I have a theory too why um, these two units changed, eh? like Tyrant Siege Terminators and Iron Havoc. After talking about with uh, um, uh, with our, 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 our friend Chopper Tom on the show, um, we discussed this a bit, and I have a theory about why these things were, were changed. Because Tyrant Terminators got slightly worse, and Iron Havocs got slightly better. I think that if they made Iron Havocs better the way they did by giving them plus one Blisk still, I think people would have really griped about how good the Iron Warriors got. So something needed to take a hit, and it was Tyrants. Yeah. That that annoyingly makes sense. But, but they're still uh, good, though. Yeah. No, but I, 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 I understand, like, Iron Havocs are just incredible. The only thing, the only problem with them is that they die like Marines. Yeah. That's the only negative thing. And, and honestly, they're worth throwing a Primus Medicaid. Now that you don't have to throw in a Master's Signal... Because already, uh, if you're looking at uh, a console buffs for an Iron Havoc squad, I mean, you have a couple of options. You don't have to give them a Siege Breaker. They already have Tank uh, tank Hunters. And yeah. you no longer have to give them a Master Signal because they already have Ballistical 5. You can give them Ballistical 6 if you want. You give a reroll on 6. It doesn't really matter. Um, but now the buff you want is maybe give them a Primus Medicaid. If you're running 10 Iron Havocs, invest on the Primus Medicaid. Yeah, or you can be a bit of a tool and i won't i won't do i won't say anything other than this you you can be a bit of a tool if you're running a, a character that can take it and you're playing relics you just put a voice shield generator on the on the character yeah. with them and just clump them around him and that'll annoy people for a while as well um it's yeah <laughs> there there oh, are so many dirty ways of doing things basically you can do that too yeah. Yeah, you can give them ammo, so they reroll ones, essentially give them preferred enemy. And also, if you want to be especially evil, you can throw Cure Valen in there to make that bunker uh, 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 AV-15. Yeah. Give, give it AV-15 and three void shields, um, and you can on hags with uh, last kins. And if you never want friends again, that's how you do it. Yeah, but if that thing goes down, you lost most of your army. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's game pretty much I've, there. I've, I've run something similar to that against... Um, and a knight army, um, which was just a bastion with like three void shields and like ten tyrant, uh, no, five terminators, siege breaker, um, and yeah, I was like taking, like stripping hollow points off knights, but eventually one of the knights got into close combat with it and just destroyed that entire squad in one fiery explosion. It's a good time though. That'll, that'll do it. That'll uh, definitely do it. <laughs> lucky <laughs> my world, world leaders won't care because they is gonna fucking drop the butchers next to them. Or the Leviathan. Yeah, that'll hurt. And also, one thing that... Oh, God, Leviathan. <laughs> oh, man, one fun thing about Iron, Iron Havoc, too, that people forget is they have hard armor, too, so they can reroll um, uh, saves against blast weapons and flamers and shit like that. That's another thing that people totally forget about. Yeah, I, I will lie. I've actually put some Mortalis in, uh, for that very rule, because I just think they'd be brute in so Mortalis with missile launchers because well, of they're, the, they're, the template weapons they're so good but the only thing that's going to really make me happy is that you'll never get any more <laughs> you've been listening to the show haven't you yeah. um, that's... fuck you man fuck oh, you man. Freddy seriously though what the hell's going on here the, uh, this book came out in like 2014 why haven't we seen any any even work in progress for either Time Terminators or Iron Havocs the rumor is that the Tyrants have been seen at least in CAD form but yeah. Iron Havocs I mean and the question is, how come we got Iron Circle before we got any of this stuff? Well, I think that the the, the general feeling is that the rule of cool seems to apply a lot in uh, the studio, and yep. people just came up. Somebody, the, the, it seems to be a lot of what the designers want to work on, 
which I totally respect and I love that. But please, one of the designers, please, can you suddenly find the desire to work on Iron Havocs and yeah, please. Terminators? Please, if, really, we, really if we like unite, that. if we cross the streams of our <laughs> podcast and, and like have one like mega blast uh, to try to just point it at them going, come on, do it. For the love of God, I want Iron Havocs, please. No, yeah, uh, just release Soul Tardis, please. That'd be great too. I wouldn't that complain would if that sweet. happened. That would be fun. To be the fair, problem with Saul Tarvitz, uh, actually, rumor has it, I don't want to bring you down, but rumor has it, Saul Tarvitz is not a model because he dies on his Devanbury. And uh, essentially, they gave Ferris Manus a, a, a model. They gave what? They gave Ferris a model. Yeah, but it'd be kind of shitty not. <laughs> yeah, but, but well, it's, it's, it's still like, an important Technically, they sell uh, Rylanor on the Fortwell homepage. Yeah, yeah, but, you know. He dies. It's not really, the Rylanor too. model. You can buy an Rylanor or buy him as an Emperor's Children uh, contemptor. I get what you're saying. I hope we get Saltarvis because it's Saltarvis. I mean, that would be freaking yeah. amazing. Um, but I, I would love to see uh, like some sort of like diorama someone makes of just where like Saltarvis watches the final bombardment. It's like you know, kind of one of those things like thank you for your service. Kind of like okay, we did all we can and it's over now. Yeah, it's that would be pretty cool. Uh, but oh, apparently, well, not, man. Well, what do you get back at it later on? It's bad. Oh, your guy came back. How 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 bad are you? Get spoiler. Did it spoil the I don't time? care. I, I mean, uh, to be fair, do we're we a new podcast. There are, we've spoiled shit before. I'm sure. Okay. We have. Um, just just right. Spoiler. Whatever JP's about to say is going to be a spoiler. Okay. Yeah. You've if, heard yeah, it. If you, you have time to process it. Get home. <laughs> if you haven't read it, don't understand. Yeah. If you it, haven't dudes, if you on. haven't read the Garrow stories or um. Uh, Angel, uh, sorry, uh, Ventral Spirit. It's a spoiler for one of those two things, but it's out there and shouldn't be a surprise. But Garo alive? Well, Garo's alive, but also, yeah, Loken. Loken didn't die. Loken's alive. Loken's alive? Sorry, no, I can't really rip off Brian Blessed. Don't get blown away. (laughs) He's a a Cerberus, or whatever he runs around. I I wish he had stayed dead, though. I mean, he had a a good death, and that's why I hope Salt Harvest stays dead, because it's it's like one of those comic book tropes that I, I hate. It's like, deaths don't mean anything. Um, and all that emotional weight of a character dying doesn't mean anything when they keep coming back. So I'm hoping at least Salt Harvest stays dead. Because he had a good death. I have to say one thing as well. Just just to mention that. the one, one uh, Going back to Unremembered Empire very quickly. The whole um, Thiel, uh, Aeon Thiel, whole infiltration, kill squad, you know, Got past, got to Gulliman because they stole his armor. Uh, I was actually when I heard that, I was like, "Oh, okay, he's dead. He didn't kind of get a send off, and and then he shows up again later. It's like, oh, okay, he's alive. I don't know why I'm so sad that he's actually alive. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the same sort of thing. <laughs> you, you get the emotional weight, and then suddenly, oh, he's alive again. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, no. So sometimes the 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 tragedy is good. I mean, yeah, it's sometimes a shame when things keep coming back. Uh, but again, Tarvit's still dead, and I hope he stays that way because it was it was cool. And uh, Rylanor too. Wait, Rylanor I think survived though, because Rylanor, according to Fulgrim, the last they heard of Rylanor is he was walking into one of the like the underground bunkers on Estevan Three. Could happen. I think that Could maybe Rylanor might not be dead. But anyways, anyway, <laughs> back to uh, where we were. Where were we? I think we were at the Iron Circle. If I'm, we were at, we were at the Iron Circle. According to your show notes, 
We're at the Iron Circle, and I, we have to get as much out of the Iron Circle as we can, because apparently I'm not allowed to talk about the Iron Circle anymore <laughs> after tonight. Well, you talked about it a lot in your last episode, and I think you crossed... Um, honestly, I don't have a lot to add. I just listened to episode four uh, of your show, and honestly, I don't have a lot to add to what you said. Um, you're entirely right. They are amazing, but your opportunities for deploying them are incredibly limited. I mean, they yeah. have to walk. Basically, yeah. Where, where's my, where's my fucking hero landing, man? Where is my hero landing? It's stupid that it can't fit into uh, like a, what is it, a storm? Not a storm eagle, the other one. Yeah, yeah. Storm, storm another one you want? Yeah. Actually, my my co-host told me straight up, if I buy a storm eagle, he'll let me put iron circle in, and it's like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day. Yeah, Soka pattern storm eagle, go for it. Because <laughs> like three in existence well, right you, now. You can put three fucking dreadnoughts why wouldn't you be able to put in well, at least exactly. three irons well the rule is monster you can't transport monster creatures that's just the rule that they have but again um, uh, at the end of the day 40k and 30k um, as, as a supplement to 40k has significant problems sort of navigating the, fr- uh, the sort of the border between a monster creature and a walker it, yeah. it's always kind of a problem it's like why are Castellax most creatures while dreadnoughts are walkers even though Castellax have zero organic components and um, dreadnoughts have organic components so actually dreadnoughts should be more monster creatures than Castellax you know it's that kind of stuff it's it's inconsistent the way that they choose what is what goes into each category and that's particularly yeah. problematic in a situation like this you can you can transport a leviathan dreadnought but you can't fucking transport um, a a a castle axe. It doesn't make any sense, and no. I think we will just go fucking crazy if we try and make sense <laughs> of it. Just... I think we'll just go nuts trying to work that one. Well, out. that that gets but... us back to the conspiracy theory that we all hope that there will be a 30k specific rulebook. Oh, you hit the reset button again, didn't you? <laughs> you had to do that. You just had to go there, Freddy. I know. But you've done it, so okay. But no, seriously, I think I, I absolutely, absolutely adore the models, and oh, I think they're, they're absolutely amazing. amazing. And I, I love, I really love their, love their rules. I love, love what they're, you know. I think it was, I think it was yourself, Shien, when you went through them, point out that if you run a full unit of six of these with the Olympia pattern bolt cannon, for example, you're rolling out uh, thirty strength five AP four. Pinning shots. <laughs> it's it's awesome. It's it's a hail of fire that's going to make everybody's day bad. That's, I've got no problem with this. That's a thousand points. It's madness. So it should be doing that sort of damage level. <laughs> well, I hope so. Here's a problem yeah. with with with, uh, with um, um, Iron Circle. I love Iron Circle. I love them. I love them. I haven't played them for one reason. <laughs> it's just that are they better than two Castellax? Some people will say yes. Oh. I. They're the, they cost oh. two Castellax. And... Yeah. With or they're without. so cool! I know, it's just that they're they're so cool, and I fucking love them so much. I, I just think that if you're running a bunch of Iron Circle, you are creating um, such a Death Star that mm. under 5,000 points, I don't know if I'd do it. Two uh, of them, is, maybe. Well, this has been. My th- this is why I like the fact that you can purchase them as a bodyguard yeah. for your predator. So you can. I think Forge World have seen this and gone. Well, we kind of want to run them this big, 
but people aren't going to... Well, we don't know how often people are going to run 5,000, 6,000 point games to uh, fit them in and justify that sort of point sink in one unit. So let's make them shiftable to Absolutely. other people. And I think that's a very cool idea. I, I for one, will... I mean, I've pretty much said on the last episode that I'm going to buy six of them when I can afford it. Uh, I am definitely going to buy at least one, if not two to rock along with my Praetor at some point and have them as a bodyguard and basically I intend to cause some very very bad times for people and roll on some hurt with them but um, I yeah, couldn't agree I, more I, I just I would love I would I want to run a 5,000 point game at some point with 5,000 6,000 point game with my Iron Warriors and just do that Perturabo Death Star I just want to do it. I just want to say I've done it at least once. But why yeah. can't they go into Tormentor? Why? Oh, if only they could, that would be so awesome. Why Why can't they simply do one monstrous creature is like ten dudes? Or five. Well, what's, uh, the, uh, what's a dread? Ten. Dread's ten. Dread's ten? Well, it should be ten then. Because they're about the same size as a dread. You could fit three of them in. Three of them plus... Uh, Three of them plus Perturabo in a uh, Mastodon. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. Like, I think that this is one of those situations where you have to, you have to talk to your friends, and and, and just like, say, okay, it makes no sense that I can't work these guys. Can I please stick these guys in a Mastodon? And basically, not not whine at your friends. No, it's just like, <laughs> like it, it, it doesn't seem to make much sense if they can do. Do you mind? Um, and, and honestly, I think that if if you're not playing setting, I don't see why he would mind that much. Especially considering, I don't well, think they're game breaking. I mean, they're great, but they're they're not game breaking. The, the one thing they can do, like to fix the whole problem, if they want to sh- fuck around with the monstrous creature, just make them able to deep strike if they're with Perturabo or some shit. Yeah. And plus, he totally does that in Angel Extreme Honest. Because yeah. I don't think I don't think he he fell from the skies. I don't remember exactly what happened in Angel Extreme Honest, but that was inside the fortress. So I'm assuming it was a teleport. Yeah, it's, um, but again, it's it's the ability to do that um, and make well, sure you have that ability. Either if he fell from the sky or if he teleported, he fucking deep struck. So yeah, you know, uh, yeah. I totally agree. The, he, no, they should be able to deep strike with Perdomo. For some reason, I thought that they could until recently, and I just realized like, oh shit, they can't. They're they're just no. not they're not very mobile. You have to walk aboard with this at the same time. I mean, that's, they're so that's... resilient, and they're going to be such a fire magnet. If you if you uh, sort of plan your 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 game around them and around the fact that like your opponent is very likely to get tunnel vision trying to take them down and probably won't be able to, um, you can run a whole game around that. Like, yeah, that's a thousand point Death Star. But that thousand point Death Star that's re- resilient as fuck, and the rest of your army is going to be unmolested. Yeah, that that's going to be that that's going to be something that a Primarch's going to have to go and take on with a full support unit so that's going to take out one major headache to start off with um if you don't if you don't want to run perturabo as well for example have something that can go and soak up a primark pretty well um yeah and I, I think it's uh I, like i said i just want a deployment option for them and you know I, I even even if they don't sort of jump in or anything like that as part of the the sort of the fluff giving them Jetpacks or jump packs would make them so much more maneuverable. Yeah, I don't agree with giving them jump packs because they're a bodyguard for uh, units that can't take them. You, uh, yeah, well, you could argue that the low, Logos, you could get, well, yes, I, I guess so, with the, with the with that, but maybe if you did it as an upgrade with Perturabo. 
Yeah, maybe, but it's because, okay, Warsmiths can't take jump packs. Perturabo doesn't have a jump pack. Uh, none of the Iron Warriors characters have jump packs. Um, the jump packs aren't very Iron warriors E. Even though I don't see why. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I, I acknowledge that. I, I think Deep Strike, just give them the ability to Deep Strike if they're with Perturabo. Fix yeah. every problem that I could possibly complain about. Yeah, fair so, point. Uh, it, I will concede you know, on that the, one. The upgrade list, if you're with Perturabo, you can pick whatever upgrade you you want. Just yeah. make one of those upgrades Deep Strike. The ability to Deep Strike. Okay. Yeah, and I think that, that would just that would, that would would solve it 100%. I think you're right. Uh, so let, let's, let's roll on from the Iron Circle as much as I want to keep talking about them. I'm not going to, because, you know, I, I don't want to burn up my time. I want to spread this across the episode. Um, <laughs> let's have a look at some of the other special characters. So let, let's talk about the uh, the non-Primark traitor character for the uh, for the Iron Warriors. Mr. Gull himself. <laughs> you remember the... Mr. Vinnie Jones. Remember this guy? You remember this guy from uh, Crimson Fist? Yeah. Uh, he's yeah yeah it's um honestly if all i knew about the iron wars was what i read in crimson fist i would wouldn't be playing them because <laughs> no, they cause... seem like giant douchebags that yeah. and that other story um which we call it um the the iron within remember the story with that that fortress yeah, the oh god, I can't remember the details. It's Dantioch. So it's okay. Dantioch yeah. is um, part of one of those grand battalions, sort of forgotten about. He controls yeah, this I fortress. Remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's the um, the tooth style one where she spoiler alert um, basically detonates and drops yep. as an escape plan. Yeah, Vinny. which I quite I, I quite like the story so far, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Dan- something about it as Dantioch's well. Dantioch's cool character. I can't wait to have yeah. Dantioch's rules, but. There just seems to be so them. many loyalist Iron Warriors characters running around. Yeah, which is a bit of a thing, bit of a shame, really, for me. But um, I guess I guess it's the same thing. They 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 again. We go back to that whole Legion split. They they were split so much. You can see why they have more more diversion through their characters. I guess. Well, what winds up happening, I think, with the Iron Warriors, they get decentralized. They're not purposefully decentralized in a way that the Night Lords will eventually become. Uh, even after yeah. Thramas, the, uh, the Night Lords become completely decentralized. The Iron Warriors are decentralized just because of faraway deployments and the size of their legion. I mean, there's 180,000 Iron Warriors, uh, approximately, at the start of the, uh, the Heresy, which is huge. Uh, it's one of the larger legions. Um, and so. 50, 160,000, if I remember rightly. Uh, pardon? Was it about uh, the Iron Warriors? Are like in the 150, 150, 180. 180. Uh, they, they 180. About oh, yeah. according to uh, Book Three, at the on, uh, outset of of the Heresy. And remember, this is after all the casualties that they take, so they have a very stable gene seed, and they can they're very good at replacing battlefield casualties. But there's such a huge, um, a huge legion that they lose <laughs> detachments all over the place. That it's just that they, no one knows where they are, um, it, which is very interesting. And and this is why a lot of of these grand battalions wind up doing their own thing because they, they, their legion didn't inform them that they were turning traitor. It's like, wait, we're doing what now? Yeah. It's, it's kind of like um, Betrayer when they wake up the uh, the Dreadnoughts oh, yeah. and they're like, we're doing what to who now? We're fighting Astartes? <laughs> yeah. You must defend my ship. It's like, wait, we're fighting Astartes now? <laughs> what the fuck happened? Like, 
Guys, is there a memo? We're, we're still. Is the connection? <laughs> did you, did you has the wife has the shipboard Wi-Fi dropped? Are we waiting to download an email or something? Oh yeah, but how, <laughs> how cool was that? Though? Well, they're still using dial-up. That's the problem. Yeah, so they got it. They got it pretty late there. It took forever to download the fucking message. But oh, that was so great though. <laughs> when you have like a hundred contemptors fighting off and Rotary's boarding assault. Oh, how good uh, is betrayer. Yeah, uh, like I said in my post a while back, it's just <laughs> I, 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 so much. Thank you for pushing me towards that book. It's awesome. Oh. But okay, anyway, speaking of boarding attacks, boarding assaults. Yeah. Sorry, Erasmus, I, go. I go on, you... I'm not the host of this show, please. No, go for it, man. Seriously, go for it. You, you lead the way. You, uh, you are gonna most definitely have the edge on fluff on me on this on this stuff. Go for it, buddy. You, you rock uh, on with that one. Erasmus Gall is an interesting character. He was the master of the Conchador. Conchador was the ship that the Iron, um, sorry, that the Imperial Fists uh, under Pollux captured to get the hell out of the Battle of of of, of, of Fowl. And uh, he's a giant douchebag, and uh, he's overconfident, and that's what leads to his downfall. And if I remember correctly, I really reread this little section, but if I remember correctly from Crimson Fist, doesn't he teleport onto the Imperial Fist ship while they assault his ship? Yeah, it's either teleport or he's he's doing a boarding action onto their ship. Yeah. And they do a boarding action. They basically go out of their ship and do a reverse boarding action onto his ship and capture it. Yeah. And then he tries to come back and tries to take his ship back. Yeah, he's not... He's not... And then gets gets Pollocked. Not the brightest crayon in the box, this guy. It's like a whole Monty Python scene. (laughs) It really is. It really is funny. To be fair, it's very much that. Uh, it is just a bit. What the? What the fuck? Oh shit! Okay, now we got to run back, boys. Run, 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 run. Yeah. Or Benny Hill. Yeah, Benny Hill music playing in the background. Oh, Erasmus Gold's you know montage music is Benny Hill. But um, Golg is a great character. Um, uh, do you want to run through his uh, his statistics? I'm just looking at him now. He's um, on, on the actual stat line. He's he's not a bad stat line. I mean, he's leadership nine, uh, which when he has um, uh, let me see, it's uh, is it brutal command? Yeah, brutal command. Uh, basically, is um, he has? It's basically he has to be the army's commander, uh, um, if I remember rightly. And uh, while he's on the table, all units within the Iron Warriors special uh, with the Iron, Iron Warriors. Legion Astarte's special rule uh, may use his leadership value rather than their own when making morale checks. Leadership 9, yeah, it's okay, I guess. Um, 10 would make that better, but, you know, he's not really that sort of a guy. He, Like I said, he's the bark and shout kind of guy, so you don't really have that that love for him to give it that high. His biggest, biggest benefit is the fact that he, he makes Legion Terminator squads troop choices with him as the warlord and any unit equi- uh, he joins equipped uh, with terminator armor gain hammer of wrath yeah hammer of wrath not so great i mean it, it's useful i mean they're coming in at base base strength so strength four hits can be useful against you know non-post humans but um uh, it's the whole taking terminate legion terminators as troops James jp i have some wood for your fire here I reckon he he here is where you should be able to get tyrant terminators as troops. Absolutely, by yeah, I'm just going to say agree. that because that would I'm make that would make that sense. The, the, yeah, the totally. problem with Golg is he's supposed to be the equivalent of Warsmith, even though he doesn't have the Warsmith special rule. Um, but the problem with him is he's not as good as one. 
um, Praetors have and, and Warsmiths have leadership 10. He has leadership 9. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know why they gave him the Harsh Taskmaster, a special rule, considering his his leadership is lower than mo- than, than a Praetor would be. And honestly, most Sergeants have leadership 9. So, I mean, I'm not blown away by that. Um, German Attack is great. It, it, it saves you from having to take... For example, uh, Pride of the Legion. So you could take Erasmus Gaul and run, for uh, for example, um, Hammer of Olympia, and you could take Terminator units. But yeah, Freddy, you're entirely right. This is the guy that should have allowed you to take um, uh, tyrants as troops, and he would be really good for that. Outside of that, he's just he he, he really is just Terminator Praetor. Well, I mean, and not a it, not a really good one at that. He's worse than a Terminator Praetor. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I would agree. What is the yeah. bloody uh, bloody head? Oh yeah, he has. He calls he's a spear. Fear. Yay! Yippee! That's that's even worse than 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 Shattered. That's the booby prize of that role. Yeah, that is. Well, that is the problem with that that table. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would take Shattered Defense over that. Honestly, he's not bad at all, and he's only 175 points. That's the other thing you have to remember for his equipment. I mean, it's pretty good for 175 points. But hang on, for his for his equipment, Califractor Terminator, Tater Armor, Chain Fist, Combi Melter, Nuncio Vox. I think you could equip a prayer to cheaper. Let's yeah, let's do that. Hang on, let me get my. I'm gonna pop up Battle Scribe right now because I want to check this out. Let's have a look. Get out of there. Great radio, great radio, great radio. Uh, Legion prayer. To That's why they in. invented audacity. Yeah, this is true, but I still like this sort of stuff. Uh, Legion Praetor with. Let's have a look. Uh, take the Iron Halo away because he's not equipped with one. Take away digital lasers, mastercrafted weapon, take away the paragon blade, and where is it? Does he he comes to 150, because he can't take an Uncial Vox normally. Okay, so basically what you say is for the extra 25 points, you get a Nuncio Vox. And, yeah, and you get, you, 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 well, you have the ability to take, uh, take Terminators as troops. That's, that's the big boat, that's the big kicker. That is, I mean, that is, lo- that is why you take him. He loses the leadership. He loses the leadership and he loses an initiative. And technically, no, you could run it. you could run a Praetor and do well, Pride of the, the Legion. He loses an attack and a leadership. He loses an attack and a leadership and he gains Terminator attack, which I guess is all right, but he's really not good. But you could run Pride of the Legion and still take Terminators as troops. Yeah. Sorry, Freddy, I, I, I interrupted you. Oh, uh, no, I'm saying, but that's... You know, he has the shame fit, so the initiative doesn't really matter. But the one attack is fucking... That's the killer. Yeah. Because yeah. then you really need the one attack extra. Yeah, and you can't you can't gain a... You can't put a... It's like a pair weird... Of specialized weapons on him. A console and a fucking Praetor. I think he's a, he's an early creation special character. And I think he's, um, he's somebody who's kind of standing out a bit because he's got these special rules, but... When that's when when things when you couple it against Pride of the Legion and stuff like that, his special rules don't look all that special. Yeah, but hold on. Um, one thing though is that I don't think he could be really compared as a Praetor. He doesn't have jealous command, so you can take a, a Warsmith and Golg. The problem is you lose Traitor Attack, which is a big reason that you would take him. But he doesn't have yeah. to be your Warlord, which is interesting. He's he's cool. I have nothing against him, and I like that whole Terminator Attack thing. But it was better. It was better before. Oh, not yeah. even. He, he he couldn't have taken Tyrants in the first place as Legion Terminator squads. No. Yeah, but I think, Freddie, what you're saying for that is that this would be where you would actually change the rule and make yep. it so he could take them. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think people would love this guy. 
But right now, yeah. he just, he's just nothing special. Right now, he's a slot that you can equip another character with, and you can still take the Legion Terminator squads. Uh, you can still get that through Pride of the Legion. So he's he's kind of... A, I guess he's going to be a fluffy uh, choice. I, I guess in a with... thousand points on Mortalis, he has a place. But... Yeah. Uh, Besides that. Maybe. Besides that. You know, because he's kind of like... Uh, he's kind of like one of those... Uh, what's it? Delegatus. Yeah. He, he, he is like an early version of the Delegatus. Actually, you know what? Uh, I, I think you're right. but Because an interesting combination you can make with him is you can take him... Um, he has Master Legion, so he could take a Rite of War. You could take the Rite of War Zone Mortalis um, Assault, or whatever it's called, in Retribution, which allows your Terminators to Deep Strike. And you could take now, that, that could at any time. Good, that's a good combination. Yeah, so you can give all... You can take a, um, a, a Legion Terminator Force, but all your troops are Terminators. And, um, yeah, and you, you can Deep Strike get the, uh, And the good thing is you don't lose the extra victory points if you... No, because he's not a warsmith. You know what? That be no, I, mean, I think that would be the best combination. Get, no, I'm talking about you don't get the extra victory point lost either if you lose all the terminators, as you do in the Pride of the Legion. Ah, you're right. Fair point. So he has actually got a pretty useful point. We just as a yep. It's a it's a low point. It's a zone mortalis list. And actually, just as a reminder, that zone mortalis right of war in retribution, you can take it. Um, in a regular game, but that breacher special rule, which is gives breachers plus one to their initiative uh, and their vulnerable save when they are in face-to-face contact, that's not in effect. But the Terminator deep striking rule is in effect. So you could actually run a regular game with Erasmus Skull with Terminators as your troops, and you could deep strike them in a regular game, and that would be fair. And that's actually kind of cool. Now that I look at it. Yeah, okay. I, I, I'm not saying I'm converted to him. I'm not. I, 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 I still wouldn't run him. As as a go, he's not so much of a go-to, but he's. I, I would take a few other things above him unless it was a specific reason, a specific situation, like yeah. we kind of hinted well, on. If, here. You, if you want to go special characters for the Iron Warriors, he's not really the best one. <laughs> well, that's no. that's the big thing, because no. when you're looking at this two-page spread, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of the next guy that you kind of go. The, the you kind of look at the gold and go, "You're pretty." The one with the but, hot face. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty, but the the, the yeah this one, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do 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 you want to take this one, uh, JP? Um, sure. The next one is uh, the legendary Kiravalen, where if you have two friends that play Iron Warriors, chances are one of them is playing Kiravalen. Um, minimum. So sometimes um, even two. Yeah, even both. Yeah. Uh, or sometimes he rocks up as an allied guy. <laughs> he is might be one of the most popular characters in the game. Everybody and their goddamn uncle seems to play Kirvalen, as far as Iron Warriors is concerned. And I think he's one of the reasons for the proliferation of loyalist Iron Warriors. He, he's yeah. he's just one of the better characters. And as we mentioned at the beginning of this segment, uh, when we were talking about things that I like about the Iron Warriors. Even though I think he's a traitor and I play, I play, you know, pro Warmaster uh, Iron Warriors, ah, uh, this guy's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I- I'm with you on that one. I mean, I, I, again, I'm, I'm all about the Liberators, not, not the Loyalist Lapdogs, but uh, God damn, this is a fun character. Absolutely. Now, this guy's got a Praetor's uh, stat line, which means unlike Golg, he has his four attacks and leadership 10. Which again, I don't understand why Golg has leadership 9. Um, 
he is stacked with war gear. He's got his artificer armor. He's got a relic blade. Now, if you have book three, it says relic blade, but it's actually a paragon blade. This is a mistake. Um, it was rectified in the latest book, but we've known for a while this was just a typo. It's actually a paragon blade. He's got a Volkite yep. charger, frag crack grenades, melt bombs, a servo arm, an iron halo, and a cortex control. Now, to give you an idea of how cool this equipment is, I run my iron, my warsmith pretty much with very similar equipment, with the exception that um, my Paragon Blade is mass-crafted, and instead of a Volkite charger, I use an Archaeotech pistol, and my warsmith runs at, like, 235 points. Yeah, that's a bit. That's a decent saving. So yeah, that's like forty with, uh, points with... cheaper. Yeah. And plus, loyalist lap dogs. You get the following special rules: you get field of pain six plus, you get um, warsmith master of legion, just like you would if you were running warsmith. He's got shatter assault, which I'll explain in a second. Master fortifications, explain in a second. Jealous command and warlord. Um, he has the battle logist uh, logistician trait in, uh, instead of rolling randomly. Um. Which is better than Shattered Defenses. Battle Logistician. Um, uh, doo -doo -doo. Thanks to a mastery, masterful control over munitions and forward planning, the Warlord may declare a single unit of any type that begins the game deployed on the table. While it remains in their own deployment zone, this unit may reroll all hit rolls to one with shooting attacks. This ability cannot be used, however, for weapons with get hot, gets hot rule. So perhaps your Iron Havocs now reroll ones. Better than Shattered mm -hmm. Defenses. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Uh, you want to uh, you want to do the rest of the uh, uh, special rules? No, you crack on, man. You go all for right, it. All right, all right. You enjoy it. He's all got right. Shatter Assault, which means that once per game, the Valian may declare the use of this ability when he or a unit he has joined is first assaulted in that turn. For the duration of this assault phase, all units which charge him uh, make disordered charges and cannot benefit from a Hammer of Wrath, which That's is brutal. awesome. That essentially he uh, it's the equivalent of having a breacher shields, so you don't get the uh, plus one um, to your um, to 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 your assault. You don't get the uh, charge bonus. Yeah. Sorry. Here is yeah. and the disordered charge as well. Yeah, which is it's just really really it's a it's a great um, uh, it's a great ability. But one of the things that makes people like him so much is matter master fortifications, um, which is the opposite of shadow defense. I figure he's better at defending. But uh, he, you get to choose a fortification in your army, and you get to either um, increase... Sorry. Uh, you get to either... Um, when rolling for cover saves, rolls provided by this fortification, results of one may be re-rolled, or its armor value can be increased to by plus one to a maximum of 15. So you can have, for example, your Bastion with AV15, if you choose... Or you can reroll ones on cover saves while you're in that bastion. This is fucking awesome. Now, once again, he comes at cheaper than a similarly equipped uh, warsmith. Which is just, yeah. Which, when it comes to the, why wouldn't you take him? Absolutely. Question. Oh yeah, absolutely. Not, not, not only that, but he doesn't have to take shadow defenses. We already said shadow defenses with kind of meh. But... Yeah. I mean, this guy is incredible. And once again, uh, just to reiterate, everybody and their fucking uncle loves Kirvalen. I mean, so the, yeah, it is a case of what's not to love, apart from the fact he's obviously not a not a warmaster war friendly character. That's uh, he's just awesome. That's the only thing. And if you play in pre heresy, 
yeah. and, you, know, you got no there. problem. You can even play with Perturabo. Because he's got Jealous yeah. Command, which means he can't. He, can, he has to be the Warlord unless Perturabo's there. Which implies that if you're playing like in a tournament setting, um, where the narrative is less important, even though it should always be important, but you understand what I mean, yeah. there's no reason that you couldn't run Kiravale in Perturabo. I mean, he's just a really, really good character. Uh, his fluff is amazing. Um, he comes way cheaper than he should be. He's really, really effective. He's got some cool abilities that no one else has, like the ability to increase the armor value of a uh, of a fortification. That's exceedingly rare to find characters with that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, is there? Can you think off the top of your head, JP, and and you too, Freddie? Can you think of anybody who in any other legion would sort of fall in the any other legion character outside of a Primarch that would fall in this sort of unique way? Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is he, he is exceedingly unique with what he can do. Are there any other characters that you would say would maybe match him or would be an equivalent fun character or something along those lines? I think his only equivalent as far as his uniqueness, like doing something really different than anybody else, is Cast from the North um, in the Iron Hands Legion, which is a tank commander. And uh, he's like an upgrade to, uh, like, you, you essentially put him in a security or whatever and he does, he gives an outflank or some shit. I don't remember exactly what Cast from the North does, but it's he, he's equivalent in that he does something different. And Kiravalen does something different. Rasmus Golg is just a cool character that you can throw in there. But Kiravalen really changes the way that you make your army in the same way that I think Castro Minarth does. Uh, Golg's pretty much a special rules delivery machine. Yeah. But he's just there to deliver the, uh, the Terminators as troops to me. Um, Unless... Even though we've, we've actually... Even though we've... I mean, let's be fair. We have had a look at him on the... Um, sort of like his own Metallus level, very, very good. But he really feels like that, that sort of special rules delivery system for me. But unless unless you're playing the game properly and it, it's complete narrative and you're playing a foul game, right? You're playing... Oh, well, yeah. uh, you're uh, playing foul, you go with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, unless you're playing one of those uh, one of those things, I say properly, you know what I mean? Like you're playing like really narrative and you want to play the battle of foul. Yeah, you take Gog and he's not bad. But if if you're just looking at things like soberly and objectively, like Kirvalen is 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 really one of the special characters like one of the special special characters that was done is really really cool yeah well i think then i uh, i'm pretty feeling pretty pretty confident what we've, we've gone over with him uh i think we have to step on to the big man himself i think we need to talk about uh, uncle perry uh Pederaro, primarch of the fourth legion who is uh, misunderstood. i love him Bitter. yeah he's misunderstood you know he's got his issues um I think, I, I, again, I love his background. I love his story. I just have, um, have one question. Okay. Which one of all Primarchs don't have dad here? Golden. Goleman. Because he had a dad. Okay, so he Yeah, that's true. He had a real dad. That's true. <laughs> yeah, he actually had a real dad. He has an yeah. auntie, too. Well, actually, um, I, don't know, I was going to say Sanguinius, but he does, doesn't he? Because he's got the whole hidden black rage thing. Um... But he has yeah, no, I, th I think it has. Yeah, I think it has to. Be, I think it has to be. Um, I have. I would have to say Gulliman. I really would. At the end of the day, the Emperor just doesn't understand. It's because the Emperor is a being of, and it's been described. He's been described as emotionless in humanity, in that mm. he is like pure order. He's the opposite of the Chaos Gods. He's a being of absolute order. Uh, he's like the god of order. If, mm. if if I can put it that way, and emotions are chaotic, 
And since the Primarchs are created using Chaos energies and everything like that, it's created with a pact with the Chaos Gods. I'm so glad Mark's not here to contradict me. Because <laughs> I'm right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Since, since the, the, the Primarchs are created uh, from a pact with the Chaos Gods, like he traded something, not sure what, but he got the energy to create, the, or the technology, or the knowledge to create the Primarchs from the Chaos Gods. Well, the Primarchs are beings of of chaos to a certain degree. They're very emotional beings. And if you look at some of their rages, like fucking um, Adorn, like practically killing Garrow, and Garrow has the gall to tell him that the War Master has has uh, has betrayed the Emperor. You know the white rages you see them going on. These petulant, petulant, like childish shit that like get, uh, beings like Fulgrim do. These are incredibly emotional beings. Where the Emperor is the opposite. And that's the problem. The Emperor thinks that, that the Primarchs can be like perfect tools that'll do exactly what they're told to do. But that's not. Yeah. Well, you the know, in, case. In, in Fulgrim's defense, he, he, gets a, <laughs> he, he gets a sword that, you know, he kind of thinks that he's yeah. to himself. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I've got another. I've got two, two things I want to say, actually, what just come off that. One. Another Primarch I, I would make a case for is quite possibly Alpharius. Um, not so much having daddy issues in the respect that he, he very he has, didn't have much time to get he has, ingrained he, he daddy has issues. So many other issues. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. Um, but he, I think daddy issues is the least of his problems. And the other thing was just something just occurred to me. And JP, you may want to take this away and talk about it more on your on your on your show. But when it comes down to the um, the chaos, the pact with the chaos gods, what if the pact was the war itself? The actual war itself. That's why the chaos gods went and scattered it because they scattered the primarchs because they wanted to have uh, some more randomness, randomness in it, and give themselves more of a chance. Whereas the emperor wanted the straight order of his perfect sons. What if the what if the promise was the battle? Was the actual fight? The actual fight for humanity? Kind of a, you know, a Spanish train kind of thing. Playing cards for the souls of a train. What if that was the uh, the deal? Maybe. I don't know what the game is. It's interesting because... It's a left field thought, that's all. It, the whole thing with order and chaos, I mean, the Emperor's order, the chaos gods are chaos, we know that. Um, it's just, what is the game? What are the stakes? I think you might be right, the stakes may be the soul of, of ascension beings in the galaxy now that the Elder are out, that means humanity. Um... It's just there's so much we don't know about this particular storyline. Hmm. Uh, no, it just it just yeah. literally it just came to me as I was as I was listening to what you're saying and just it just seems like the biggest game of poker ever is it's playing poker and yep. it's like you know one side trying to stack the deck in their favor the other side saying right I'm reshuffling. I almost feel like the and uh, really nice. the whole thing with the Emperor on Terra trying to break into the Webway to like sort of remove um, uh, humanity from. Uh, the the from needing uh, to use the Imperium and all that stuff, it it just feels like the Emperor going. I feel like he, he he's trying to remove himself from the game. It's that the yeah. Chaos Gods understand that this is just going to be a fun game that goes on forever, and that's sort of the way they look at it. It's like this is great, you know. This is this will provide us with endless sustenance when it comes to emotion of humanity, uh, the emotions of humanity. Um, and I feel like maybe the Emperor one one of the big things that causes the problem is that he's trying to not play the game. He's trying to get beyond the game by sort of like removing humanity from the grand game of order versus chaos and moving into like another realm where there is no chaos. Yeah, and maybe that pisses them off. But then on the other side, Malkador is trying to make 
the emperor into one of the head players in the game. So it's all fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I just, like I said, it was just a random thought that came to me while we were, while we, while that was being discussed. Because it, but maybe you want to take it, that further it, another time. He's setting up the whole fucking getting worshipped and shit. But don't don't no. piss on the emperor. It's he's like my dad model. That's just how I'm raising <laughs> my kids. <laughs> well, I tell you what, though, let's not piss on this. Let's not piss on the emperor too much. Let's let's go and talk about Perdurabo himself. Absolutely. Um. So. Let's. Uh, I tell you what. If I, I, I wouldn't mind going sort of through a little bit of the stats and everything and sort of his rules. Do you want to quickly hit us up with his fluff, JP, and give us a bit of bit more about him that we've sort of talked about already? Well, I think we did talk so a little bit exp- about Perdurabo. Uh, Perdurabo's anything character. He was probably one of the only, maybe the only Primarch or one of the few Primarchs that didn't conquer his own world. I mean, he he grew up on Olympia. Olympia is this uh, sort of the, this Greek city-state kind of um, motif. I mean, you have a bunch of um, um, you know city states, you know, fighting each other. His city state was. Help me out here. Uh, I'm looking for it. Does it say here? Because uh, his father was Demacos. No, anyways, uh, I, I don't remember yeah. the name of his city state, but essentially, he was brought up by one of the tyrants. Again, you have this Greek mm-hmm. motif, right? The tyrant, and they live on mountains too. It's like you had. Wasn't it Lycos? No, it wasn't Lycos, was it? Um, I think it was Lycos. Yeah. I think you're right, yeah. Um, and essentially, he was found, he just wakes up and he's climbing this mountain. Eventually, um, uh, he becomes a, sort of the son of the tyrants of, of, of old Olympia. And he's interesting because he never, he gives his word to support his father, his adoptive father, Demacos, and he doesn't break his word. Um, all, mm-hmm. Most of the other Primarchs, with po- the possible exception of Angron and Mortarion, uh, both take control of their worlds. And Mortarion comes close. He just he never kill his father because uh, his father is like um, is, is like an alien that lives on like the tallest and foggiest like with the most poison fog and everything. He can't get up there, and the emperor has to deal with him, which is the worst thing that the emperor one of the worst things that the emperor ever does to anybody is to not let Mortarion uh, finish his campaign against his, his adoptive father. So makes him wants to kill his other father. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. And then there's Angron, who who was just a rebel slave, and he doesn't control his world other. But other than that, I think all the Primarchs wind up gaining control of their adoptive homeworlds, with the exception of Perturabo. And it's not because Perturabo couldn't. It's just he gave his word to this, uh, this old man, and his word is iron. So he just he's just waiting for the old man to die and eventually take take over. That doesn't happen. And he was pretty content with that as well. Yeah. Oh no, it's because he, he could he could deal with other pursuits. Uh, Locos became the most powerful of the city states on on old Olympia, um, and he could take his time and and learn, um, yeah, you know, like work on architecture and stuff like that. Oh, Pretty uh, he feels to be one of the few Primarchs that, as much as he is above anything a soldier, he seems to be one of the few Primarchs that wants to be something more. An architect. He's the Graf Spear of uh, the Horus Heresy. But also, you know, he's, he's one of those hobby dudes. So instead of fighting wars and stuff, he plays around with his toy soldiers and Yeah, he models. tries to learn from the old Frenzy Master. You know who the old Frenzy Master is, eh? Because yeah. it's one of those things that you keep uh, you keep hearing. He learns from the Frenzy Master. He's obsessed with the Frenzy Master. Uh, Ferenz, uh, Ferenz is another word for Florence. He's talking about Leonardo yeah, da Vinci. Da Vinci. Yep. I was about to say Leonardo DiCaprio, but that's because I'm looking at a picture <laughs> of the Revenant on my my uh, iPhone feed at the moment. So ignore that. That's that's definitely not what we're talking is, about. Is he dressed in the My Little Pony suit? 
No, thankfully. Um, sh- shut up, Freddy. <laughs> we don't want to go into that again. Let's not start that one. <laughs> we don't need motivation right now, okay? <laughs> well, poor Robbo is we just, need... he's an embittered, um, it, it, it's just that I don't, he didn't want to be the battering ram with a great crusade, but that's sort of the role that was given to him, and he did it. Because when people ask something, uh, again, the main theme of Perrabo is that his word is iron. If you tell him to do something and he says he'll do it, he will fucking do it. He might not be happy with it, but he will do it and he will sacrifice everything for it. And when yeah. that, when the other part of the bargain is like, okay, I'll do this for you, but like I expect something in return and the emperor or whoever doesn't give him um, you know, the respect that he feels like he deserves, he gets really bitter about it. Um, and that's, yeah. I think that uh, I don't want to go too far into it, but I think that's really at the core of who uh, Perturabo is. It's just, I'll do this for you, all right? I'll do this for you, but I expect like, some respect in return. And he never gets this. And he, instead of being lauded as one of the greatest strategic minds of the Great Crusade, he winds up being called the Corpse Grinder. Yeah, sounds like my marriage. Nice. <laughs> I'm glad our wives don't listen to this podcast. We'd, we'd all be living in some sort of YMCA somewhere hey, going, rocking back and telling rem- stories. Don't you remember where my hobby room is? Yeah, well, that's that's the other reason. <laughs> I do remember where your hobby room is. <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, he's... Uh, I, yeah, I think that's a very good sum-up of him. I really do. And it was surprising that we get so much about him in such short book time as well. I mean, he really doesn't get a huge amount of pages in other books or other other spaces and he seems to get really well formed very quickly i think well uh, hats off to graham mcneil um yeah yeah and originally angel exterminatus the main the main story of perturabo is uh, is either in index astartes and you don't get that much from him except for very schematic sort of like an overview of who he is it's mainly from angel exterminatus and angel exterminatus wasn't even supposed to be a perturabo angel exterminatus was conceived as a sequel to fulgrim and yeah. it does fulfill the um, the job of being um, a sequel to Fulgrim, being about Fulgrim's apotheosis, but Grand McNeil at an early stage realized this is an opportunity to flesh out the story of Perturabo, and he does as is is usual with, with with that author. He does a fantastic job of doing it, and he launched a thousand Iron Warriors armies. Yeah. But the yeah. the one thing though that I I find when reading the book is. For some reason, I keep thinking that he is fucking similar to Ferris. Like, if they ever, if they, if they ever did an Iron Hands proper book, not the uh, the angry retarded books that they've done so far, I think that they would be kind of similar because they're all like artisans. They like tinkering with toys and they're kind of bitter. But and also Ferris is much true to his word. Like, I will I will follow my my loyalty to the emperor to the bitter end so they're kind of the the same like two-face in uh, batman the same piece of coin but different sides it, okay yeah I, I, okay. I would agree i think um ferris and and Perub are very close and it's funny that they never get mentioned together because um in in angel extremis and in the stories we have for uh for 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 Perturabo, he has two main, um, two of his brothers that he has close relationships with. Only two. There's Magnus, 
who is the only one who we can share this love of esoteric lore, this love of knowledge, uh, the side that people don't get to see of Perturabo. The fact that he likes to study, he likes to, he likes architecture, he likes the finer things, all that stuff, like Lorgar. Um, but he, he's his love of the old masters, that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the stuff that like uh, Perturabo absolutely does, and also Perturabo's obsession with the Eye of Terror. He he names the Eye of Terror because he finds that this thing has been following around for his entire life, like he's been marked. Um, and Magnus has a bunch of shit to say about that, but like Perturabo's really open minded, and not a lot of people get to see that side of him except for Magnus. So he's really close with Magnus, and the other brother he has a close relationship with is is Dorn. And that's because him and, and Dorn are just very similar and have, like, similar but opposite roles in the heresy. Like, he's in charge with tearing down forces. Dorn is in charge of putting them up. But they they despise each other, perhaps because they're so similar. Um, I, I But the whole – his relationship with Ferris is not fleshed out at all. Yeah, which is a shame. Because it, it could have been something very, very intriguing. Yeah, but we don't know really shit about Ferris. Ferris, Ferris is, is pretty much he, he shows up for five minutes and dies. Yeah, well, for for being apparently. Yeah. Like, so what? My goes. Sorry, it goes back to my other question. Why give the guy a model? Uh because you have to, and that's the other reason. He, I guess he, he so. Got his, he got his model, I think, third after um, uh, Angron Fulgrim. and Fulgrim, yeah. Just because yeah. to allow him to be played a little bit before he dies. You have to. You can't not give the Iron Hands a Primarch just because he dies. No, but I, it's no, just... No. It, it, you have to. Yeah, I guess the same could be said about Ful uh, Vulcan as well. you got to get... Because, I mean, he, do, he does get stuff, but he does go get disappeared get disappeared and then <laughs> he, stuff happens he, to him and dies. then stuff more stuff happens he to him he dies too just multiple times <laughs> but <laughs> but the thing is it, it I, I always find it weird that ferris has always been mentioned as like oh he would have been warmaster he's the biggest one and he's like in charge of blah 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 but how come they never written anything like concrete about him I don't know. I wish, Not I, that wish I had my own. with an Iron Warrior special. It's just hmm. weird because I kind of, I kind of think that everything that's been written about Perturabo is kind of similar to what would have been written about Ferris, and then a little bit, and especially his, like in Fulgrim, I don't think he gets, he doesn't get the treatment that Perturabo gets in Exterminatus compared to when he hangs around with Fulgrim. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I see what you're saying there. I mean, I think... I don't, I don't know. I think that... I think the we would have seen a much more... Um, less... less finesse character with Ferris um, compared to Perturabo. I think we would have seen him more of the... Uh, the, the forge worker rather than the architect and the designer. Um... Not so much by the same way as um, as Vulcan, but m much more the um, the war the angry warrior who who just you know he knows how to build weapons, he knows how to you know do things, but he's got a temper and everything. Almost almost Thor like, I guess. I don't know. A bit maybe a bit petulant, maybe maybe overly arrogant. I think that's kind of clear in uh, oh, I don't the know. whole Isfan campaign. But I, I don't know either. But uh, Anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to kick this back to uh, kick this back to Puerto Rabo. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, we, we're spending right. far too much time on somebody else. Um, it's the burdens so, of, of hosting a podcast. Uh, sometimes you just have to start to bring it back. 
Yeah, yeah. but it's a damn interesting conversation we could save for another time. Um, I know. Well, so, we're going to talk to Iron, Iron Hands sooner or later. so It'll happen. Um, so we've got, uh, just have a quick look at his rule side. He's got a pretty decent um, stat line, to be fair. Um, I, it's, it's, I think most of them are better than Lawguard, to be honest with you. But I think it's sort of up there in the sort of top handful of Primarchs. Um, and then we've got the uh, he's got the his armor the log the logos which is a special set of armor he's got all the um, special rules for a for a primarch and then he's got some of his own special rules so uh, sire of the iron warriors all of the, uh, his attacks have wrecker and tank hunter which is very useful in addition all models with legion astartes iron warriors special rule uh, and the same armies per turbo gain the stubborn special rule oh yeah which is fucking amazing yeah and, another together. reason why I hate Mortarion but also why I hate Petra. put it together with the put it together with the um, with uh, Hammer of Olympia and you know uh, not Hammer Olympia with just a general Iron Warrior rules very nice with a fucking um, Vexilla and oh yes <laughs> relentless strategist uh, all models in the same uh, army as Perturabo gain furious charge while in an enemy's deployment zone. That's uh, awesome. No, that's that 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 rule's great for that the furious charge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really oh, is there a second part? Is there a second part of that rule? Yep. Uh, an army with Perturabo as its warlord may, if uh, wished, begin rolling for reserves from the first turn of the game. Which brings oh. me back to remember when I said in last episode the fucking yeah. drop, drop pod list. Oh my fucking god! How come we don't see more uh, Iron Warrior drop pod lists? I'm, I'm seriously considering taking it on as a challenge. It's because you'd have to run um, uh, drop assault. You'd have to run the right of war with it. Yeah. Uh, because you can't take uh, drop pods as. Uh, yeah, I know, but why don't you see that right of war with Iron Warriors? I don't know. That's huge. I was joking that Furious Charge was just so awesome, but who cares? I mean, like, rolling for reserves on turn one is amazing, especially if you get some reserve manipulation in there, get a uh, Damocles Rhino or something like that. Yeah. It's but, it's but amazing. Imagine, imagine, think about this, right? So you have half of your drop pods guaranteed showing up, and then you build your army so the rest are rocking up on reserve roll the first turn with the Democles with the whole plus one and what? Oh my god! We said we couldn't take the Democles. No, you however. couldn't take the Democles. Well, don't forget that uh, because of the logos, uh, Terminators can all get deep, a deep strike. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and this also allows you to deep strike your well, you, Freddie. You had mentioned this earlier that uh, um, that great tactic of, of uh, deep striking Pretty Rob with a bunch of tyrants. It's this would be perfect for it. Yeah, Wait, it's. You, are you talking about the ballistic skill five tyrants then? Because they're with Pretty Rob. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, relentless strategist is one of those few great Real. army buffs you see from the Primarchs. A couple of them, Alpharius has a couple of cool rules that he can throw in there. I think Gulliman has a couple of cool rules you can throw in there, but this is one of the better ones. Yeah. And then the next is Precision Bombardment. So, just like a Master of Signal, he can uh, fire a Precision Bombardment um, unless he's engaged in combat or held in reserve. Um, it does not count as firing a weapon, which is awesome. And it is a unlimited range, strength 9, AP2, D3, Ordnance, D3, Barrage, Large Blast, Twin Linked, Precision Bombardment. 
Ouch. Mm. You couple that with a Master of Signal and a large amount of artillery in your backfield, turn one, drop it all down, <laughs> and go, okay, what's left? <laughs> no, but the thing is, like, because you're already guaranteed with the drop pod assault that you already have drop pods and you have stuff and you have uh, voxes on them. So you yep. can you can draw a line aside for the fucking voxes for this bombardment as well. As well as your fucking... Uh, your uh, deep striking terminators, whatnot, and you you can potentially have besides half of your drop pods, which can't come in on turn one. Then mm. you will have almost your entire armory with some luck rocking up turn one, and it's going to yep. be fucking nasty. Uh, absolutely, this is brutal. Um, a lot of people, of course, uh, say that drop pods aren't very appropriate for the Iron Warriors. I would just uh, say remind them that all the legions can do all the things and even though some of them prefer certain things um, there's no reason that the iron wars wouldn't have draw pods of course they do they all do but here's the thing a lot of people uh, like to run iron wars draw pods they like to use uh, termites if you recall yeah. from epic um, uh, the termites are sort yep. of draw pods but that that come in through the ground they're like boring machines that's yep. quite a cool, cool, cool spin on that. Actually, I hadn't thought of that. And uh, actually, um, this company called Ramshackle uh, Games uh, make a great 28 millimeter sort of like boring machine that that looks like it's coming out of the ground and shit like that. That's what a lot of people do, and it looks fantastic. And that so, is super. Uh, and then you get mold motor, mold motors for your quad motors instead. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Okay, I can see that I'm going to have to start saving for another uh, another version of the Iron Warriors all, all, all of a sudden. No, but I Jesus, really want to do that. Jesus Christ, I want to see an Iron Warriors drop pod assault list because that's going to... Yeah, I just won't come out of the ground. <laughs> oh, it doesn't well, matter. Come out of the ground, drop down on the sky. Jesus You can always get Christ. that Death Corps that Death Corps of Krieg one too. I mean, Death... Oh, that thing's brutal. Yeah. Ah. Brutal looking. Anyway, I'm going to go back to this. So, uh, then we have the Logos, which is his armor. It's a 2 plus armor, 3 plus invulnerable save. Uh, close combat attacks using his profile. Um, uh, I made using his profile, sorry. And gain an AP value of 2. So, AP 2, strength 6, I think it is. Um, he's he got immunity to concussive and blind special rules. Okay, always useful every now and then. It incorporates a teleport homer, a cortex controller, nuncio box, and cognis signum, which is very, very useful. Which is once again drop on the salt. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Relax. <laughs> then you've got the uh, all terminator units of any type, which is important because then we talk about the tyrants. With the Legion of Sartes Iron Warrior special rule, gain deep strike. So yeah, deep striking. Drop pods, tyrant terminators, ouch. Um, and his wrist cannon, which provides a shooting attack of uh, range 24, strength 6, AP 3, assault, uh, assault 3, twin linked, and rending, which is a nice little combination. And then we've got the, he's another one of the um, Primarchs with the uh, post Istvan, uh, pre post Istvan upgrade. Um, immediately thinking of Korax and Lorgar, for example, um, and that is Forgebreaker, and Forgebreaker is strength two times two, AP one, melee concussive strike down, unwieldy and blind. 
um, which is a very useful piece of kit uh, if you're going to basically want to mess up some vehicles. <laughs> yes, but I have because a question you get for you. Tank hunter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why is Forge Breaker worse with Perturabo than with Ferris? I don't, yeah, I don't get that either. I really don't. The only way I can think of it, in the purely in the fluff wise, is there's something about like the balance of it or how he how he. It's like literally, I get the feeling that when when Ferris put his hands on it, he squeezed it a little too hard and mashed his grip into it, so it just doesn't sit right in Perturabo's well, hand. Yeah, well, maybe it's like one of those Thor things too. Like maybe it's Mjolnir. Um, yeah, that it's... whoever be worthy can well, uh, can, can swing that... this hammer at proper initiative. <laughs> uh, well, super simple is that it's the same if you pick up someone else's assault rifle or someone else's weapon. It's tuned to that other person. So, yeah, that's that's the only way. But yeah, I, but you I see, there you, uh, with Forge Breaker, there aren't many other like it, even though this one is his. <laughs> <laughs> This is my hammer. There may be a somebody. Maybe somebody owned it before me, but now it is mine. Yeah, and I gave it blind, but now I can't switch. Like the whole part that gives it blind, is super heavy and shit. It's like, there's just some extra bling. Yeah, basically, I put it. I put some shiny stuff on top of it to make it mine. Um, but uh, and then there's the last thing which I really like, and I think. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Outside of probably. Jacket Icon and I'm guessing Rogel Dawn. Um, he is one of the few Primarchs with his own tr dedicated transport, the Tormentor, which is a, a Legion Shadow Sword uh, with the, uh, also has a transport capacity of 50 models with an access point to the rear, and it can take a command tank upgrade and a single t has a single Titan Void Shield. And it costs 500 points, but does not take up a lot of war choice. So basically, you take that plus Perturabo, and if you put Forge Breaker on top of that for an extra 35 points, you're talking a 990 point unit. Throw in six, uh, throw in uh, six um, Iron Circle, and you've got a 2,000 point army list. Yeah, but the shitty thing is, Iron Circle can't ride in the Tormentor, which is silly. But we've already talked about that. Let's not go back into it. <laughs> I know, but you just run them up the side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's um, the, oh, it's such a great option to take the Tormentor, and I'm, I like how they threw it in there. Uh, I wonder if it'll ever get a model. I really doubt it. I doubt it, but yeah. I like the thought of being able to go and make one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I've seen some people make some beautiful versions of Tormentor. One of the guys from uh, Galaxy and Flames, that uh, a blog group uh, down in Australia, yeah. um, made an absolutely spectacular uh, version of Tormentor, and I'd I'd like to I'd like to make one myself one of these days, uh, but yeah, Perturabo, he gives you so many options as opposed to like a regular Primarch. Uh, he's he's just really badass. Yeah, totally. What's not to like? Well, well yeah, he, he's a he's a buff Primarch and a fighting Primarch, which is fucking amazing. Yep. I mean, he's not going to hit... Most of his brothers are going to hit before him, but he's going to hit most of his brothers on threes, which is great. Um, I was going to well, say... Uh, pardon? Well, well, he has the 3-plus invulnerable save, and not that many products have that. Yes, 2-plus, 3-plus. No, he's, he's, he's one of the better ones. I don't think he's the best. His Besides being able to reroll... Um, oh, sorry, uh, besides having uh, the ability to roll uh, reserves on turn 1, he doesn't have that many army buffs when you compare it to someone like Alfarius. Um, but yeah, he's he's still really, really good. 
Oh, I've got another negative to say yeah, about Edward Yeah, he, do, he doesn't have them, but I tell you what, the ones that he does have really work with his yeah. Legion. Absolutely, I agree. Really work with his Legion, and I love the um, I love the ability to take the Tormentor as well because well, that just feels so much so so well, so you, Iron Warriors. You, you shouldn't say he doesn't have that any bus because he has the freaking cortex controllers so you can you can have robots he also has the corner signum which is you know an extra ballistic skill for uh, for a unit so he, he does have off army wide except for the split and for the reserve roles but otherwise I, units kind of thing I, th I, I, I just think he's awesome and like I said earlier on the model is what sold me on it the model is beautiful I absolutely love it and I need one and I need to paint it I need to have the courage to paint it as well because <laughs> it's it's such a nice model just yeah. don't forget you can always strip it if you fuck up yeah yeah well I'm working on I've made a made I'm working on a, a recipe for some uh, some very yellow gold like a, my um, prayer tour model I've come up with a way of uh, doing painting the gold and then putting a yellow tint to it and highlighting it, which I kind of like, and I want to give a try on Perturabo for like blingy hazard stripes and stuff. So I'm working my way up there. I'm working my way up there. Um, but yeah, I th he's awesome. He's um, he's not. I, I think as somebody said, I can't remember which. I take you take this from another podcast. I think he's in that sort of mid mid range um, of. Uh, Sort of the mid-range. What's the word I'm looking for? Mid-range. Um, mid-tier. Mid-tier. Thank you very much. Yeah, he's more of a mid-tier Primark as far as the whole combat thing is concerned. Um, but he's definitely, he's definitely. I would still say he's in the top five because of what he can offer as a complete package. In my mind, I, I'd put him in the top five of Primarks because of what he can do to the arm. Um, army as the whole as a whole and what it could bring as a combatty character that would that would be my spin on him i don't know if i put him in the top five if you look at all the ones that have been released because um some of them are particularly brutal um i think that you're totally right to say that he's around the mid-tier maybe seven or eight something like that i don't know i haven't really done the uh the, the hierarchy yet i think he's amazing uh, it's just that as a combat Primark, he's not the best. As a buff Primark, he's not the best. But the fact is, he's pretty good at both of those things, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, I and, think that's, and he's that's something. At the end of the day, I don't think anybody chooses their Legion based on the strength of their Primark, because they're all pretty good. At the end of the day, if this is your boy, and it's my boy, and it's your boy, they, of course we love yeah. him. I mean, I, I have we'll nothing negative to say about it. He has nothing. He has no glaring uh, negative side. Even with the thing with uh, Forge Breaker that I mentioned, that he's striking initiative one. You know what? You don't even have to give him Forge Breaker. At the end of the day, his uh, close combat attacks have AP two. Yeah. And if you do give him Forge Breaker, you put a couple of Iron Circle with him. They're going to soak most of the stuff first yeah, anyway. Exactly. I mean, there's nothing negative about this guy. I don't think he's he's as good as perhaps a Horus, who's just so much, or a Night Hunter, who I think is another one of the top ones. But he's still mm. fucking awesome. And Vulcan, definitely. Oh, Vulcan and Ferris too. Fer Ferris is brutal. All the ones that have um, uh, toughness seven is three with toughness seven. There's uh, Ferris, uh, Vulcan, Mortarian, and they're all brutal. Yeah. Oh, what what about Fulgrim and Angron, my favorites? Angron, you know how uh, honestly Angron gets a bad rap because of his three plus, uh, his three plus save. 
uh, C plus five plus, not great. But the fact of the matter is, eventually, if you're if you do like me and you keep feeding Angron units, he's gonna start attacking you with ten attacks, and that's not funny anymore. And that, I had well, an, it, I had well, a game with Angron ate my entire army. <laughs> that's a T-shirt right there. <laughs> Angron ate my army. Oh, Angron ate my army. Oh, <laughs> He is, um, when he goes into, like, full rage mode, um, yeah. stay the fuck away. I don't know. I, I've done full rage mode on Cataphracty, and he did all his 4-plus saves. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I guess that, that's how that rolls sometimes. Then, then I went into rage mode. <laughs> fuck! But doesn't Angron, he starts with how many attacks? Seven or eight? Six. He starts with six attacks? So he needs to yeah. kill four units to get up to ten. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta stop. That shouldn't be attacked. You can't speed bump Angron, that's the thing. But, but the thing is, what he does is he challenge a champion, a new unit, and then he kills him. So that's one extra attack. And then he yeah. kills the unit, that's two attacks. So normally yeah. for each unit, you're always gonna get two attacks, because he's gonna fucking kill them. That's freaking nasty. Yep, very much so. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. So... Let's just start the start battles wrap on this section, and let's just. I mean, I, like I said, I've not played. I cannot say I played a game with the Iron Warriors because I haven't. I will be looking at running the Iron Fire over the Hammer of Olympia, I think, because I I feel pretty happy with the way I've built built my couple of lists um, that I want to play around with. But um, yeah, JP, give give us a, a quick quick run through of sort of if we haven't already covered it enough. Uh, tactics, Iron Warrior-wise, that you well, think would be impressive, important to sort of pass on. First of all, just to uh, uh, to come back on what you said about how you'd like to ride, uh, to run either Hammer of Olympia or uh, Iron Fire. The great thing about those two rights of war is they're not um, they don't really decide how you build your, your 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 army that much. In that you're not being exclusive. You can run a Hammer of Olympia. And just buy a bunch of iron, uh, units, and then most of them will probably still be useful if you decide to run the Iron Fire. Yeah. I mean, either way, you're going to get a bunch of artillery, and since a Legion artillery squadron is zero to one, um, you're going to probably have one either way. So th the cool thing about those is that it's not like one of the uh, rights of wars that force you to have all your troops be cacophony, for example, or something to that effect. If you understand what I mean, I mean yeah. uh, you're going to be able to go back and forth between the two, which is great. Just the way that Iron Warriors run, um, they, you have to kill them if they're on objectives. This is a huge advantage, and uh, people tend to forget. Uh, often when you're playing Marines, it's like you, you have a tendency of, of always wanting to attack, attack, attack uh, when you're playing. But Iron Warriors don't need to. They're so resilient, they can't be shot off objectives, so often enemy assault units are going to come to you. Um, they are amazing at uh, – they have amazing units for long-range firepower – um, as a ranged army, if you get into your mind that you're playing something similar to guard, I mean, uh, they, they have, they are one of the best units for actually uh, long range firepower. They, um, honestly, take advantage. They have a good amount of things like anti, uh, like uh, like tank hunter, like their iron havocs are particularly effective at taking down. Uh, they're not great as super heavies, just because last cannons will not take down uh, flare shield Spartans. Honestly, the way they, generally speaking, how they run, um, the best lists I've seen from Iron Warriors are things that take advantage of of the things I've mentioned before: long range firepower, graviton cannons. A lot of people tend to like lots of artillery, and the fact is they won't run away. 
Yeah. I think I, I think I, there was a little messed up, there was a little, uh, little back and forth the way I explained it. But yeah, the, your biggest advantages are going to be morale. The fact that you have to, you can't be shot off objectives, and uh, both your rights are amazing, and all your special units are good. And uh, yeah, uh, take advantage of that because I don't always, and when I don't, I lose. Okay. <laughs> Basically, remember your rules, people. Uh, some remember your special your rules. rules. Yeah, honestly, take advantage of of things like Iron Havocs because they're amazing. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know what more to say about uh, about um, Iron Warriors because Iron Warriors are really forgiving as a legion. Mm. They're not usually going to let you down, and rarely uh, this is the the big thing. There's what I mentioned earlier. Rarely is that uh, bitter end really going to affect you. They're just re they're just a really good legion. Cool. Well, I think that pretty much sums it up for us. I think that pretty much nails absolutely everything we could cover right now in the uh, in this section about the Iron Warriors. And I think I think I'm going to bring it to a, bring it to a sort of close there. Uh, JP, buddy, so good to talk to you, and so good to have you on talking about the Iron Fourth. And you are the first of first of many. I hope that'll be coming on to the show and talking about different legions. Uh, we're going to see if we can get somebody else on in a few weeks' time. Uh, we're going to try some different things. And I also know you're a big fan of, because uh, you've talked about it on your show a few times, uh, well, not not in a few times, a fair few times, about sort of the modelling aspect of stuff and really sort of pushing the modelling side of uh, a discussion. And we're going to be talking about uh, terrain and modelling and stuff on the show as well. So, you know, we'd get, love to get some uh, thoughts and feedback on that in the future from yourself. And, uh, yeah, it's just been great having you on, dude. Really appreciate having you part of the, uh, part of the show. Uh, this was delightful. Thank you so much. Uh, keep up the great work, you guys. You're doing a fantastic job. I'm already a fan of the show. Um, uh, I keep keep doing what you're doing. It's fantastic. And once again, I'm absolutely honored uh, that you guys uh, uh, reached out to me and had me on. And hopefully, some of the stuff I talked about was useful. Uh, you mentioned it quite well. I'm really good with the narrative and the fluff. I'm really good with the modeling aspect. When it comes to winning games, not so much. <laughs> we get there in the end. We get there in the end. And. <laughs> Great Cthulhu will bless you with the win. It will yeah. Cthulhu for Tang. Cthulhu yeah. for Tang. It shall happen, my brother. It shall happen. As long um, as you lose, lose with Flair and Flying Buoyancy, it's all good. Oh, my, my favorite uh, is when... Uh, I've lost a couple games which ended with, with essentially every single one of my units in the opponent's deployment zone. And if you're an Iron Warrior, that's a moral victory. See, yes. I <laughs> died to a man, but we died in the enemy's trenches, and that's a victory. Our blood is on your ground. Exactly. Brilliant. Well, JP, as this is the first time that we've done this, I would like to uh, do something a little special. I'd like you to choose the tune to play us out of this segment. Can you come up with something for us, buddy? Uh, something quick? Something quick? Let me see. How about, um, since um, um, since uh, you've... Uh... Uh, you, you've kindly let you uh, let me come onto your uh, Swedish podcast about some Swedish death metal. I Go would for like, it. I would like to hear some at the gates. Ooh. At the gates. Anything particular, or just something from at, at some at you the gates? You know what? Uh, some at the gates. Pick whatever you want. I'll be happy with it. Sweet. Okay. We will now be getting played out of this segment by at the gates. And as I don't know which tune I'm going to choose yet, you'll find out after these last few words.
back from our segment there on the Iron Warriors. Big shout out and thanks to uh, JP all the way from Canadianland and the Age of Darkness podcast. Uh, brother, that was a lot of fun talking about that and uh, talking about the Iron Fourth, getting your points of view and just uh, listening to you and how much you love the, the fluff that's out there for the game as a whole. But, uh, you know, the Iron Fourth as, uh, as the specific that it is. And coming back into your choice from at the gates there and uh hope you enjoy it buddy and we look forward to having you again on the podcast in the near future and hopefully we get to swing by the age of darkness as well so it's the wrap up and let's just jump straight into it so we're going to talk about the charity work so we have a link on our facebook page and it's a link that is shared around the podcast world um, which is the raffle for the Warlord Titan that's organized by our very own Freddy. And that is a beautiful-looking piece of kit. It's being pro-painted by the guys out at Scattershot Painting, Chris and the team at Scattershot Painting. Yep, they're doing a fantastic job. Yeah, they really are. Uh, the work-in-progress pictures we got up on the uh, website right now are looking... Uh, oh, sorry, Facebook page are looking very, very sweet. And uh, as soon as uh, Freddie gets some more, I'm sure he'll throw them up when he gets a chance. Yeah, uh, for sure. Well, they're in the process of uh, moving facilities. So <clears throat> Chris has told me uh, he'll uh, post some more whips as soon as he can, as soon as he's finished his move. So. Well, he's got a plenty of time before October to get it done. So I don't think it's uh, <laughs> it's too <laughs> stressful to get. Good luck with the move there, Chris. Get it all sorted and get it all settled in, and then uh, rock and roll from then on, man. But. Um, yeah, just a heads up for those of you who have not listened this far into the podcast before or have come across this for the first time. This is a raffle to win a fully pro-painted pro -painted Warlord Titan. It's going to cost you $35 US for one ticket entry, and every donation of $35 thereon gets you another entry into the raffle. Uh, and whilst the, the goal as a 30-game player may be to uh, win the Warlord Titan, the goal as a human being is to actually aid the the fight against uh, DMD. And if you have a look on the link on our web page, on our Facebook page, you'll understand what it's all about. From uh, Freddie, there he shared his own page and the information what's going on for himself and his family. But it's really about raising funds to give these guys a chance to understand it and learn to combat it or work with it or do something more than they can do right now. So it's uh, it's really important to be doing that, and you know, get out there, do something good with the world, and uh, get the chance to win a Warlord Titan as well. Um, and we've said that if you do win it, we'll try and throw in a free uh, Baby Beyond carrier as well, because short of uh, actually having a drone to drop it in by, you know, I think you, you should be looking after it the right way. So yeah, I mean, Freddie, you got anything you want to just uh, add on there? I know we've, we've talked about it a lot, but uh, it's yeah. a, it's an important oh, no. subject. Well, well, it's uh, it's definitely for a good cause, and the price is amazing. And people keep contacting me, want to throw in more stuff for the for the raffle as well. And I'm kind of trying to see what I can do and see if we can kind of up it a bit more. But it's all all in the works and in nego hard negotiations. But I'm reckoning a fucking pro painted Warlord Titan. It's it's fucking top notch. <laughs> If that's honestly not enough to float your boat and get you to part with 35 US dollars, I don't know what will. Yeah. Um, as a heresy gamer, that is. There's many other things in life that might make you part with that sort of money, but um, 
Uh, yeah, it's not that kind of competition right now. Yeah, and then you can always say like this: if you're a heresy player and you win it, you have most of uh, your three thousand point uh, Leviathan list sorted. Yeah, literally. Exactly. <laughs> you just then, need uh, 250 points more, I think. That's like two Skatari units or something like that. <laughs> just, well, just, just run around the that, feet. Uh, that new unit got shown with the... Was it the Skitaris with the shields? Uh, uh, Skitari eye? Skitari eye. The Titan Guard. So probably a unit of them, and then you're up there. 3,000 points, done and dusted. Yeah. Yep. Don't know how much I like your chances for securing objectives, but damn, there will not be anything left on the other side to actually stop you. After probably one oh, round, you'll have one, one unit then of Skitariai to claim objectives. And they will be fearless as well, because they're yep. within That's a point. point yeah. four inches of the Titan. Yeah, so, you know, you've got a pretty decent 3,000 point army there if you win, so well done. Then, uh, like I said, it's the most important thing is, is for a really good course, so get out there and do something with it and get involved. Yeah, um, yeah that's the most important part of the entire venture most definitely chris most definitely and then let's move on to events and before we start going into details i want to again shout out and say if you have events you want them shouted out on the podcast drop us an email at the heresy at gmail.com and we will more than happily shout out your events doesn't matter where they are in the world uh, as long as we're uh, seeing some 30k happen dudes looking for dudes and getting hooked up to play 30k and not in a weird, well, maybe in a weird Craigslist way, but as long as everybody uh, has consensual fun at the end of the day, it's all good. Um, but just give us give us your events. Tell us where they are, what's happening, and we will shout them out for you because we are about building the hobby, and we want to see that happen. So with that little public announcement there, uh, we're going to go on to the, I guess it's the newest event. Um, it's definitely, I think, one of the biggest that's going on right now. And that is the Scourging of Thungamatalicus. Or Scouring, not Scourging. Scouring. Huh. Oops. You're a Scourge. I'm a scour- I am definitely a Scourge tonight. Um, the the and... Scouring of Thungamatalicus. Uh, Freddy, do you want to take us through this one, buddy? Well, it's a global escalation campaign. Uh, it's basically is to try and promote people to start painting their armies, either pick up a new army, or add on to their their own existing list and get some games done. Uh, it's running from 1st of June all the way until uh, end of October. Uh, we're escalating 500 points each month, except for the last month when we're going fucking batshit insane crazy and do the whole 3,000 points kind of scenarios and mission. It's all themed around one planet or a system, which is consists of one planet, Thungor Metallicus. And it's kind of sponsored by all the the podcasts that that uh, oh, well you have a list there, don't you? Yeah, there is yep. there is a list. There is a list. There is a <laughs> list. And I'm going to look at Christopher to find said list. The global podcast oh. league or gospel, as it's known. <laughs> global heresy podcast league. Uh, in our you know attempt for world dominance in everything 30k related. <laughs> yeah, because what, what is uh, life without the attempt but, at world domination? But basically, it is to go through what it is. Uh, uh, it's run, you, if you want to partake in this, uh, you should probably, first of all, uh, look up the group page on Facebook, which is obviously called The Scouring of Thunder Metallicus. Um, and uh, we have it linked on our Facebook page, I think, or on yeah. our ve- event page, if yeah. anyone don't fancy looking out up the, the code for using the first letter of Thangor, which is a thorn. <laughs> exactly, he's gonna 
confuse everyone. But anyway, yeah. so just follow the like we have all the links on our Facebook page. Uh, you'll you'll figure out where to click, where to go, where to join up. Uh, there is a group page and there is an event page. Uh, the group page is for banter, shit chat, you know, try to motivate each other by you know throwing down some 30k shit talk. <laughs> and so I think you're laying, laying the smackdown on there. Lay, lay the freaking smackdown, you know, compare dick sizes and all that. And uh, then on the event page, <clears throat> that's where you do your commitment. So you go in there, you write, you, you post your army list. Like for June now, it's 500 points. So you post your army list, you write, it's for June. So everyone knows. And uh, and in your own thread there, you just put in the like VIP working progress pictures and stuff and how you're progressing with your army. Uh, so basically, it's, for June, it's paint 500 points. Try to get three games uh, of Zone Mortalis done. We will also, like each podcast as parti- participating, I can't fucking speak here. Participating. participating. Jesus fucking Christ. Participating in this event. Uh, Hang on, Freddy. Hang on, Freddy. Take another mouthful of beer, get it all organized, and then go again. <laughs> Let the beer do the work. Be- become one with the beer. Yes. Let the beer flow. Okay. Anyway, participate. Uh, so. We're kicking off, the ranking heresy is kicking off June by, we're going to post three missions because the goal is to paint 500 points for June, play three Son Matalis missions. Uh, if, you, if you could either use the rules that they're available for free at the Forge World homepage, uh, they have missions already in that little rules booklet, or you can play the little mini campaign that we're going to post, which is three Son Matalis missions, or you can go and have, have some fun at Gospel Space Station or Shipyard. And you can play the Son Mortalis list uh, missions that we put there. That, that's, that's all up to you. The only thing that you need to do is get three games under your belt. And if you've done that, you have finished your month commitment. And as a reward, well, there will be prices and stuff. We haven't ironed out the details, uh, but I think we're going to have some sort of gospel or global <laughs> kind of uh, jury and decide who who's done the massive best escalation. Like we'll, we'll find out some score system and send some gifts because we love giving gifts. Uh, and besides that, your character, your HQ choice or your warlord, unless he's a special character or primark or whatnot, you get to roll on the conquest uh, character progression chart. Not not the little special rules, but only the one that, you know, with the extra wound and toughness and whatnot. And obviously you have to follow the max stats that is provided beneath it, so you won't have like a toughness ten freaking space marine. <laughs> it's not fair on everyone else. <laughs> because that would just be silly. Uh, fair enough. Uh, so basically, we're going on. So June is five hundred points, three games to Son Matalis. Uh, July is going to be a thousand points. So basically, you just add on another five hundred points in your painting schedule. Uh, play another three games of Son Matalis. I'm not sure which podcast is going to kind of have do lead for. July, but we'll we'll figure that out. And then in August, it's 1,500 points, and we're doing the strategic raid missions from the Conquest book. Uh, and then um, September, it's 2,000 points, strategic rage. Rage? Rage. <laughs> so much rage. Yeah, <laughs> rage. You can tell you, we can tell that you're a World Eaters player there for any yeah, strategic no, I, rage. <laughs> what happened? All right, anyway. And then for October, it's the big smackdown, 3,000 points, Age of Dark- Darkness missions, and, you know, try to get three of them running. And that's basically the end of the Escalation League. 
Yeah, right now I think we've got like 196 people committed into this, or members of the uh, the event group page thing, and showing interest in doing this, which is I think is awesome to hear. There's that many actually, people already. Actually, it's 201 now. Okay, so that's, that's it's even increased. picked up. It's that's increased. picked up since we started recording this this wrap up. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Well, then it, it did go live kind of yesterday, so I guess this is true. This I guess it's going to start increasing. But the thing is, like, if you if you can't commit for a month, there that's no bigger. You you can because you write down which month you want to participate, where you want to paint your five hundred points or or not whatnot. Like, if you want you just want to play three games, play three games. If you want to only paint five hundred points, you can't play three games because you're traveling, working, studying, whatnot. Then it's all good. Just do whatever you can. We don't have a box of shame. It's all good. <laughs> No, yeah. we've got the Git Master for of uh, validation, but that's something completely different. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, then we quite should mention that there will be some sort of player pack up sometime this week, hopefully, with more uh, with more of the fluff or and uh, the conquest table, hopefully, or a version of it. Yeah. And yep. uh, a note: uh, there was a flyer up that I read out last week that mentioned orcs. That does not mean that Eldar are allowed in this list or in this escalation in any form. I just want to, not nor are most of the other Xeno races like Tau or Necrons or what was it more? Yeah, it was, uh, I think someone asked to turn it as well, which is quite strange. This is a 30k escalation league. Yeah. Basically. Just because I mentioned that there might be orcs on the planet, basically. <laughs> so. People just jumped to conclusions and thought that well, Xenos was okay. Well, well we, we should probably mention that we're, we're running this thing through uh, the amazing wiki of Oz30k. Andrew and his crew is helping us out, setting it all up. And to register battles is kind of one of the requirements because that's where you kind of register your three games and you kind of influence the fluff that we write for each month. We're going to write up a little bit of storyline depending on how that month went with the battles and stuff and the battle reports that everyone lodges. Just yep. to keep, keep the storyline going. If you remember back in, was it like the millennium when the Armageddon... The third war for Armageddon? Exactly. When that Kind of similar to that. So we're progressing the story and we're actually citing the fate of Tungur Metallicus. And as part of, so the only armies that kind of are, like, uh, that kind of are available for this Escalation League are the ones that you can actually register on OS30K. And then and there you have everything. You have Black Shields, Militia, uh, all the Legions, and Solar Exilia, and so on. So just if, you, if you're in doubt about which armies partaking in this Escalation League, just, you know, go into www.OS30K. So that's uh, Alpha Uniform Sierra. Three zero, dot, uh, Charlie, uh, Oscar, Mike. Yep, that'll yep. cover it. That'll cover it, and then we'll see the armies. And actually, if you want to register an army there, uh, you'll see when you go into that page, you'll see on the kind of top line above the map, the galactic map, you'll see the icons of all the legions and all the different armies. You'll see a Mechanicum do there. You'll see an Orc do there. You'll see uh, knights and whatnot, and then. You click on that one, that that kind of represents the army you're picking. So if you think, oh, I'm playing Mechanicum, what if I click this Magos? You'll end up into a page where you can create your army. Yep. And, it'll kind of and say, there you can also see a list of all the other Mechanicum 
armies listed, yeah. or for that reason, any legion or whatever. And I, I, I will say, with uh, with Christopher's help, because of busy, busy work schedule today, I have now got my my page up and running, uh, the very bare bones of it up and running on our 30k. So my Iron Warriors are now represented on there. Uh, so nice. they're all up and running, and I will be adding more to them, more to the page because what I love about the wiki is the ability to uh, not just record games and stuff, but add in fluff and stuff and photos and things. And oh man, it's so cool! I won't lie; it's the first time I've really been able to sit down and have a look at the the whole army stuff on there. I'm sold. I am totally sold on it. It is so yep. cool. And I also there are quite a lot of information how you use the wiki if you're looking around on the wiki itself. Yeah. But if there are any like big problems, you could probably message anyone in the either the <laughs> the gospel group or the global heresy campaign group and just ask, could I get some help with this? And we could probably sort something out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've got a good Google group. And I know Andrew, Andrew's on there all the time. Like you can you can message him straight away and he'll sort everything out pretty pretty quick. Yeah, They're very cool guys who who put this together and they, they deserve a lot of respect for what they've done on that. Most definitely. Oh, indeed. Yep. So that's uh, that's that's the that's the uh, scouring of Thungal Metallica. So. Before we move on, let's just uh, let, let everybody know what we're we're doing as as the the host of the first first commitment. Who's doing what? And um, I tell you what, Chris, yours yours should might take a while to get through. Do you want to start? Yeah, I could start because this list is uh, really uh, a counterpoint to Freddy's list in numbers, if not power. And it's my Magus Prime. That's a Malagra Magus, so he's a tech assassin basically. And uh, then we have uh, my Domitar, because who, who doesn't like in independent thinking giant stompy robots? And yeah. then I have three Thalax with an Irod Cleanser, and that's my army. All five of them. So you're, what you're saying is your first monthly commitment is five models? Yep. But that has a reason, because I'm also participating in a painting challenge on uh, the, the Bolton Chainsword for forum, so I will have other stuff to paint as well. Aha, so it's pure logistics, not power gaming. Yep. And plus, you're sticking with that. Yep. Plus it looks cool. Fair That's point. basically it. Well, Rule of Cool does win out. And uh, I can't, can always, uh, or I will upgrade the list for next month with another 500 points, so... So what more, more another Domitar and some more th uh, some more Thalax then? Oh, if I could afford it, it would be two more Domitars. <laughs> yeah, we're getting to the Iron Circle territory again, so let's let's not get into that conversation. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting to the point where I'm running out of time to actually to actually talk about them. So Iron Circle, Iron Circle, Iron Circle, Iron Circle. Oh, um, Freddy. Could yeah. you mention your list for the first part of the yeah, campaign? Yeah, let's talk about your list now, Freddie, and I'll, I'll finish off with mine then. Uh, so I have gone full retard and decided to do a solar auxilia list, <laughs> which I'm frantically painting right now. I'm painting painting my the boss man, which is actually Solar Mercarius himself. So he has the name Solar, so I guess. <laughs> and I found him up on the attic, all metal, and he's lying there, not being painted. He was primed, so he was crying out to me. Needed some love, and I love. Paint me, Freddy. Paint me. I love saving miniatures. 
Paint me like one of you, like one of your French lead cast miniatures, there, Freddy. Well, to be to be fair, there are some lo- lovely miniatures in the Games Workshop back catalogue that doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Yeah. It, it's it's slowly disappearing. Let's be fair; it's it's not gone yet. It's just slowly disappearing. Well, I I kind of figured that eventually he's going to look the perfect part of being the the guy with the artificial armor, uh, kind of leading Solar Exodia. And thank you for the Inferno pistol, because that's yeah, brilliant. Cool, cool to have. To have his influence on. Kids are screaming. <laughs> no, just it's, uh, it's not kids, it's cats. Okay. Just a little side note we're cat sitting for our neighbours at the moment, and uh, we have a cat here at home, and we're cat sitting her mother, um, and they don't get on. Um, <laughs> mainly because the mother tried to eat the, chil- eat the children at one point um, before they all got rehomed. So there's, there's a little bit of uh, grudge still hanging there, I think. So um, yeah, um, well, they, they don't get on. And we're at a hundred square meter, hundred square meter uh, apartment, so there's not a huge amount of space for them to go and hide um, and not interact with each other, which is um, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Well, it, it's it's they they, they go in a uh, the mother goes back to her apartment in a couple of days' time, so they've they've not killed each other so far, which is just a benefit, I think, which is a good thing. Or a bad thing. Well, it just depends. Yeah. <laughs> when it's three o'clock in the morning and they're fighting, you just want to sleep. Yeah, it's not such a good thing. <sighs> that much I can say. That's when your wife rolls over and says, "Honey, don't you want to have another kid?" <laughs> It'd be fucking preferable to the sound those cats make. And it's like, uh, I got a vasectomy. <laughs> Surprise! Uh, <laughs> well, there was a hobby knife accident, and yay. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's whatever you think about. So yeah, ow. Either way. Um, anyway. But, uh, anyway, let's go back to yours. <laughs> so. Uh, okay, let's stop talking about cutting off our penises and talk let's about that, yeah. uh, solar auxilia. Yeah. Which is way more. That's preferable. Preferable. <laughs> uh, so the in my 500 points list, I'm gonna have two of those. Uh, what are they called? Tectaria. Tarichios, 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 two big blobs of infantry. <laughs> and uh, then I'm going to have a little smaller blob of infantry that has Voltran chargers. And I'm going to have multi-laser rapier destroyer thingy, because it's so fucking cool. Yeah, And it's like twin know. link, and I think it's heavy six or some shit. Madness. That's quite nasty. Which I, I would, need against. I would not like to run into that on a on a on a zone mortalis board. I really oh, and, I, and obviously I have all that uh, stupid overloaded breach uh, ammo for for the guys, so they get the strength six range, short, whatever the range is, yeah. six or something. But it's good, like if if you face Castellax or Dominators. Yeah, basically, I bring it down order. <laughs> basically, yeah. Basically, if I face you, then I have something. My whopping five models. Huh? Oh, yeah. I like them mods. <laughs> so it's my 500 points, and obviously this list is going to grow. But yes, I'm, I'm trying to, for the 1,000 points, I'm probably just going to grow it with uh, thinking about another rapier, multi-laser, a rapier quad mortar, and another 10 dudes of those Volkite boysons. Uh, gives more war gear to my head honcho, and then I'm not sure what to do. Maybe Ogrins. 
Ogre and Brute Squad is the way forward. They're yeah. nasty. Or, or give him like the dudes with the power axes, just like the yeah, yeah. oh the uh, Bellataris or whatever it is the. Yeah. Um... But the Karanite ogres are quite nasty as well with all those uh, wearing blades of death for hands. And they're pretty cool models as well, to be fair. So shall I chime in with mine then? Yep. Yep. Well, my one's pretty simple. Uh, Iron Fourth uh, Traitors, the Iron Warriors are representing here. And it's uh, I'm taking advantage of this uh, Escalation League to get my 1,000-point uh, uh, Zomotalis uh, sideboard for Scandus done. So I am going to be uh, making my first commitment, which I'm working on now, is 500 points, or just shy of 500 points, is uh, a Siegebreaker. And he's rocking a nice set of Artificer armor, um, a Thunder Axe, and a Plasma Gun. And then I'm running a 10-man Breacher Squad. And they're going to be rocking a Volkite Charger in there. And uh, Power Fist on the... Sar- uh, no, Thunder Hammer on the Sergeant. And that's going to be my... Uh, literally my 500 points there. Um, and I, I've kind of... Going with the uh, the whole... Literally there. The, the tip of the spear going in on a, on a breaching action. Hence the Breachers. So, um, you know, there's a little bit of fluff behind it all as well. Cool. So it should be a lot of fun. So I do fear that your list is actually called just a tip. Just a tip. Yeah. Um, I, I, it was going to be quite, it actually is called. <laughs> uh, well, it, it was originally called uh, the tip of the spear on uh, on my uh, battle scribe list, and I went maybe not, and just went with Iron Warriors uh, five hundred zone Mortalis. But now it's just going to be called just the tip. Thanks to you, Chris. It's, it's going to get stuck there, and I'm not going to be able to clear that out of my head. So, yeah, we're just going to have to go with it. It won't hurt. It uh, sounds like the end of what I said on the end of my last date, but, you know, I married her, so it's all good. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway. And she heard that. Yay, I forgot the door was open. Not for, not for long. <laughs> oh, shit, Keep I'm a dead man. To this podcast. It's been nice knowing you guys. <laughs> uh, really, it really has been nice knowing you. And the sound of a pistol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no, no. Um, hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, hello. <laughs> Sirens. <laughs> People are screaming. We're losing yeah. him. We're losing. Uh, oh, yeah. So. Um, anyway, yeah, that there are more is... events than this. There are more events than this, but that is the, sc- uh, the scouring of Thungor Metallicus. And, um, yeah, if you've got any questions, have a look on the events page or um, hit up the group page as well. And we'll uh, or you can just message us here at the Varangian Heresy if it's anything about the first, first month. And we will happily answer those questions for you. So let's move on. And the next event that we're going to shout out is the Burning of Scandus Prime. Hooray. Buddy, this is all yours. Take it away, buddy. All right, the Baron's Scanners Prime. It's happening in the 15th and 16th of uh, October. It's um, kind of it's kind of a, a three thing event because you're supposed to bring thousand points of Son Mortalis, three thousand points of um, well any Horus Heresy Force Org shard. So you can do Leviathan, you can do Onslaught, you can do what whatever you want. Uh, Matrix of Ruin, if you're Christopher. Matrix uh, of Ruin is the only one I care about. Yeah, so you, you can bring that, Chris. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, I will. And for the Soma Chalice, obviously, you bring a thousand points of the combatants. 
And then what you need is you need one Lord of War or a super heavy vehicle, dude, or monstrous creature that's super heavy in some sort of way. That is not more expensive, like up to 500 points. So you can buy a knight for like 450 or you can buy, you can bring Conrad Curse or you can, you know, do whatever. Massive Thalax robot for the the Saturday at the night after we've done our three rounds of the normal event, we'll have a night joust, which is going to be massive. And all the rules are in the player's pack for that. All the information are in the player's pack. Uh, it's traitor versus loyalist only. It's going to be... Basically, it's going to be two generals on each side. There's going to be a traitor general and a loyalist general, and they're going to pair players up. So what what happens is uh, whoever side has the initiative uh, gets to pick if they want to present a list or if they want to receive a list. And whoever presents the list presents one of their players. So let's say I present you, Chris, with your 3,000 points of freaking Matrix of Ruin extra cheese medulal list. You're just quoting uh, Northern Heresy now. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. Uh, And then everyone's like, oh, I don't want to face that. Well, I can because I'm running Leviathan with one uh, Warlord Titan. (laughs) And I was like, okay, you. So I'll. I'll, So what happens is uh, the guy, the other general, picks a list to face that list that's been presented and also pick a table that they can play on. And the only caveat is that no player should play each other twice during the event. Or hmm. if, if for some reason you don't you don't want to face that, let's say I don't want to face the Matrix of Ruin, I don't have any good play, well then Chris and whoever meets up, they play Son Mortalis instead. Very yeah. cool. So it's all good. That's, that that seems fair, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got a pretty decent Zone Mortalis list, right, Chris? Because somebody tells me you might be playing Zone Mortalis quite a bit. <laughs> it uh, might be quite decent. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the other thing is, so we'll have uh, 15 tables. Out of those 15 tables, we'll have two or three Zone Mortalis tables. Uh, so it means that once the three Zone Mortalis tables are filled... That general can't, the generals can't use the zone metallic card anymore, which means that fuck it. If you if you play that, so it's going to be a little bit of a generals game. So if you if you play that kind of semi smart, you hopefully nerf maybe Chris's list with the zone metallic game, but you can't do that forever. So the next time you can't do it because it's going to be hard for him to kind of make that matchup happen. So. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of thinking behind the generals. Which is which very, are, very cool. Which are, and the generals are Kim and Emil, which all met at Lincoln. For those of us that weren't there. Which you met at Lincoln, at least. <laughs> no, oh, that's right. Yeah. But, but yeah, Kim, Kim won Best Painted, and ah. Emil just lost out um, Best uh, Loyalist by one point to Oscar, so. Ah. Well then, these guys know what they're doing. Is what you're talking, basically, what you're saying. Well, I hope so. Yeah, me too. Because <laughs> I have no fucking idea. If nothing else, they'll have to prove themselves in October. Yeah, but it's all good. It sounds like and good fun. Then we could mention that on the Saturday we might actually have the small vote on uh, the box tread challenge. That's right. Well, that will be happening. I was just going to open up to that, and I was yeah. also going to add on that on the Sunday. Uh, after we hand out awards, we're also gonna do the draw for the warlord. Mm-hmm. And that's that's nice. 
That would be a very nice way. If anybody's lucky enough to win it there and then, be a nice, a nice thing to have a trip home with and know that you've got a <laughs> you've got a wall of Titan coming yeah. in your back pocket. Yeah. Well, imagine how many times you'll be looking in the mail for that little slip that says you have a massive box that we can't fit into your <laughs> into your fucking letter. What do you call it? like the letterbox? Letterbox. Yeah. <laughs> the giddiness as you bound up, going, "It's mine! It's mine!" To be to be fair, given the post uh, the mailman over here, they'll probably try to push it through the mail slot on our door. Yeah, yeah, there is that. Never know. You never know. You right, have to be well, careful with them. Maybe you should buy a bottle of super glue then. Uh, and also sacrifice small children to sac- the chaos Sacrifice box. the postman. <laughs> to baptize the titan. Yeah. That's right. Trench it to splat, splat a little bit of blood on it. And it's all good. Yeah. It's not like we're. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So, so what's the what's the the overall this uh, so we've got the zone mortalis we've got the three thousand points and we've got the night joust is the are we any other formats going to pop up between now and then Freddie or are you settled on that's what we're going to be running? Uh, no, I think so. It's going to be full on two days of mega. Oh, we'll have a bar there. Uh, it'll be like self serve prices for beer, and uh, we're. We'll get some like we're either we do a barbecue or we just order some pizzas or whatnot. It all it all depends. We'll work things out. But it there will o- be beer. Well, that's it is October most... after all, so yeah. <laughs> exactly. Make it happen somehow. Well, it might be nice enough for a barbecue. It might also be sleep falling from the sky and yeah. polar bears walking the streets again. It is Sweden after all. We'll we'll take it as it comes. Yeah. So. Box Tread Challenge? Box yep. Tread Challenge. Shoot. We have so far received one pledge for the Box Tread Challenge, at, apart from our own. My pledge. Oh, okay. Apart from our my own. My pledge. So that's four with yours yeah. as well. So one apart from our own. Oh. And yeah. I even like, we have massive and nice prices as well. Yeah. yeah. Come on, people, it sort it out. We have a poster, a Tech Marine, and a hug so far. I might have to sort something better than a hug, because I'm not sure how alluring that is, but uh, eh, we'll see, because Scandus. And the box thread challenge is, uh, I'm going to read it again, so where the fuck did I put it? Good. Again, great radio. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my desktop decided to rearrange all the sh- shortcuts. The we, we should play like elevator music every time he looks Yeah. Here I am, size the brain, the brain, the size of a planet, mm. opening doors. Uh, how, to enter, how to enter? Yep. You have to build and paint a box dreadnought fitting for a Legion Era Force, so a Great Crusade or Horse Heresy Era Force. The Legion, a Legion or Black Shield or a Loyalist or Traitor, that's all up to you, because we can't really decide that beforehand, because that would be quite cruel if you can't decide to use it in your army later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the goal of the challenge is to create a fluffy-themed dreadnought, and you should bring the dreadnought to Scandus in October. So this is uh, currently only open for for the competition part. It's only open for Scandus attendees, but you can also mail. Feel, uh, feel free to send us photographs of your converted box threads. And if we, I tell you what, if we if we do get enough, if we get three or four entries uh, outside of the Scandus guys, we'll judge them and see if we can sort a prize out as well. Yeah, I'll sort it out. We sort it out. 
then we have the terms and conditions. That's the only Games Workshop plastic kit and the Forge World Mark IV Ironclad. That's what we settled on because they're not Legion, that overly Legion specific. If you yeah. use the Legion, the Legion chapter specific uh, ones from Forge World, you probably won't convert it much. Yeah. That's uh, that's uh, what we are encouraging. The conversion part is encouraged in this competition. Uh, the Dreadnought must be legal within the rules of the Legion Dreadnought unit entry. So you have to use uh, the. It's in the current. Uh, what do you call Legion of Starters Crusade Army list? Yeah. That one. Which uh, we are gonna, going to run with that one because uh, I don't doubt there will be changes in the next updated version of that of the book that will be released later this summer. But it, for for ease of reference, it's uh, the regular red book. Mm-hmm. First one, and we need two photos of your dread. And that's one at the start and one at the end because we do trust you to make a new dreadnought, but. We just want to have it for booking and for the fun of it, and, and also to see how much you, you manage to convert. Because if you just show the spruce of uh, like the regular box thread from Games Workshop and then end up with something totally amazing, it's more impressive, at least according to me. Yeah, because I'm with you on that one. It's awful. <laughs> so sounding good, sounding yeah, very then, very good. Then at the end it's also good because. Then we have something to just look at before we see them in person at Scandus. So yeah. we have get like all hard for heresy for. Yeah, yeah. and maybe we Trill could. Over. We could also maybe have the photos posted so that people not attending Scandus can actually see them. Yeah, I think we can work that out somehow. I mean, you are the uh, the editor in chief of all that sort of yeah, stuff. I fear I have to bring my laptop before Scandus. Oh yes, oh yes, you do. <laughs> And then we have the the thing that uh, Jody likes the most. No contempt of dreadnought parts are allowed. Yeah, fuck man. I mean, um, yeah, yeah, totally. I think that's legit, legit cool. Um, I'm totally sold on that. Considering I could have used a uh, few contempt of parts I have lying around, but that wouldn't really be a conversion challenge. That would be put contemptor parts on a box thread to make it look more like a contemptor. Maybe we can do that next time. Yeah. New challenge. <laughs> New challenge. Make a... Contemporary out of a box thread, you mean? Yeah, well, it could work. And then it's open to all attendees of the Burning of Scandus Prime event, and the challenge will be decided by popular vote. So it won't only be the podcast uh, team that will vote on this, it will be everyone on Scandus, attending Scandus, that feels like they want to vote. So most of them, or there will be a baseball bat involved. <laughs> I, li- I like your uh, your motivational techniques there, Chris. No, no threats or whatever we discussed earlier. Yeah, no, 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 uh, no snatch or grab threats. Just uh, yeah. straight, straight up. Well, like, at least there will be three people voting minimum, which is yeah. us. Well, actually, we have one pledged, <laughs> so there will be four voting. Okay, so we're we're all good basically. What we're saying, yeah. we've got we've got that sort of covered. Uh, but yeah, get involved, guys. It's a lot of fun. And uh, shout out to the other podcasts as well, who we will be shouting out as well. Come on, guys, get involved. You know, box threads are people too. We want to see some love there. You know, if you've got they, none... they were people too, at least. Well, they were people too. Yeah, to be fair, they they, they served. They deserve some love, with some respect, maybe, or at least some some love. They just uh, drew the short straw when it come to red note assignment. <laughs> or they didn't. Fit, who was it? I think it was uh, Tim said they didn't fill out the right paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> when it came down to it, 
But uh, yeah, come on, guys, get get involved. Let's see if uh, we can spread the heresy that way as well. Um, so that's Scandus, and then the last event we have on our list right now is the BSK event, Boros Spellcomment. And Christopher, I'm going to throw that one over to you. Yeah. Uh, Eric posted. Uh, I know he posted it in 30k Sweden, and I linked it on our the Varandian Heresy page on Facebook as well. But uh, I'm going to read the short general info on this, and if you're interested, go find the full post on uh, fa Facebook and uh, read up on the rest of the event. So this is uh, the Horus Heresy campaign on Boros Spell Convent, the 4th and 5th of November this year. And that's a 30k event, which uh, they have listed as, as well as calling it the Horus Heresy campaign event. That's a bit superfluous. Uh, the project has two goals. The primary goal is to create a great playing experience for the participants, and the secondary goal is to create an annual event and bring new 30k players to Armageddon, which is a gaming club in Boros. A really nice gaming club, actually. I went there yeah. this spring and had some game with uh, Eric. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, the games I had uh, on the quite heavily urbanized Sormortalis proxy table for uh, the Dreamless and the Ravens battle report. No, very sweet. Which is good that you did. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and uh, to make it possible for new 30k players to participate, the campaign has two points options, which is 1500 points and 2500 points. If you bring a 2500 points army, you need to also have an alternative 1500 points army in case of unequal distribution of armies. This is the first year we arranged this event on Boros Bell Convent, so to keep it small, only 20 spots will be available. That might be wise, considering it's a totally new event on a they, they used to have a, a 40k tournament there, but uh, that moved to another city when the 40k scene died in Boros. So that might be hard to scrounge up local players. Yeah, fair enough, have, it happens. Yeah, but uh, that's why they have uh, this event. So On the Friday, they have a display day on the 4th of November. That, and that's open tables from six uh, from 1600 hours or 4 o'clock. Uh, standard missions will be available, and they have demo tables for newbies, and there will be two to four test armies available for play. And on the Saturday, they have the campaign day, that's the 5th of November. That's in one, and the 1500 or 2500 points, traitor versus loyalist. The winning factions will be granted benefits at the afternoon games, and then they have the same is for... Uh, the same game two is the same points levels, and factions will be granted benefits at the evening games. And then they have a, <laughs> game three is a 3,000 points, 4,000 points, or 5,000 points team game traitor versus loyalist. That's quite interesting. Yeah. Nice. And uh, that's probably where the benefits uh, will come in. That does sound like a lot of fun. And these are probably in-game benefits uh, compared to like friends with benefits. But uh, mm. you never know. Heresy with benefits. Yeah. And there are more info on the post uh, linked on our page and on. It's also linked on, as I said, uh, 30k Sweden and uh, probably several other forums by now. Because Eric w went on a recruiting drive, I think. Which is a good call. <laughs> yeah. I think he even linked it in 30k Finland. That's always nice. Yeah. And well, they... We need to see more of our Scandinavian friends and brothers. Yeah, brothers really and do. sisters. Yeah, and uh, really, if you are in Finland, relatively close to one of the fer ferries across the Östersjö, you could show up at uh, Scandus 
And if you do, I will buy a beer. Oh, I, I yeah. think I'm going to take the ferry over to Finland and come back and you have to buy me a beer. You have to be a, be from Finland. Not, not a Freddy pretending to be from Finland to get a free beer. There's a count I did <laughs> last year of high school in Finland. No. Okay. I was, I was trying to lure over our Finnish neighbors to our scene to spread the love across the pond, basically. Yeah, well, you should definitely come. Yeah, if you, it's not uh, that uh, expensive to travel from, like, what is it, Obo or Helsinki? Uh, Obo Stok- or Turku. Turku. Turku or Helsinki. Yeah, and it's, if you look in advance, it's probably not that much more than... Well, I, I remember doing it back Euros, in my Euros. High, high school days, and you could take the tickets without the cabin, and I, like from because I was in Espo outside of Helsinki. Yeah, and they were they were like I don't know, like ten euros. Yeah, and if you are a few guys coming over, you could also always uh, share the cost of a cabin. You so. should do for sure, and I think I should have like some freaking uh, gift cards for Viking Line lying around somewhere, and I could donate that if you're coming over. So keep in touch if you're in Finland and actually listen to this, because mm. hopefully we have uh, listeners in Finland. If yeah. not, we'll see if we can get this shared out in Finland and see if we can actually do that. Definitely. Yeah. So there are more information, as I said. There are a bit of fluff as well written for this event, I know. And I like the idea that they will have some uh, demo tables on the Friday just to test, test the water and uh, get people... Maybe see if there are any heresy curious, or heresy yeah. curious people out there. Well, that worked really well at uh, Lincoln because I, I had a, a demo table and we had a couple of people playing there. So that's really cool. I like I like the thought of that, the yeah. the use of that sort of uh, demo table idea. Very cool. And I like the fifteen hundred points uh, points limit as well because that is what you can get out of a Pride of the Legion calf box if you gear it out, gear out your your units properly. Yep. Yeah, about, about fifteen hundred points at least, like thirteen fifty or something like that. Yeah, so maybe treat yourself to a nice little upgrade, something from Forge World or uh, two rhinos, a couple of rhinos you can uh, purpose over. Yeah, definitely. Or get a box tread. <laughs> yeah, get a box tread. Yeah, get in the challenge. Box tread it up. See, totally easy to do. So you, you can points. do like um, Big Brother, Little Brother. So you can have the box tread and the contemptor from <laughs> Battle of Cows. Yeah, and be just... like the. Harley and Laurel. Yeah, and the lovely part is they are about a static, so you could get away without converting the box thread. Yeah, but, uh, but considering we have a challenge, you should totally convert a box thread. Yeah, should totally be and, in that uh, guys. And do it. On the box scans. threads are so hot right now. Yeah, yeah. box threads are the new Leviathans, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, it's, it's they're, they're so cool. <laughs> That's what they're there for. Yeah. They're sounding so convincing right now. Yeah, totally convincing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so let's move on then. Let's move on a little bit from there. But that is uh, that is the event at uh, BSK. Yep. Uh, BS Core, um, which is another great event trying to get a, get a heresy scene up and running. And, uh, you know, all power to it. And we'll try and get Eric on a little closer to the time as well. Uh, get him chatting about the event and his preparation and what he's actually going through. I know um, that he's uh, currently building like terrain for the entire event, so he has a uh, two or three months. Just if he were to build terrain full time, that would probably take two or three months at the moment. 
which is just lovely for him. <laughs> yeah, he's got a fair few bits and pieces. Oh yeah, and there done that. Now he's yeah. pain. Yeah. I'll Definitely. soon have to do it again. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but more of that in a future episode. Um, so yeah, that's that's the list of events that we have here. So again, another shout out. We will be sharing our episodes in as many groups as we can. But if you listen up, uh, listen to the episode, give us a shout if you've got an event running so we can actually uh, spread the word for you. So 30k Finland, uh, we've got 30k Sweden, and I'm hoping there's a 30k Denmark up and running, 30k Germany, France, wherever, uh, UK no groups. Shout out to Crusade, Crusade and Heresy uh, group on there. If you guys have got anything running, um, please give us a shout and we will send it out on the podcast on the airwaves. So, um, yeah, that's sort of our event roundup. And talking about airwaves, we're we're going to keep boosting the signal about all the different podcasts that are out there. Uh, So we've put together a more organized uh, shout-out list. And we're going to start off with our good buddies over in uh, Canada land, uh, since we've had JP on this evening. Uh, That's the Age of Darkness. Then we've got our sister podcast, The Northern Heresy. Um, We really get... uh either Linus or Jens on sometime. We really should. We really, really should. Um, they've already had Freddy on over there, so we should really get one of them on over here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we should get one of them. Get one of them. Yeah, let's get one. Grab yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. we get snatch one. Snatch and grab. You, you, right, Chris, let, let's just clear this up right now. You really just want to do the snatch and grab, don't you? Yes. Right, okay. Well, let's Freddy, just be honest we were, about we were, that. We, were, we did say that uh, Jens should be included in the Stockholm Games, right? Yeah, that's right. Can you just grab him then? Snatch and yeah. grab. Okay, done. Yep. <laughs> surprise, Jens. <laughs> well, it's a real surprise if he <laughs> listens to this. Well, it'll, if it's timed well enough, he'll be listening to this as it happens. Yeah, fair so enough. It'll be warm and comforting for him. Um, and then we've got uh, the guys down at the Forgotten Legion, the 30K guys all the way down in Texas. And Radio Free Istvan, which is uh, really, really worth a listen to. Those guys talk some awesome stuff. And uh, I think the latest episode they had uh, Ryan Kimmel on talking about his uh, his Blood Angels and his, his basically dark, has, dark like, the ultimate <laughs> setup um, with like the ability to have four gaming tables permanently set up at his place and yeah. can set another four up. And it's like one day I'm going to buy a farm and just have a barn full of gaming tables and just have people over constantly to play play heresy. It's it's my dream, and Ryan is currently living it, so all power to you, Ryan. Oh. Uh, there is, of course, the ubiquitous, the big boys themselves, the Eye of Horus, uh, Tim and Michael, all the way down in the penal colony, uh, Australia. Iron Bay. <laughs> yeah, the Iron Bay. Good big shout-out to you there. Uh, Seize the Initiative podcast, uh, doing some good stuff. Uh, the go the memory serves the first few episodes of what their the format sort of goes over specific units and they have a really good uh, chat about that some good stuff on breaches and dreadnoughts were the last few I've listened to uh, there is the imperial truth coming out of good old blighty uh, also the overlords who have been going for a long time actually they're, they're like 180 plus episodes right now uh, uh, Johnny Jason and John, I believe, the crew mm-hmm. over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if nothing else, go listen to their podcast for their jingles and intros and stuff. They're absolutely fucking hilarious. And they've really been getting on their, their, uh, their heresy on for uh, the last few months, which has been awesome. There's Masters of the Forge, 
and those guys do uh, a lot of narrative stuff. Is that right, Chris? Yeah, they're basically all about uh, the narrative, not about the power gaming. That's lovely. They're mainly 40k based, but uh, they are some sometimes uh, reaching a bit into the heresy because I think one of the hosts are starting to be a bit heresy curious. And a shout out to him because he's in Norway. So if he is heresy curious and if he's ever going to listen to this, he should come over and play with us. Definitely. Play Scandals. games. Play games. Uh, you say play in general. So see what happens. <laughs> You're just relying on the Norwegian factor to keep yeah, We've all here. seen movies like uh, Rovedur and stuff like that. And for those who haven't, maybe you do, maybe you don't. We'll just see. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll we'll shout it out on there. We'll we'll, we'll do a once around the uh, the the uh, podcast web pages and give them a shout out on the on ours as well. Um, <laughs> then there's the resurgence of the independent characters podcast. Um, I say resurgence because uh, there was a while before Christmas where they sort of wrapped everything up for a while, um, but they're coming back and there's some uh, heresy curious work going on there as well, I believe. Yeah, they have uh, some heresy talk, but they're still a 40k podcast basically. Yeah. They talk more yeah. and more about. Uh, yeah, they talk more and more about 30k. Usually, at least they do uh, reviews of all everything that comes out of Forge World and the books and stuff. And so. if you're going through the back catalogue, they have quite decent reviews of the Imperial Armor books and the Horus Heresy books. That's very, cool. very cool. And that's worth doing. I mean, it's this is all, like we say, this is all about spreading, uh, boosting the signal about what's out there. Uh, we've got the It Will Not Die podcast. Yeah. Uh, give those boys a shout out. They do some good work as well. And then, last but not least, the Loaded Dice podcast. Uh, the other the other the other boys from Australia, and, and the the proud home of the uh, Alpha Legion MKA Alpha Legion. Yeah, that's army. right. That's right. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, not to say that that's what they're going to be known for from now on, but you know, if you have it, you have to show it, right? Yeah, definitely. If you you know, you're going to rock out with one of the best painted uh, pro painted armies on the planet, I think. Yeah, you, you have to flaunt it. So now, actually, I reckon Tim and Michael are under pressure here and have to buy heaps of warlord raffle tickets <laughs> so they yeah. can keep this whole you know the cold war war going on between the australian podcasts the north yeah. and south the, the, the cold the cold you mean the cold beer um the cold beer conflict yeah well for them uh, winter is coming relatively speaking oh you had to didn't you yeah you had to that's because we have summer now so we yeah. actually will have our two weeks of hot weather before it yeah, gets exactly. again. Try and be positive while you can. And uh, you, you forgot one of the f- podcasts. We Did just... I? Oh, dear, yeah, shoot me. Shoot yeah, me. And, uh, shoot me. We have to pit, we have to say that uh, Kenny will have a hard time now that he's, he's leaving beautiful Sweden to go back to the States. But uh, that's to it. Trump. Trump. Yeah, basically. He'll he, do a, a Trump hunt return yeah he'd uh, he did ask if we, we would have him back if trump won the presidency and they say yeah why not he said uh, that's and that's the combat phase podcast yes oh guys i'm sorry yes the po- combat phase podcast you guys uh yeah sorry kenny yeah, they don't hate some, us they have some nice interviews with authors and stuff like that yeah which, but uh i was listening to one with gav thorpe actually which is very yeah. very cool because he was going over the uh, uh 30k dark angel stuff which is yeah really really interesting yeah and they have they are a mixed games podcast which is actually quite interesting to listen to when you're 
Then most of the other podcasts are just 30k. So you get a bit of a palate cleanser there. But they're not too much either. Cool. And very, I think, very cool. Uh, I think Kenny has been playing some games with uh, Linus from Northern Heresy as well. I think he has. I think they've... They've, uh, they've been quite close. Talked about it a couple of times on the, on Northern Heresy, which is very, very cool to see. So mm-hmm. that, that may not be the comprehensive list of, uh, of um, 30k... Uh, podcast or 30k content podcasts out there but but we hope it will grow yeah we hope we definitely hope it'll grow uh, we definitely hope that if you guys have heard something we've uh, you heard the list and you think we missed somebody you give us a shout and we'll add them on indeed um, and we will keep shouting them out we will keep boosting the signal because like we've said from day one we are all about the uh, all about building the 30k community and that's what we want to see happen so yeah, I mean, do do you guys have anything else you want to add on the podcasting list or event list before we just do the social media shoutouts? Well, uh, should we mention next episode, perhaps, if you have a teaser for that one? We can uh, we can definitely tease our next episode. And Ooh. Freddie, I think this is uh, this is uh, one of your doing, so I think you should uh, be giving our our uh, listeners a bit of a heads up. Yeah. So next episode is going to be plastic fantastic. So we'll have uh, one of my mates on who is uh, a plastic maniac, and we're going to talk everything heresy-related with plastics. Ooh, ooh! There, there's 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 a there's a whole whole section of the heresy of uh, the whole heresy family that just twitched at the mention of plastic heresy. Well, look, I can look at my iron hands for that because uh, the infantry is all resin, but uh, say for the Sicarans, the tanks are converted uh, rhino chassis from Games Workshop. Well, I can look at my entire army. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> this is all plastic. I'll, you, you, I'll look at my sea of solar exilia, and I have one metal miniature, <laughs> and the rest are resin. Yeah. Well, you do have the plastic chassis for the. Oh, for the. <laughs> Limerosis. Limerosis. That's right. Yeah, I do. But the, the, all they, the resin. They, can, they consist of like fifty percent resin anyway, so. <laughs> I don't know. Fair enough, but, but so plastic, fantastic. Yeah, because not everyone has the the budget, and fortunately, we do realize that even though they make fantastic, amazing models, there's the thing about storage, about transport, about durability, and there's also about availability, and there's the whole money issue. And mm-hmm. I don't think that anything anything should stop anyone from getting into the heresy. Not at all. And for that reason, you have the entire. I don't want to work with the resin bit because not everyone wants to work with resin. Yeah, and that's kind of, understandable. Yeah, it's kind of peculiar to work with resin. Like either you love it or you don't. It's like one of those love-hate relationships. Yeah. Some people hate it and they still love it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Are you talking from personal experience there, Freddie? Uh, no, I love resin. I'm a fucking resoholic. Resoholic. But then there's also the whole aspect about certain certain kits actually works in the heresy as well as you have the drop pods and whatnot. So and it's good to yeah. see Rhinos, the, rhinos the predators, the yeah. standard land raider, because yeah. they're around. Yeah, and then ideas how you can use those plastic kits and heresify them. So yeah. there's yeah. heaps of uh, third-hand parties where you can actually change tracks for the land raiders and stuff. So they, it, it's going to be mainly plastic focused, but uh, being a resin fucking addict, I'll I'll take it to the other step, like how you can meet in the middle and maybe do... slip slip the resin tip in there is what you said. Yeah, exactly. Just sneak it in a little bit. Sneak it in a little bit. So that's a teaser for epi- what will be episode six coming up. 
um, which is going to be I think it's going to be an awesome episode and again all about growing the hobby so before we go before we go for the evening let's uh, just give some social media shout outs if you want to find us on Facebook we are the Varangian Heresy podcast if you want to find us on Twitter it's at Varangian Heresy and if you want to talk to us via email about absolutely anything we've talked about this evening or on previous podcasts and you know like maybe reminding us that we've forgotten to put um, you know photos up and if we've said we're going to do something we haven't done it call us on it so we make sure we get it done that is the varangian heresy at gmail.com yep so and actually if you're going to facebook now they have changed uh, or updated the search engine so you could just search for at the varangian heresy and you should find us because we have they have at names now Facebook uh, well. yay thank you facebook for making another change well, at least it, if it makes it easier to find us, it's not a badging. <laughs> I guess not. I guess not. It's not, but like the, it's not like the event pages. We have to delete your event if you make a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then, has anybody got anything else they want to add? Mm, no. Not, not no. Not. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, I will say it's good night from me. And me. And good morning. Heresy. Good morning, Heresy. Good morning, Heresy. Um, other than that, remember, guys, treat life like 30K. Be angry in the streets, be full grim in the sheets, and try not to lose your head. Have a good night. This is Evangelion Heresy, signing off. The body.